breakfast. We are a bit late. Uh, while I'm deep myself, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you guys introduce yourself, starting with uh, D. Go for it, D. Hey, what's going on? I'm D. You can find me on Instagram with Zong underscore zombie. D underscore zombie underscore. Man, am I tongue tied tonight. Smoking on same old, same old. Uh, uh, okay. I think he is slow today. Oh. I don't know what's going on. Hello, hello. Can you hear we me? We can hear you, D. You're good. Oh. Yeah, we can hear you, Fumi. I smoked on Gorilla Gas, and I got some Pink Star for bedtime. And cheers, everybody. Oh, yeah, cheers, D. What's going on? It's best down the, down the line, because my, my YouTube is ultra slow. I don't even know if we're uh, fully live. Uh, go for it, Smith. What's up, everyone? I'm just... Uh... I'll be back at the house in a couple of minutes. I had to run out. Um, but cheers, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great night. Anyone that's already in the chat, I hope you're having a great night. Uh, hope you're smoking good and can't wait to go water the garden. Shit. Cheers. What's up, Wes? Big up, Smash. Big up, Evenor, Potent, D, all the chat. Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's living good. Hope everybody's ready for another uh, most uh, interactive show in cannabis. Man. Ready to get down. Hope we meet some new people and see some new faces in the uh, in the panel tonight. Uh, what about you, Potent? How's it going? We're doing all right. I'm just chilling, uh, getting ready for the regenerative conference. We're just putting the finest finishing touches on my conference or uh, on the deck for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, otherwise just working on some cool new projects for this year in Oklahoma and uh, and the growth scene here. We have uh, some pretty cool new big uh, big things that we do and uh, some video on here shortly. And um, other than that, just getting ready for the uh, uh, Growcast meetup on the twenty first. So that'll be fun. Uh, give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. I think I have almost no internet. This is very bizarre. I don't even know. <laughs> Talk about something. So, okay, so if you're under under 21, get the fuck out. This is for adults only. This is for entertainment purposes only. Um, you can check it on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I'll post the link in a second here. Any podcast platform, just search Chronic Table. Yeah. Any podcast, pretty much, platform that you like. If you search Chronic Table, it will say Portland's uh, Cannabis Tasting Society, the Chronic Table. There we go. Thank you, gentlemen. I don't know. Well, I don't even know. I've restarted so far. And I can't quite <laughs> figure out what the problem is because it seems like everything here is normal, but everything else is ultra, ultra, ultra slow. Uh, I don't understand what uh, the problem is. But anyway, we're going to roll with it, ladies and gentlemen, as the immortal, uh, what do they call him, uh, Lufa. As the immortal Lufa said, fuck it, we're going to do it live. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome, Gray. Welcome all day long. Cheers, buddy. Uh, Dank Gannix, KNC, T Ben. Welcome, Dave. Uh, uh, what's going on here? I think Gray's son is first in the freaking chat. Gray, you are first, buddy. Uh, Baba Ramba, what's up? 420 Ben. Cheers, my friend. Uh, Dank Gannix, I already said hello to you, but you're not welcome anyway. Disbanded, my friend. And Charlie's farm. What's going on, buddy? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you guys uh, for uh, winging it uh, in the beginning of the show here. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us. If you guys are, a uh, reminder, if you guys are under the age of 21, fuck right the hell off. It's not the show for you. Uh, go do something else. Go watch uh, Peter McKinnon. Go watch uh, Casey Neistat. Go watch uh, Women's Brazilian Night Volleyball. 
go do something else, go watch skiing for all I care, go watch Brazilian night women skiing for all I care, but uh, do not watch this show because it is for adults only. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, what's up, Green Table? Welcome. Uh, 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 hello, friends, uh, Green Table is saying. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, that's it. That's exactly it. Uh, smashed. Were you a chimney sweeper in, in your past life? Uh, chim chimney, chim chimaru, or whatever else like that. Probably. I mean, I, I, I feel like this life. I was like not scared of heights, but my next one, I'll probably be scared of heights. So I'll be in like the base basement area. So it kind of. I think my like yeah, my afterlife kind of go from like being scared of heights, not being scared of heights. <laughs> oscillating, oscillating, scared of this, scaredness of heights or something. All right, we're going to name it the smashed, the smashed fear of height karma or something. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to figure it out. This and more philosophy on this show. Uh, welcome, folks. If you guys are, like I said, adults, you're welcome to. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, spark one up. I guess we did the order wrong because the freaking uh, internet wasn't working. So now I'm all discombobulated. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, uh, gentlemen, welcome. If you guys would like to listen to the show as opposed to watching it for whatever reason, I mean, some people are, are, are you know, goofy that way, but, you know, perhaps you, you do something that, uh, I don't know, woodworking or whatever else, you're, you're busy with your hands, or if you'd like to do something, uh, listen to us during your work day or whatever else, you're more than welcome to do so. We have a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I try to always pick the best couple of episodes from you know, the last you know, 10 days or so uh, and uh, upload them as a podcast over at uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Pandora, what else? Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Podcasts, you name it. Pretty much in all the different podcast places. Look us up, ladies and gentlemen. Chronic Table is the name. I think Ian and uh, Smash were doing a great job of telling everybody, but just in case, ladies and gentlemen, check out the podcast. Uh, the photo contest is still alive. Ladies and gentlemen, go check us out. We're in Chemist Tasting Society. I think Smash and MD covered that uh, uh, pretty well as well. Uh, but you guys are welcome to join up. Uh, throw down. Join the, the fellow winners. And uh, we've been having, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, I think this month will be some interesting prizes, actually. So uh, we have, we've had some gifts from the outside. Uh, we've had some gifts from the frozen north. We've had some gifts from the uh, the, the, the verdant south. We've had some uh, deliveries from the Santa Fe. You name it, ladies and gentlemen. There might be some interesting new prizes coming up. Throw down over at Portland Canvas Nation Society. Create a new post, ladies and gentlemen. It has to be something you do, you create, you make, you, you uh, did in some way. Uh, but uh, be creative, you know, be creative, be interesting, like do something different. Uh, I'd love to see some different stuff, honestly, some some more unique stuff, frankly, uh, because, uh, I don't know, these things become a little bit repetitive every once in a while. If you can shake it up in some way, I would love to see it. If you can integrate video, if you can integrate uh, animation in some way, that would be honestly awesome. If you can integrate music in some way, that would be freaking fabulous and spectacular. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the voting is honestly by people's choice. So uh, you guys, if you're listening you can be both contestants and voters both you can be either or you can be both I don't know if frog in my throat you can do either one uh hold on a second while i take a drink uh, what's going on what how much man just uh living man uh staying up here in the crazy north doing my thing it's fucking hey, it's what's like what? four degrees here right now West has, Go ahead, D. I was just going to say, West has some crazy weather up there, man. Dude, it's been oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Nice now. It. Is it nice again? 
Oh, uh, yeah, the best thing is I can't figure out because you know how the magic of YouTube people film stuff sometimes in the last summer and then they don't get to editing it for a few months. But has it been like mega warm in the Alberta like uh, 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 like what are they called prairie or whatever in the summers? Like no, like lately, like in the last I don't know, a few weeks, because basically no, no, the photo channels I've been uh, following. Okay, so it must have just been some old videos they had. Uh, basically, they were just in like I don't remember the mountains, maybe like. Uh, Lake Louise, whatever, it was frozen and whatever else. And then basically they're, they're driving around and it's like 85, 90 degrees, whatever. Apparently in the, I don't remember what it's called, the Badlands of Alberta or something. Yeah. Desert stuff, I guess, of Alberta. That'd be yeah. down in Drumheller. Gotcha. Never mind. The hoodoos and the... the... The magic of YouTube timing. They probably filmed the freaking... It's all lies, basically. It's, it's all fake news. They filmed it in June and released in January. Terrible. Terrible. I'm just kidding. Uh, what's going on, Jones? Uh, he's saying, Yarg, cheers. Jones Enter Grow is changing languages now. Now it's, uh, what, Viking, perhaps? Or Danish? Yarg? I don't know. What do you think Yarg is? Arg. <laughs> I don't know. We have to figure it out. No, man. Thank you, D, for uh, reminding everybody to go and take a look at my Please, that's exactly it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go take a look at fumadoro.com. For all of your, no, it really isn't working. But actually, that's my fault. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, take a look at uh, just as D is showing you that's a couple of packs. Take a look at this website, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one of the easiest possible ways to ever contact me. If you ever wonder, oh my goodness, you know, Fumidora, you, you have a, a great podcast. I'd like to subscribe. You have a, a Discord that I heard about. I'd love to to join that, uh, or I'd like to see more about your your seeds, your genetic preservation kits, your your, your photos. You name it, come to fumidoro.com, ladies and gentlemen, uh, aka fumesofgold.com. You can type that instead. It'll redirect to the same place. Or fumidoro seed co. That'll also come to the same place. F-U-M-I-D-O-R-O.com. Click the contact link, uh, ladies and gentlemen, or the contact page right there. It'll give you basically all the best options to contact either me or the Discord. You can join up and, and join the, the rooms that we have over there. We have a lot of fun uh, uh, chats. Uh, Smash is over there dabbing uh, a lot of times. We're playing video games, uh, playing uh, Grand Theft Auto and dabbing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go and, and join and, and, you know, talk to the Talk to the folks, basically, over in the, the voice rooms. Or, you know, throw down. We have a photo contest there as well. We have uh, uh, just kind of sharing rooms, question and answer rooms. There's, there's a, a seat swap room, you name it. Pardon me, I picked up some cool seeds there not too long ago, and uh, I think the person I uh, swapped with, I think they got some uh, pretty good seeds. Now that I remember, I actually completely forgot about another swap I was supposed to do. I got busy, and uh, if you're listening, I forgot. I totally forgot about the Bodhi gear. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go take a look over at uh, Ooh, Discord. Good swap. Be happy. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. I'd be happy to run through some uh, Bodhi gear. I was telling you. Of course, the fucking guy was like, oh, no, not this most beautiful pack that I included in the picture. And I was like, why did you include it in the freaking picture? <laughs> God damn Because I had to show it off. Then I had to show it off. I was like, I had to show you that I have like three of them or something. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, questions, comments, concerns, funny jokes, uh, not, not like, well, I was going to say like not fake news seeds, but that's not fair. Not uh, not a false promise <laughs> of an amazing Bodhi Pam still sour about these moment. Okay, I'm just joking. Ladies and gentlemen, fumador at chronictable.com is the address. Uh, if you're listening in, if you're listening to the podcast or whatever, and you would like to actually watch us live, because this is a live show, ladies and gentlemen, again, on the, cro- the contact page, I'm pretty sure the contact page. Should be the cron 
Yeah, I should do that. the contact fumidoro. Uh, it's too complicated. Let's do that. Anyway, <laughs> contact fumidoro uh, over at uh, youtube.com, Blah blah blah. Forward slash. Da 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 da. Click the link, and we'll take you right to the channel, ladies and gentlemen. What will also take you right to your future of awesome read is the shop page, ladies and gentlemen. Notice how I segued so freaking polishedly. Oh my gosh, the future. <laughs> garden ladies and gentlemen i know you'd like some uh, morgana if you don't know it you should take a look ladies and gentlemen berries cherries sour cherries. don't know now you know that's it exactly right smash indoors mm. outdoors and greenhouses she's been tested uh very very well five packs ten packs ladies and gentlemen both are available if you'd like more for example if you'd like a full 30 oh my god 30 can you deal with 30 morganas there it is right there ladies and gentlemen Oh. For a special price. That's exactly right, dude. That's the exact. That's, see, the sound effects on the show are epic, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly it. These witches three package deal, ladies and gentlemen. Special price for something nice. Uh, we can't, of course, forget the West Engine Swindle bundle. Yeah, man. From the uh, the mind, the the best deal on the site. No, it's uh, exactly right, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Three packs for two twenty-five. You need it. You want it. Uh, this basically pack, uh, or this, this, uh, what am I looking for? This package deal, pretty much anything on the site that is not named Morgana is available for this. So you basically just email me and say, Hey man, I'd like three packs of this or three packs of that, or one pack of this and two packs of that, or one pack of each. You name it, email me, let me know. I'd be happy to help you. All of these ladies and gentlemen still come with uh, freebies of Silago the cat. Only way to get this one, only way to get this strain. Uh, I will probably, maybe, I don't know, I keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know how things go, uh, but I keep thinking, like, oh, I'm not going to breed with it, I am going to breed with it, I'm not going to breed, I'm not, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, I really like the strawberry terps on this, I really like the dominance of this plant, uh, we'll see if I can work that into individual in the future, uh, but in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we want some really, really nice uh, and, and uh, a copious, uh, a nice yielding strawberry, especially kind of uh, sour strawberry uh, plants with a, basically a little bit above middle kind of a sativa, you know, uh, how do I put this, uh, you know what, I haven't heard as many reports about the high, how funny is that? Ask some people. How funny is that? I don't even really know. I, I know what I've felt from smoking some of it, but I don't know what other people have said. I'm going to have to ask you, ladies and gentlemen. If you have grown Silago, please tell me how it felt, because honestly, now I'm just kind of guessing, I have to be honest. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Take a look. I know you want to. No, you know, I, I think actually, I'm trying to be like mm. all reverse psychology. That's not fair. Perhaps you don't. All right. That's not fair either. Well, maybe you should. Ladies and gentlemen, take a look at Black Spirit. Blah, 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 blah. I can't even talk anymore. Black Prince Ruby. And I'll leave it at that. Check out the, the coupon code BRAINS for 14% off. And, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, joining us. We already have banned uh, our freaking bots. It wouldn't be a show these days if we didn't have banned bots. That's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. Exactly right. You know know what else is going to be fucking awesome is at the end of this month, we're going to have some fun times. I can't even tell you yet. It's not 100% for sure, but I think it's going to be epic. It's going to be various shades of awesome. It's going to be like... I was going to say Fifty Shades of, but no, that's stupid. Dude. That, that's, that's ridiculous and overdone. But I think it's going to be uh, 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 tons of fun. Uh, Ian said, Silago the Bat saved him 15% of the car insurance. That's exactly what happened. 
Uh-huh. Uh, CTC in the house. What's going on, Ian? Uh, welcome, my friend. We never killed Kenny. What's going on, dude? Gunner. Uh, uh, Atomic Spoon in the house. What's up, Legend? Cheers, buddy. James in the house. What's going on? Uh, Captain Calmag needs more. Captain Calmag. Captain Calmag is here to help, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ginger Ninja in the house. What's going on, Ginger? Uh, who else? Groves. Coonward. Midwest Outlaw. None other than Frank is here. Welcome, everybody. Uh, John and Nun as well. What's up, my friends? John and I, you know what? I got it wrong earlier. John and On is here, and Jones and Tuber. See, I thought Jones was using. Uh, you see, there's so many names they they blend together, ladies and gentlemen. Hola, John and Ron. Hola, cómo está? So, Bien, ¿eh, tú? Está mal. Mahando fuego. What is it? Mahando fuego. <laughs> How is the combat? She's funny. I'm really bad at Spanish. I, that's why. That's why I did a fucking trade in school because you didn't have to take Spanish class. Oh yeah, what you trade for? Like laundry? No, I did. I did. I started with HVAC. I got kicked out because I was an idiot, and they didn't. They never told me I couldn't make a knife. I took Spanish. Maybe I shouldn't tell that. Um, anyways, I'm gonna say. It. So I took Spanish class, and me and my buddy took Spanish, and. The lady's name was Mrs. Bitsko, and uh, she used to have panic attacks and stuff, especially if people got like loud and violent. So me and my buddy used to like slap box each other. The members of the lesson, we stand up and slap boxing the shit out of each other, like pretty rough too. Like, and uh, anyway, she ended up passing both of us just so we didn't have to come back. It was great. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, it sucks because later on I started traveling to Spanish-speaking countries, and it was like, damn. I wish I paid attention. So I really kind of fucked myself on that one. Yeah. Moral of the story. Pay the fuck attention. Cool. Right. Oh my God. It was so, I heard a fucking comedian, Josh Wolf, I think his name is. He's like a newer guy on the scene. And he was telling a story about how like he used to bring his kids to Mexico all the time. Be like, Hey, if we wanted to have a father, son or father, daughter day, I'd bring my kids to Mexico for the day. And he goes, one day, my son swears an hour later, he can speak Spanish. But he was just like mumbling and he was walking around like trying to speak Spanish to like all the old heads and he was just like I was dying. Right. Uh ladies and gentlemen, as uh Wes Hitcher was saying, you guys are welcome to hop on, join us, uh bullshit with us, uh chat about your garden, genetics, whatever. You know, the show is basically a pub for uh you know, all your favorite growers to come by and uh, bullshit, shoot the shit, uh, talk about growing. Breeding or whatever else, smoking weed, goofing off. Sometimes we just goof off and talk about freaking drones or whatever, cameras and shit, whatever. Drones. I actually need to. I've been trying to figure out where who fixes drones. Who fixes drones? Yeah, I need uh, a new motor. Oh, right on. Mine went back to GGI when I crashed it. <laughs> That's yeah. what a lot of people do. They just kind of send it back to the manufacturer. There are some shops that do drone work, but yeah, a lot of folks like with the FPV stuff, a lot of the dudes just do it themselves. And that's where... Like, that, they, 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 I wish you have yeah. a hackerspace that you could find that has a drone drone club or something that you can get it fixed at. Like I know mm-hmm. in Boulder, they had a the Solid State Depot, which is like the local Boulder-based hacker space. And they got a bunch of like employees from IBM and shit that just donate stuff over there. And they got a ton of cool equipment and stuff. They have a super awesome drone club that I used to be part of, but I bet you you could find something similar in, um, 
uh, Massachusetts. A lot of people don't know that there's these things called hacker hacker um, hacker spaces, and they're basically like imagine if a library just had like a wood shop and a metal shop and like a 3D printer room. And then like an open space for just like constructing things that you might not have space to do in a garage uh, and welding torches and like just kind of the stuff that you would have in like a more kitted out garage or workshop. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, as far as the United States is concerned, it's part of the um, a library system. So a lot of them are actually directly funded by the same funds that go to libraries and you can rent everything from tools to paying a, a monthly membership to have access to the, you know, a full metal or wood shop uh, for 50 or 60 bucks a month. It's, it's super worth it. Yeah. I don't know why, but a motor gave out on it. Uh, what brand is it? Uh, uh, how do I say this? Parrot. And stuff actually is really easy to find. Oh, it's a parrot. Uh, oh, I say parrot's actually easy to find. Fuck, parrot has a really cool uh, new uh, drone coming out. I want to say, I was uh, curious the other day. I was like, man, does Parrot exist anymore? Uh, and I believe they absolutely do. They have this cool uh, Parrot AI. Uh, I don't know the answer, Smash, so I'm basically going to go to the website and take a look if there's anything there. Uh, it looks to be, is it a, a, one of the Anafis or is it something else? It's the Bebobs. Bebobs. R, I fart in your general direction. Pioneers in flight. So parent is from France. Um, okay, they just have like the old or the new drones in here. That's okay. Well, anyway, this will, since I mentioned it, I guess we'll just look at this. It's like uh, autonomous, basically, 4G robotic UAV. Oh, Ford, but look at that 48 megapixel camera. That shit. I mean, it's a tiny sensor. So Wait, go up a little bit again. Sorry. What network is it on? Up one more. 4G LTE, it says. Verizon. So, wait, do you have to have a Verizon plan to use it? I don't know. No wonder. Oh, that's pretty chill. Though. Look at that autonomous photo- photogrammetry. So that's uh, something that someone like Wes could use. Uh, I don't know if he wants to, but you know, potentially if he's uh, flying. They're up, actually a good company. Fly itself. That's what I, I think. Uh, who was it? Coot, I want to say, had a, a parent drone or talking about them. I, I really like the fact that there's competition. You know, like uh, I want there to be other companies that make really viable drones. First of all, I don't want China to be the only company or only country that knows how to make drones. But second of all, I want there to be like multiple country companies that make compelling uh, competing drones because otherwise we're just going to get stiffed by one company that will be like, all right, here's this, here's last year's drone with a new model name on it for a thousand bucks more. And if you don't like it, you can basically just not buy it. Makes sense because at the moment, there's really only just a handful of drone companies. I mean, there's there's uh, there's that current, company I'm telling uh, you, you're gonna have to watch out for them. Exo Drone's gonna be about, doing uh, Bellevue. You're talking about um, uh, uh, Autel XL or XO, XO, they're, they're new. 
Uh, yeah, they're brand Auto. new. Auto is actually a Chinese company, but they have like a design branch or whatever in, in Seattle or something, Seattle area. Um, they're pretty solid. They just came out with some new drones uh, as well. And let me think, who else? Uh, fuck, there's like two other ones that I can't think of right now. Anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want us to, to talk about drones, hop on and uh, BS with us talking about uh, your garden whatever else. Uh, Smash, what was the model number on or model name on that, that drone again? Ebop. Near a song. Ebop. Bob. Uh, I'm just looking like uh, parts, whatever. Uh, I'm lucky enough and I never actually had to service any of these things. So the little stuff that I've had to do is just like, you know, propellers and stuff. You know what? It looks like the parts are probably available. Uh, yeah, it's just, well, I started to take it apart. Your parts for like, a Bebop drone are now available to log.parent.com. Like I have it apart and stuff. It's just, I got to a point where I was worried about breaking something. Oh, because it's soldered in or what? Yeah, like the, this camera lens has to be like taken off so it can come out. Because I have it done. I have it undone. Oh, where are the motors? They're not in the wings. No, nah, but they're all plugged into here. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, you'd have to uh, or splice the wire. Yeah, I could splice it. Yeah, all the. I wonder if there's a. Let's see here. Is there a. Because uh, honestly, look, we don't know how to do stuff. Like these days, there's there's so much stuff that you can just honestly fucking Google. So, uh, parent bebop uh, motor. There we go. Replacement. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there totally like, is. Look at this. There's. Uh, right here. This Change the watch. motor on the Parrot Bebop 2. I don't know if you have the Bebop 1 or Bebop, Bebop 2. And this dude is uh, David Glenn. Yeah, I, was, I was following one, but it seemed like when they got to the part I was at, I got scared. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm going to break something. I'm like, My nickname is Smash for a reason. <laughs> Well, I mean, the reality is you are going to have to cut the wire, probably. I don't think, it, I don't think it, just that was the thing. Out. You don't have to cut the wire. You got to unplug it. And like this front thing, there's the cameras like stuck on, and you got to pull off this whole styrofoam sheath and stuff. It's glued on, so you have to cut around it. They don't make it easy happens to and they just basically glue it back huh. on. Well, it's I mean it's not really meant to be fixed. Uh, it's it's not a super expensive drone, so I don't think it's really meant to be like fixed over and over, oh. over again. It's lucky. They were like five hundred when they came out. Yeah. Do you get a DOI if you're hammered and flying a drone? So technically, it's an FAA vehicle. Uh, yeah, you're not allowed to. You can actually get in a lot of trouble for driving because it's basically like flying an aircraft. So you can get you're supposed. That's to what I'm saying. Like, can you can you in theory get in? Like a DUI for flying a drone while drunk? Is that yeah, like a real thing? That's 100%. Okay, that needs to go on the list of bullshit ass fucking US laws. No, because I mean, you could fly the, you could do a lot of damage with one of those uh, uh, drones. First of all, you could, like, uh, some of the bigger drones, you can do some real damage to a person if you do some stupid shit. Uh, you can definitely break into, like, a, a window or whatever. I mean, it's just a drone, so it's not going to 
explode a car or something. But I mean, like, hold my beer, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. But you, you could just you could harass people. You could you could be a jerk off. You could basically like you could kill birds. You could do a bunch of weird shit. You know. So it's like uh, I believe it. And here's the thing too. Like, uh, um, how do I put it? Uh, uh, the way the drone. Um, Permits are set up. Well, that's not exactly true. I was going to say this, they don't really know which drone you're using, but they actually do. Um, Hi. Go ahead. Dude. Oh, I thought he was going to say something. No, yeah, they. I was watching this thing called like drone threats, and they can tell what's flying around them, what kind of drone it is, because you have to register. Most of the time, when you get a drone, there's an account that's connected to it. Uh, if you it's over two hundred fifty grams, yeah. They can't really, uh, the FAA is not really able to track exactly what's flying at all times, but there's a new, and I don't remember what the system's called right now, there's a new radio being put in most new drones now, uh, DJI pretty much all has it, and then I think even the hotels now have it, that basically will signal to local aircraft, like, uh, uh, you'll be able to see, uh, um, uh, nearby aircraft, as well as they'll be able to see what you are, and the FAA will be able to track. Okay, that's a such and such drone. That's a such and such blah blah blah. But you are also supposed to be uh, registered, so in theory, they know what you are anyway. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it's pretty fun though. It's a fun hobby. I like it's just it's cool to get pictures that you would never see. Mm. You know, like unless you're flying or something. No, for sure. Uh, uh, I've gotten some really cool pictures. The one downside is that uh, pretty much my drones don't fly in the in the rain, and it's been like just fucking pouring rain for just the epic weeks now. <laughs> it's been challenging to get out, and like the one time it'll be like you know an hour of sunlight, and I'll try to drive across town, but like we such like tons of traffic, and I miss it, and whatever. It's, just, it's been a little bit of a circus, but you know the days are getting longer, the weather's getting better, it's going to get better. But uh, man, I've still managed to get some really cool like panorama shots and you know just the bird's eye view shots like you just you never get it you know you never get to to see those perspectives it's fun it's fun even just to see your own city from a completely different perspective like a bird does you know it's, it's a, yeah over the chat says drunken droning i think that's a great right? name <laughs> or dive bombing people right? dude birds aren't real they're just drones that's it that's exactly it <laughs> it's like breath is fish you know, right. I heard that. The first time I ever heard that, I looked at myself like in a mirror and I was like, dude, I've watched a like, coyote eat a pigeon. <laughs> like I physically have seen a coyote attack a pigeon and there was no mechanical stuff inside. Uh, you know what's crazy? I was just reading about this. What's up, Charlie's Farm? Cheers, buddy. Uh, I was just reading about the passenger pigeon and how uh, until it was made extinct, it was hypothesized to be the uh, most abundant species of bird in the entire world. Like there was, there was more passenger pigeons than anything else in the entire world, and we literally drove them to extinction. Like it fucking blows my goddamn mind. There would be flocks that would take like five days to fly over your house. Like the flock was so big, which is birds flying, 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 took five days to pass over your fucking house. Like what it, do you think the moral read about that shit? It just it makes you sad how barren the world is now. You know, like there used to be off the, the coast of the northwest, there apparently used to be so many salmon that the people used to say you could basically walk across them. And now like you can you can, yeah, you can there, catch one with your whole hands. Without catching one. Right? <laughs> you could literally like I remember back in the day when like I was young, you would see salmon runs and there people literally you could look it looks like they could just reach down and grab one. 
even on the east coast the east coast salmon too because there's salmon on the east coast of, in new england that are not are talked about as much but they are there um the oh man i lost my train of thought there i'll think of it. those are true salmon yeah the, the the pacific salmon is not a true salmon uh, but um it's it's more of a trout i guess but uh you know we call it salmon because it's you know, bigger and pink and trout's else. good though but um Dude, it's it's wonderful. I prefer the the, the Pacific salmon. I mean, I guess I would because I just grew up here. But you know, still, I, I prefer the flavor because it's more it's more fishy. Honestly, the Atlantic is really uh, delicate and just uh, it's more flaky, more just. I like about that. That's salmon. what I like about it. Some people like that. Yeah. Uh, for example, I don't like halibut nearly as much as I like, let's say, rockfish. And so some people are like, "Oh my god, give me the halibut instead of the rockfish." I'd be like, "Give me the fucking rockfish instead." Um, rockfish. I don't think I've had a rockfish. That is amazing. I probably have. What's that potent? Uh, uh, rockfish is amazing, or uh, halibut? Would you say halibut? Yeah, I've had halibut. Oh, I don't know. Halibut's all right, but halibut is the fish for people who don't really like fish. Honestly, it's it's like it's not a fishy fish. It's like that's like flaky and meaty. Yeah, exactly. It's I eat it just for the halibut. That into it. That's yeah, like, I, I know. It, it definitely is not a fishy fish. I agree. I'm sorry. It's like that oh. light and fluffy. Like I don't know. I think a haddock, like fish and chips, like around here, you'd get like fish and French fries. Normally, again, like a haddock. And that's but the thing, too. A... Like out here, we have like salmon and chips and stuff. Fuck off. That's still so good. Or rockfish and chips. It's so freaking good. Uh, do they have ling cod up where you are? Or is that? Yeah, they local? do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ling cod's uh, really good up there. Wonderful. Yeah. One of the most disgusting looking fish, or not disgusting, but one of the meanest looking fish you'll ever find in your life. And they'll totally bite your hand and stuff. They're, they're oh, yeah. not pleasant fish. Uh, but they're one of the more delicious fish you could possibly imagine. And they have, they're blue inside and you cut them up. It's kind of different. Super weird. They also have like a... What are the crabs you guys have up there? Dungeness or the rock yeah, crab? Yeah. Oh, they yeah, have Dungeness, yeah. yeah oh, I had those once with uh, this girl, my, my the, the first uh, woman I was with in 10 years that passed. Her brother lived up in Washington, Seattle. He brought some with him. Oh, my God. Yeah, show, show one of those oh. filleted open where they're all blue. Because they're blue on the inside. It's really weird. It looks oh, normal when you go. cook them, but... Oh, <laughs> those are fillets. Yeah, when you gut them, they're blue. There you go. There's a picture of the fillets. Yeah, see? They're blue when you fillet them. It has to do with their blood, I think. Uh, I just remember that being really bizarre. I Why are, I don't think all of them are, but uh, let's see here. Why are, here we go. I know at certain times of the year, they're bluer than others. I think it's due with the food source. I think it has something to do maybe with their, let's just take a look. Why are some lingcod bright blue? The Times Colonist asks, uh, where's the Times Colonist from? I don't know. Uh, Vancouver, maybe. I don't know. Uh, five years ago, marine ecologist Aaron Galloway surfaced with a link cod he'd spearfished off the coast of Oregon and proceeded to freak out. Endemic to the Pacific coast from Alaska to Baja, California, but most abundant in British Columbia waters, link cod are big-mouthed, feisty, bottom-dwelling fish that make for good sport and good eating. Though typically modeled brown-red or even grayish-green with white-hued flesh, uh, Galloway's specimen was a shocking electric blue. I pulled up this link cod and looked at his mouth. It was bright blue. Uh, Professor, 
Dermot even thought, what the heck is this? Uh, da, 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 da. The fish was neon blue, both inside and out, often referred to as Smurf cod or Smurf meat in reference to the blue or popular blue cartoon features. Online fishing forums and chat rooms are filled with people asking if the turquoise tinted link on safety or toxic or blah, 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 or your mama. Uh, but most fishermen, some who tap the fish as lucky, theorize the harmless color occurs about 20% of the time and is derived from the food the fish consume, speculating it's the result of a particular type of crab, squid, or kelp. No one really seems to know for sure. Blah, blah, blah. They found it fascinating. It's generally understood. It, so it's generally understood that the Lincoln's uh, blue color is a result of a blue, or the bile pigment called biliverdin, but it's still a puzzle how it actually colors the fish and why only some are affected. For example, I've caught lingcod that were normally colored. So that's just as an aside here. There haven't been any studies about it. Don't know why it's happening. I mean, I would assume, honestly, because uh, salmon, the same thing, like if you farm-raised salmon, they're just basically gray or white meat. Uh, but if they eat their, like, krill and shrimp or whatever, they turn pink, basically from the shells and stuff of the, the pink, you know, uh, krill. I would assume it's the lingcod, too, basically eating some of the blue crab or something, basically that has tons and tons, or squid or whatever, that has tons and tons of anthocyanins or whatever else, and it's just expressing as blue. I've had blue lingcod, but I've definitely, I don't think I've ever caught a blue lingcod. I have to be honest, and I've caught maybe, not that many, I haven't caught like 100, but I've caught maybe 20, 25 in my life, and I think all of them pretty much were like white, red meat, whatever. In uh, Down in Half Moon Bay in Pescadero, they were all blue. Maybe it's the local population. I bet it's the local population of crab, man. Yeah, 100%. I've heard of blue ones in Oregon. Um. I just thought they were all blue. I guess I'm wrong. On I don't that. think they're all blue. No, I don't think. And the thing is, too, that it's not the whole species. So you'd think, oh, it's this one version of lingcod, the other version. I don't think it's that at all. I think you'll pull up like 10 lingcod and one of them will be blue. And just maybe that one prefers to eat crab or something. Who knows? I don't know. Goddamn um, vegan lingcod. That's it. It's a vegan <laughs> lingcod. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, cheers, Charlie's Farm. What's going on, man? Uh, welcome back. Uh, uh, feels like. Uh, I know it's only been a couple of days, but it feels like it's been a long time since we've seen you. What's going on, man? Yeah, it's been about a week. Yeah, I just, I was uh, doing better than I deserve, as always. And, uh, good to see you guys. I, uh, I just had to do a lot of catch up. And the other guys, because I had to uh, catch up on some sleep at the same time. Plus, just getting over the COVID. I was kind of dragging for that that, that week after I tested negative. I was kind of dragging a little bit. But, how you feeling, Jimmy? Are you doing better? We're thinking about you all. Finally doing better, you yeah. Just about everybody I know who are either like uh, 100%, man. Uh, I think I am finally feeling better, but I still get really like, like tired all the time. I don't know. It's, it's pretty bizarre. Just randomly fatigued throughout the day. That's pretty un, uh, unusual, abnormal. But I guess I'm, I'm pretty lucky because I didn't... Uh, I'm not like, uh, I, don't, I don't think mentally sluggish or anything else. That's pretty good. But basically everybody else I know is essentially getting sick. It's, just, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a circus because everyone I know, like everyone they know at work now is sick or half the people at work are sick or half the people are going to be sick. It's, it's really a shit storm. But, uh, yeah, everybody I'm talking to is gone. Yeah. Like they've gone two years without it, you know, thank God. And then uh, with this Omicron, I think yeah, just everybody is just spreading like wildfire, even worse than prior. The funny thing right. is, is, everybody that I know that got boosted hasn't gotten yet. I mean, I'm sure there are cases out there. I'm not saying they're not, but, um, you know, people I was, I mean, I got, I, I didn't get my booster shot because it was a real pain in the butt to get a, get an appointment at the 
to schedule it. Yeah, I scheduled yeah. mine like a week and a half ahead of time. It's like still next week. I was on top of people that got boosted. They didn't get sick, you know. So I was gonna say my my dad's friend has got COVID three times and is fully vaccinated and boosted. So it, if yeah. it's gonna get you, it's gonna get you. I mean, again, the, the since the beginning, the vaccine is not really to prevent COVID; it's to prevent the hospitalization from COVID. So I don't know. I don't know enough about vaccines to know what. How do you do the difference? But apparently, since the beginning, it was always supposed to prevent like. Just how you die. Really, the same thing. The, the main thing for a vaccine is so you don't die. I mean, that's really the bottom line. Because, you know. I mean, there are some I think that prevent you from getting it, but I'm not sure what the difference. Oh, please, is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, we just talking about the COVID one. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, polio, basically, so you don't get it, or, you know, even though there are great cases here. You know, same with the mumps and the measles and the smallpox and the yellow fever. And, you know, they're supposed to, like, not, you're not supposed to get it at all. I mean, even the malaria one just came up just over the last 20 years, wasn't it? There's a, uh, what was this, uh, they're coming with all kinds of crazy new shit. There's going to be, like, a, a cancer vaccine I keep hearing about from, uh, Ireland or something. It's really stunning to think like uh, in the future yeah. maybe they will eradicate cancer. Like honestly, that's that would be beautiful. Probably the I mean, number one like, killer other than like yeah, just the heart. My disease. mother died of it. She was only twenty eight. You know, I mean, you know, cousins that stomach cancer and all that. Family members obviously. Um, I mean, they already have one HPV. I mean, HPV right. vaccine. Yeah. You know, so it's a, that's a cancer causing. That's the number one cause of ovarian cancer. I thought that, yeah, I don't know. In retrospect, I remember I remember thinking that all the the weird, like, because uh, uh, that oh, the, the, the HPV vaccine caught a lot of freaking uh, flack from a lot of like religious people and stuff. And I remember being just so puzzled. I was like, why would you not be in favor of this? Like, even if you are in favor of like celibacy and whatever, like, why would you not want to get rid of this like uh, freaking like a, a virus? Basically, but people were totally moralizing it into something that. I don't even know. I don't know why just random shit gets politicized these days. And it just it yeah. makes me scratch my fucking yep. head. Because way back when, it used to be they made fun of like the Soviet Union for politicizing everything. You know, what, was the, what was the political take on this, comrade? But now, like, literally, there's a political take on literally every fucking... I was joking with a friend of mine, and as soon as I joked with it, I was like, it's not even a joke anymore. I was joking about plastic bags and soda. And I was like, no, that's literally like a thing. I don't know. I don't, you know, everyone around the country is probably different, but here in the Northwest, a few cities actually banned uh, plastic bags. And then they also started charging or requiring uh, stores to charge for uh, paper bags. And there was this whole massive political thing where people are like stockpiling plastic bags and this and that. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Honestly. Just go down to the beach and grab a few if you need them. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what do you mean you've got to? <laughs> you think the end of their world is coming because they can't yeah. have a plastic fucking bag. They're stuck in trees. They're right. wrapped in friggin' bushes. <laughs> it's like, you know, so the scourge of the nation. Published. Or the world, mm-hmm. rather. Really. So, this is a paper published yesterday showing that cannabinoids from cannabis can actually block the cell entry of, of COVID. So, um, you know, once again, hemp will save the planet. There you go. But uh, again, this was literally published yesterday uh, in terms of uh, how how breaking this stuff is. So you know, we're still learning how much the the cannabis plant can help us, even in this current crisis. Yeah, 
I mean, uh, we heard so much about uh, cannabis uh, uh, preventing that so-called cytokine storm. And the cytokine storm, oh, what's up, back in the, in the chat, cheers, good to see you. Uh, the cytokine storm, from what I understand, again, I'm way the fuck ahead of my uh, uh, skis, but I think that was part of the, the massive inflammatory response. And I'm, um, yeah, I, I better not even ask any questions because I don't know enough about it. I remember asking somebody about, hey, is that cytokine thing related to this new inflammation thing? Uh, way too I remember when it first, I remember back in the late 70s or the early 80s, I can't remember which, but the big, um, I mean, it wasn't even close to being legalized at that point around here, but. Uh, there was one guy in Rhode Island that was, you get you get a certain amount of prescribed cannabis back then. It was on one of those nightly uh, magazine shows, you know, local magazine shows. But uh, it was for the big push in the beginning was cannabis really helps people with glaucoma, 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 you know, the eye disease. And, uh, you know, and that was, I remember that was one of the very first big, that I can remember anyway, medical reasons to push the use of of cannabis was, uh, it helped so many people with it and they couldn't get their hands on it one guy I remember, it was just one guy they interviewed the guy I don't know it's, like it's been really infuriating honestly to see stuff like that uh, honestly yeah. uh, Charlie's because um, I've talked to a few people I can't think of who right now but I want to say somebody that used to actually come on the show and then I met them in real life or something who the fuck was it it was it was literally somebody I won't out them, but somebody who might watch it on repeat later in the show, they often watch the show later. Uh, he came to one of my uh, in-person sessions. And he was telling me, yeah, man, I actually have glaucoma. And evidently, uh, when he smokes a joint, the pressure in his eyes goes away. And so he yeah. said, basically, if you can imagine your eyes feeling like they're overinflated, which is an unpleasant sensation, he said that you can imagine how unpleasant. I mean, as soon as you imagine it, you realize it's probably unpleasant. He said, yes, it's as unpleasant as you imagine. Uh, and it gets worse over time. As soon as he smokes the joint, literally within 30 seconds to a minute of him smoking it, before he feels any highness, before he feels anything else, it's already doing something to the the, the blood vessels around his eyes that are, re are relieving however the fuck it's working, get him on the doctor, yeah. and it relieves the pressure almost instantaneously. And he said there basically isn't anything else that, that does it. Uh, I want to say, uh, he said there is some other medicine, but it, it has like terrible side effects. I don't remember. Sure. Obesity or something. I don't really remember what it was. You know, and so when, when you see something that's that clearly effective, then why are people still pretending like it's not effective? You know, like it, it is a little bit right. madness inducing when you're thinking yeah. about that. But you want to talk about one of the ultimate politicized uh, uh, products or, or, or subjects or whatever you want to call it, or whatever label you want to put out. Cannabis it was completely politicized, from, you know, from Randolph Hearst back in the day. And um, all the way to the use of the word marijuana and going out and vilifying the, the uh, Mexicans coming over the border back then at the turn of the century, and you know, and they escaped that immigration. I mean, all these all these things that are politicized now have been <clears throat> politicized over the years. And so, you know, fear motivates fear gets you to vote. So get that fear up there. I mean, you see, you know, you read some of his uh, some of his editorials that he wrote back then himself, Randolph first. You know, because he owned them all. He owned everything from New York to, to California. Funny enough, died a, a, a broke man. You know, he wasn't a rich man or something when he died. But anyway, he bought up all the uh, all the old growth forest tracks up in Northern California, Oregon, up into Washington State, and you know, synthesized paper out of the, the wood pulp, and uh, it was a little bit cheaper or something like that, or easier, or whatever the case was, than uh, using hemp. I mean, hemp was used as cash. It was a cash crop. It was used as money. 
it was a certain amount that you had to grow for like oh, what shit. I mean it goes that, back centuries. That reminds me. Anyone that can get their hands on like how do I say this? Like worker hemp? Like bulk seeds, like worker hemp, like not like any C B D shit. Stuff to make like clothes out of right. or, or textiles. It's all over the sides of the roads of Nebraska and shit, man. I want a whole bunch of that seedage. So the the other thing there was somebody in chat that said um I mentioned in the paper we had up earlier um that didn't Canada do the same study? Actually, it wasn't Canada, it was um Thailand. Thailand did the study on um, compounds around cannabis uh, and any plant found within their borders uh natively um uh the, for compounds to fight the virus that shall not be named. Um, and uh, they found that it was canflavin B and cannabis was actually the, the best compound of all the plants and all the compounds they tested in the entire country. Canflavin B, which is a flavonoid in cannabis, was the single most useful compound at killing the virus that we're not going to mention. It's so cold, bro. It's two degrees. Yeah, I can't believe Worcester actually closed schools today because it was cold out. <laughs> Yo, my <laughs> sister's car won't start. Her fucking gas lines are frozen. Are they really? Yeah. It's just funny, though. <laughs> I would, They would never cancel school when I was a kid because it's cold. Ooh. Hey, they gave them a <laughs> year like and a half and off. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, it's just funny. My old man, we never got rides when I was a kid. My old man said, he got, he got two legs. God gave you two legs, didn't he? I, I remember when I was in high school or, or yeah, I think it was high school. They did, they closed down for being cold a couple of times because it was supposed to be like below freezing for a couple of days and they didn't want people standing at the bus stops. And da, 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 da. When I was in a seventh, I forget if it was seventh or eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade, but it might've been seventh. Um, I was in Philadelphia and we had a kind of a freak snowstorm where we were supposed to get two inches and we got two feet. And um, I was, we were, they opened the school that morning thinking, oh, they'll get two inches, four inches at most, and they can you know, still be safe to go home. Well, it ended up snowing like over a foot by noon that morning because uh, it, it just became like a, a nor'easter and, and strengthened over the coast. Uh, and uh, so the, the principal was like, because uh, everyone's kind of like thinking there's no way we're not going to go home early, right? So the vice principal, Mr. Lavinia, I'll never forget this guy later got arrested for having underage porn on his laptop, but that's a separate story. But he uh, he was like, listen, we're not going to go home. We're not going to close school early. And no, they were not going to close school early. Is So at the top of the hill, right behind the, the school, there's a bit of a curve. This tractor trailer hits a fucking minivan and uh, slides off the road, falls on its side and slides all the way down on its side, all the way up to the, like about six feet from the window that he's directly behind talking about. (laughs) It was like, well, that could have happened anymore. Like the timing (laughs) could not have been better. That's awesome. Only time we got close from being cold was because uh, it would be like, it was during the, uh, I was in high school and it was during the the, uh, oil prices. They just didn't want to fire up the burn, you know, the, uh, the, um, the whatchamacallits, <laughs> the furnaces to heat the whole school up for a day or two. So we'd always get, you know, an extra day here and there. Or I remember one year we actually got two weeks off for uh, Christmas vacation because they didn't want to fire up the uh, furnaces for two days. So they were like, just take the extra couple of days off. So but that's the only time I remember being 
or well, except for the obviously was it a seventy eight, but but then by then I was not high school. But we haven't had the the snowstorms that we used to have either. Like I can remember in 1996, yeah. like there was over five feet of snow on yeah. the ground in Philadelphia, like closer yeah. to six feet uh, of snow on the ground. I remember that. I was six. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking insane. In 94, when I came back from Florida, it was like the ice time storm. anyway. Yeah. It was one of the worst. Uh, it was one of the uh, most snow that ever fell in Boston or the Northeast or whatever it was up to 94 or something. I forget how many feet of snow we got, but I just, you know, it was my first winter back from Florida after like three and a half, four years. I was like, holy shit. I, was, I, I still I work at clubs, so I just show everything out at three in the morning. I think that <laughs> same storm in Philly, we got one fuck of an ice storm, if memory serves me right. Yeah. It's been a minute. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get anything. I mean, we got, we got dumped on last week, but that was it. But we've gotten on here. We were like under three inches already. I mean, that's it. That's, that's crazy for this time we have around here. You know, we're in pretty much the same latitude as freaking Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I got three and a half feet up here. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, that's where my it, family's originally from, Halifax. I don't care if I knew this coast here. Oh, I'm on yes. the West Coast. West I'm on the West Coast. Oh, oh, oh. West doesn't even take his truck out. He just takes a snowmobile to work. No, I take my <laughs> snowmobiles on top of my truck to work. Yeah, snowmobiles. Drive into a snowbank, you just ride off into the sunset. Pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much. Dude, I haven't been snowmobiling in forever. I see West, so I was like, damn, I want to go snowmobile. <laughs> I miss snowshoeing. Snowshoeing is so peaceful. Like, it's oh. so <laughs> fucking listen. Go ahead, say it. I know you're gonna. The Canadian I thing when I was a kid. Was oh, oh, <laughs> Canadian flip flop. It's, it's real quiet and just smoke a joint while I was walking the dog. Midnight, but snow's going down with big flakes, silent. It was already like six, eight inches snow on the ground, just absorbing all the sound. All you can hear the flakes hit the trees. I love that. It's one of my favorite times of year. Um, shit, man. Dirty Indica. Nice to fucking see you. My same Bernard hasn't figured out that she needs to like walk far behind me at work when I'm walking in the snowshoes. So she like steps on my snowshoes and I go fucking catapulting into the ground. <laughs> Pretty sweet. It looked like your it looked like the uh Saint Bernard like the, the Saint Bernard was faster than the other dog. She's got a lot of heart. She's always burnt in the end first, so. Oh yeah, because like when, when, when you took off on the distance. snowmobile, she was ahead of you at first. Yeah, she, she's she's she'll she'll burn out though. She'll she doesn't has no she doesn't pace herself at all. She's just new to it though. Freaking dogs and snowmobiles, man! Freaking dogs. We almost got one last week, man. Did you? Uh, yeah, a mother a mother of uh, a friend of ours at my daughter's Irish step. Uh, school. She calls us up on I think it was Sunday. She goes, um, how'd you like a, a, a 10-month-old champion line German Shepherd? <laughs> all the papers for free. All shots, all house trained, everything. 10 months old. I was like, yeah. And then I guess um, we, I mean, my wife said right away, yes, we'll take the dog. So we've been looking to adopt the dogs for the last couple of months anyway. Uh, jumped through all the hoops for the shelters. 
But this one was just, you know, people couldn't have them anymore, I guess, or whatever the case. But I don't think we got it. I think somebody else was jumped in front of us. It was her boyfriend's co-worker that was getting rid of it. He was making phone calls too. They had to get gone, you know, had to be a doctor within days. So first come first serve. Yes, missed out. The thing was gorgeous. I got a picture. Oh, oh, one of my favorite dogs. White Shepherds is one of my favorite dogs. I love them. Yeah. But I like Boston Terriers too. English boxes. Obies, rots, mm-hmm. pits. So many dogs I don't like. I love all animals. Right. Mm-hmm. I met a few like I don't know. I met a few of the like little floofy puffy dogs that weren't didn't have the best personality. <laughs> but you know the yeah. working dog breeds and stuff, man. Those dogs are solid. Like yeah. you never meet a lab that's like a dipshit, you know, or a golden retriever or something. You know, they're, they're never yeah. seen. Fuckface dog. But smaller than a capybara, it's a rodent. <laughs> Even Val, Val's got an Irish wolfhound. Al has a monster. She's got an Irish wolfhound, one of the biggest breeds out there. So it's a dance. I got, I got two wolf hybrids. So. Ooh, those are nice. Yeah, they're fun. They're, I like uh, mutts. Mutts always seem to be, they say mutts are smarter than anything else, man. They're mischievous motherfuckers, but I tell you what, I'm. I had a koi dog, and they're probably the the koi dog is probably the only dog I've ever had that's even close to their intelligence level. They're certainly infinitely more smarter in terms of problem solving, and like I can show them. Oh yeah, they'll eat through a fucking door too, though. Yeah, if they're motivated, (laughs) they'll eat through a door one time. (laughs) I think I'm kidding. (laughs) Them and German shepherds are fucking notorious for it. (laughs) What? My German Shepherd dug a uh, dug want to get through something like in front of my uh, oh yeah in front of my, know, my door because I left my, my phone in the room and it was ringing. My female, somebody in my female first tried to dig out underneath the fence line and realized that that was going to be a pain in the ass. So instead of doing that, and we it happened two Sundays or three Sundays ago. I come out and just as I come out, the whole section of fence collapses. Here, she had systematically dug out every single one of the support posts. And then claps the fence that way because she's a smart motherfucker. <laughs> and we had it took, a, took it took me and my roommate like a good hour to fix that shit. It was fucking funny. It's like my my sister's dogs, pretty big. We thought it was a, a Dane mix, but I don't think it really. It's not. It's, it's got a bunch of stuff in it, but it's a bigger dog, and it's smart. Like when it wants to figure something out, it will. My little dog. He'll if there's a board in front of him, he'll literally just stare at it. He he won't go past it or or anything. You know what I mean? Even if it's laying flat on the ground, he'll literally just stand there and look at it. Like the the big dog will jump over stuff, figure out open a gate. Like, what's up, dude? How's it going? Got your back. Wait, we didn't say hi to Dirty. We didn't, man. We've been rudely letting him sit there. Sorry, Dirty. Hey, listen, on the chat room thing, how do you highlight a name? It's like, say you're trying to answer somebody. Press at. At uh-huh. and then start, at and start typing their name. Like an email? All right, hold on a minute. Because this really got me perplexed. I thought maybe it was a Windows versus Mac thing. No, look. Look in our chat. Type that first. Okay, just a minute. I got to get in there. Hold on. Uh, what is this? this works, too. What's up, Canafam Dynamics? Cheers, buddy. 
I'm just worried about heavy metals. Now I find out it's in my it's in my seafood. I'm just really verklempt about the whole thing. Well, it's okay, man. What's that? Oh, it's in everything. I, I'm afraid it's also in during uh, coitus. Does that work? <laughs> I hate it when I find Alice Cooper like uh, in my seafood. Mm. All right, hold on. Wait, no, Ozzy preferred bats, I think. Ew. That's big. There are batfish. Does that count? That scare me. <laughs> they don't scare um, me, but those in the chat. they're creepy. Yeah. Some of those bats are evil looking, and batfish look even crazier. Having seen flying foxes in the wild now, man, that, I would love to have one of those. Right. I would like a sugar glider. Cool, I want a, uh, a friend of mine wants a trash panda, and I have to be honest, I kind of agree. A like, raccoon? Uh, raccoons. Yeah, raccoons are smart as fuck. <laughs> I had this old-timer yeah. neighbor. He was actually like a, a an old, like... Uh, yeah, that worked. The dude was the weirdest, honestly, one of the weirdest people that I've ever met, but honestly, one of the cooler neighbors that I've ever met. He's passed away now, but he was like French Canadian native something. And he was basically racist against basically everybody, but was like, kind of like, I don't even know, like hilariously racist, very, very complex guy to describe. What was I trying to describe? Oh, he had a couple of trash pandas in his life as pets. And he would tell me stories about how the trash panda, like one of them lived on the roof and the other one lived with him. And so basically the one that lived on the roof, like he'd go to work, basically he'd like step out the door and the, the trash panda would jump onto his shoulder and then follow him in the truck. And basically they'd, they'd uh, I think he was a maintenance guy at the time, maybe. So they would pretty much go on jobs together and the trash panda would just sit in the passenger seat pretty much. And they'd mm-hmm. eat like, uh, he'd bring, I think, two sandwiches and he would give the other the, 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 the other sandwich to the trash panda and I'd just be eating it like with his little fucking raccoon hands. <laughs> and he'd be sitting there with his hand. They're funny. They're, they're smart animals too. Like you're saying, they're pretty smart. Uh, I've actually nice. seen a good amount. Like people have them as pets. I've been seeing monkeys. Too late. They all can hang out oh, with rats if y'all want. I mean, that's up to y'all. I used to work in the pet trade. I had a Quata Monday, which is like a close relative of, of a raccoon for three years. And that was definitely one of the coolest pets I ever owned in terms of intelligence and fun. But he used to like burrow underneath the carpets. So he'd like go underneath the throw rug and like tunnel <laughs> around the room. And that was kind of neat. But I will tell you, monkeys, don't ever buy a monkey. Don't ever own a monkey. They are like an angry toddler that is also loves to masturbate. Throwing shit the everywhere. That just it's like is like everywhere. just yeah, yeah. They're just like this pissed off little like angry teenager that just can't ever do yeah. anything, right? Like they're just occasionally they're cool and fun, but otherwise they're just assholes. Like they really should not be owned by humans in, in a private setting. I mean, that's the reality. Really they're like probably just that. super bored. You know, they're probably just super bored. They'd rather be with their own kind doing monkey shit. Yeah. I don't even know what monkeys do. Throw them at each other or something. I don't even know. But whatever the fuck they do. Throw their shit on the wall. (laughs) Train them to pick, you know, vegetables or fruits. or Like if they had a job or something. Like a lot of parts of India. Yeah, you ever see the hangover? Don't tell Amazon or they're going to replace everybody with monkeys. You guys from the hangover. Come on. One of the biggest uh, temples in India is uh, to honor the monkey, a specific uh, variety. And when you see the pictures, as you walk into this courtyard of this big uh, temple, it's, and it's huge. I'm not exaggerating. There's got to be at least 2,000 uh, because they're fed, you know, by the priest and the 
pilgrims that come there. So they got this thing down. I can't remember the name. I think it's in Varanasi, but anyway. When I was in second grade, there was a classmate of mine, his father, I can't remember his name, but his father did a lot of traveling around the world. And I don't know if he was a zoologist or a biologist or whatever the case, but he used to do safaris every once in a while. That's what his father had to do. So we'd travel with him in the summer. And I remember he came back and he got, they went, they went to Africa, but he ended up getting a huge chunk of his calf bitten out by, uh, I can't remember if it was a, uh, uh, a orangutan or a baboon. I can't remember which. That bite was ruthless. I guess the thing attacked the Jeep. Jump right on the jeep, right at the tree line. And, uh, Remember that woman that had her face ripped off a couple, three years yeah, ago by a monkey? Yeah. Somebody's a friend's pet monkey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really yes, but if you actually look at the details of that, it was someone that was like in a that broken into the property that wasn't where they're supposed to be and climbed past a fence that said "warning, um, mm -hmm. wild animals," and then like part entered the cage after that. So that. They went through three barriers in yeah. order to get mauled. Um, it wasn't just like a, you know, someone was in the cage and this thing snapped kind of thing. I hate it when they kind of replay that stuff because a lot of these people that are keeping exotic animals, you know, do, you know, try to give a shit about warning people and, and keeping them those types of things from happening. But oftentimes you have people either intoxicated or, you know, people that just don't listen. Yeah. Or, or think they know better. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I my dad's best friend, uh, right next door to my uncle, or not best friend, but one of his closest friends, uh, Charlie, used to grow up uh, right next door to my uncle. He had mountain lions. I have a picture of me riding a mountain lion at eight years old at my parents' okay. house. Right, That's like pretty solid. I've been around big cats That's and all kinds sick. of exotic That's shit awesome. my whole life. Uh, I used to work at, at a, a pet trade in Philadelphia, and many of the pet stores there have licenses to carry exotic animals. We had a whole slew of cool shit, um, uh, and I, I had more different things I should never have owned uh, uh, <laughs> over the course of my life than I care to admit to. But, um, you know, especially on the way of venomous snakes, that was one of the things I was super into. But a lot of those people that have them, you know, a lot of these people are obsessed with their animals and have enclosures that rival and or even better than many zoos. Not all of them, but many of them, you know, actually have better environments for them, you know, if they have the budget for it. It's when people don't or get entirely too many. Uh, that they run into those issues. Mostly it's when people start collecting a bunch of shit and then they don't have enough money to feed them. Right. It's fucking expensive. You know, a mount, uh, uh, any of the, you know, a tiger or a lion or something eats as much as a horse every month, right? That's expensive. <laughs> hey, Smash, what brand was that uh, uh, drone you had? Pirate. Parrot. Parrot. Oh, parrot. Okay. Because the color looks kind of like the uh, Autel. That's where it's. Yeah. Well, the yeah, that's are nice. Yeah, that's nice. Really nice. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool. Did you see that new? Uh, was it just showing? I guess I can show everybody again the the parrot Anafi AI. I was just curious the other day. I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've heard about uh, parrot anywhere. I hadn't seen anything on YouTube or any, anything else. And then I was like, oh, boom, right here. Uh, evidently, it's like pre order now or what or whatever. I think it's a modular camera design. Oh, wow. I'm not sure. Wow, wow. 48 megapixels, still with a small sensor. So still with like a, what? Uh, how big is the sensor? Let's see here. Learn more. It'd be nice if it was a one inch or, you know, like a full mm -hmm. full size sensor. But uh, six times one centimeter. 
don't say how big. Oh, there it is. A half inch CMOS. It's kind of a small sensor, honestly. But mm-hmm. uh, wow. nice small pixels. So it'll be good for, for uh, yeah. uh, or better anyway, for evening, maybe. Mm-hmm. Be cool. I still, I mean, um, that's a lot. The market was in a, 4K a turmoil, but I was really pushing uh, drone flights over uh, commercial grows as a way of making, uh, uh, getting your, because uh, let's say you have an acre. Let's say you had the big license here. 40,000 square feet. All right, let's say you That's got 4,000 plants. Wouldn't it be a lot easier to have three or four drones do a flyover and then plot it on a, a big monitor, like say a 32 or 36 inch monitor, so that the uh, yeah, and you just draw its paths. The production manager would be able, and the geneticist, we want to get them all involved here. So they would be able to review uh, the progress of the garden. Steve was talking about tractors that you could literally like, and you can do it with drones now too. There's programs like you outline the area you want it to go through, and it will go. Yeah, forth. well, you actually, you can uh, program. It depends on the drone, but the bit, the higher end stuff, you can put. I want three foot or meter by meter shots, and have it go horizontal, then drop to the next. You know, you can plot it any way you want, and then when yeah. it goes in, uh, you when you feed the feed into your uh, desktop or la- whatever laptop then it comes up that way. And so you can really zoom in and see where you're at. I thought that was, what are you going to send out, you know, 50 guys? Give me a call on your cell phone. Let me know what right. you see. Jesus Christ. But anyway. You guys I, mean, always, I don't know. Maybe a lot of times that's what it is. Go ahead, Smash. <laughs> I was just reading chat. People are like, oh, my neighbor had a lion. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. You imagine? My neighbor, the only guy, the only big animals I've seen, I mean, other than in the wild or at a zoo, was a 14 foot and a 12 foot snake. Yeah, that'd be fun to own. Yeah, like a yeah, fuck all that. He used to have to carry a hatchet on his like hip and shit. Oh, hatchet ain't gonna do shit. You know what? You know how you stop a snake if it bites somebody and it's that big? Chop its head off. There's two things that are gonna work. Well, short of killing the thing, I'm talking about not killing it. <laughs> like no. a lighter to it, and you just burn it, they'll let go. Mm. Um, really? The other thing that works is rubbing alcohol. Um, mm. If it latches on, and this works with any reptile, if it latches onto someone, it will not let go. You take rubbing alcohol and you pour it on that thing's mouth, right where the lips are, it burns the shit out of their mouth. The same way it burns you, mm. right? Like, And it, they let go because their mouth burns. Um, mm. And that's how you stop them from biting back. So if someone, if I had a snake or a monitor lizard that was just lashed onto somebody's hand at a pet shop, just pour rubbing alcohol on it and it burns their mouth. So they don't want to, you know, let go and bite you a second time because their mouth mm-hmm. fucking burns. So it stops them from just being aggressive towards anybody. Um, and that, that's how you deal with that. Mm. Never thought about I, that. I used Isn't to do something else you can use. Like, uh, uh, I've heard of something else too. Yeah. Rubbing alcohol, but then also like what sugar or something that they're super intolerant to. Oh, well, you can hurt that they don't have ability to process it so you can you can do damage if they swallow too much of it but usually we always just use rubbing alcohol or lighter to the end of the right. tail so you take a lot they'll regrow those end of the scales at the very end but if you burn it just long enough for them to feel it they'll let go because they want to whip around and grab you for whatever the fuck is burning mm-hmm. so you know if you have a 12 foot reticulated <laughs> or burmese that's locked onto someone's arm and wrapped up tight that's how you get them off 
And mm. I've, I've had to do that on two separate occasions with the stuff we were transporting. Okay. That'll wake you up. I had a, cro- uh, a little caiman grab my hand when I was younger, too. That was fun. Yeah, I remember when I went. By the way, this whole time we've forgotten to say hello to Dirty. What's going on, Dirty? Welcome. Cheers, man. How is everyone? Cheers, man. Welcome. Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. I just thought I'd come on the show here. Welcome, dude. Grow a little bit. See what's going on. Here, here's a fun fact about Dirty Indica. He races sim racing. That's cool. Like in a league and stuff. It's pretty yeah, dope. But uh, sim racing, like, what do you mean? Sims on the computer? I don't understand. Yeah. Like yeah. cars. It's an iRacing sim. Uh, I don't know if you've oh, heard cool. of iRacing. Mm-hmm. I think I have. Uh, let's see here. I... Right on. Uh, what's your... I, I guess that's before I show it here. Uh, Accept all cookies. You always have to accept every goddamn cookie. I like cookies. Right. What's your specialty as I'm looking at the freaking website here? Well, oval tracks, but I wouldn't call it my specialty. (laughs) Right on. I race uh, uh, NASCAR archetype stuff and some Formula One type cars. Mm. Yep, that's it. Right on. Do you, for these guys, do you have like full on wheels and do you have like dedicated computers for it or what's the story? I have a dedicated computer for it, mm. a uh, sim racing rig that I use mm. with a uh, triple monitor setup. Oh, so you probably have one of the full on things. Do you have one of the like, uh, uh, is yours one of the chairs that's uh, like static or does it move or what's the story there? No, it's static. It doesn't move at all. Huh. It's uh, it, I was looking at one of the ones that moved. It looks pretty dope. Dude, they are nuts. Yeah, uh, evidently the sky is the limit. Though I've seen like apparently there's some there's apparently the, like a special game that you can buy. And it's like two hundred thousand dollars. It's just this completely moving like uh, arm or whatever. And the game is purpose built for this fucking wheel. <laughs> yeah, right. For two hundred freaking grand. I don't know, dirty. Have you ever heard about that? Do you know anything about those guys? Like, do you, do, do the rich people that, that play these games have those kinds of setups or what? Yes, they do. Uh, it is quite elaborate. It's uh, basically just like a race car uh, with that motion type cockpit. You get the real seat of the pants feel that I don't get in my cockpit. Mm. So I have to drive the car with my hand, the seat of my pants. Right. You have to yeah, imagine some... it's getting off the road. There's some simulators that are fucking real pricey. And they really, they really look like... What the hell? You sit down yes. in like these things, and it's insane. Like, it's like getting in a car. Right. That motion uh, cockpit and stuff is way too rich for my blood. Hmm. It was a cheap one coming out, I think. That, that's supposed to be decent. They're supposed to make it more accessible. Yeah, can't imagine how good these are. Three thousand bucks for that setup, uh, and you can uh, rig it up to your your rig. It's like a motion platform that you can put on the rig, 
but it's like three grand. Yeah. I was looking at the cool, the cool VR stuff where you're like running now and actually running and mm. stuff. Right. But it's weird because it's not like a treadmill or anything. It's like felt on your feet. Hmm. But uh, like special shoes. Uh, D and uh, Cooties here. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time. Oh no worries, man. Yeah, we're just uh, uh we're all just uh, you chatting. You're welcome, dude. Yeah. yeah, we're always yeah. Coots there. He's actually having well. fun talking about it. You hear him saying, "Hmm, hmm." <laughs> He's enjoying it. Uh, but uh, D, welcome back, my friend. Oh, what's going on? The freaking brains are fresh now. Hey, do you remember that video game uh, Top Gun? You actually got to sit in the cockpit mm-hmm. and it moves around and shit. I remember I to- Top Gun. Oh shit! It like uh, uh, like um, oh sorry, arcades and stuff. Yeah, There's I kind of remember. I don't think I ever played Top Gun, but I played like a bunch of Star Wars things. They would all move around and stuff. That yeah, was the fun. Those are the best cool. ones. But they would always cost like a buck fifty or whatever, and I'd always yeah, have like always the only enough for like three games. I was like, dang it, it was like three minutes go by and spent five dollars. It's coming. Arcades are kind of coming. Well, they were, but you're like, right. Yeah, yeah, they were coming back. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know because there's a couple bars and stuff that opened up with like arcades in them and shit. And that's a good idea because mm. all the people that went to arcades are adults now. Mm. They got one downtown by where I live. They open it up, but it's closed. Yeah. Oh, lots of fun. Like, yeah, it's funny. Like, there's so. Uh, it used to be that bars, I think, were always pretty much just bars. And now, like, bars are like everything. We have laundromat bars. We have uh, the other day, I went to a putt putt golf bar. So, it was an dope. indoor putt putt golf bar. <laughs> There was one in Beaverton, which is west of uh, Portland, out towards Cantel and all that, that used to have, uh, uh, you would pay and get set up with a home brew set inside the laundry, or next to, adjacent to the laundromat. So when you went and did your laundry every, whatever week or twice a week, you'd check on your brew. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool, yeah, because... Well, for whatever reason, you didn't want to have it at home. Maybe you had young children. Yeah, whatever the reason, but you could do it there. And then uh, they had the bottling machine and tapper, you know. So you could, yeah, like rent the you know. spot to build it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty cool. good idea. Got to be pretty popular. They were always fill, or always had a full, or, you know, all the spaces were taken, whatever. So. And you it wasn't expensive, pretty, you know. Getting pretty big around here, like pot like art nights and like drinking art nights like you get hammered and paint something or you smoke a bunch of weed and you paint something those like those are those were getting big too for yeah. a while in oklahoma too we just they're one of the bigger events down at bubba's brew house they just i think it's this saturday they have a big bubble brew house uh, smoke and paint. It sounds like it's in oklahoma hey steve when i started testing out the uh, barley theory the yeah. malted barley theory i got I took advantage of a lot of situations where I could talk to brewmasters because we have a lot of microbrews here. So who better to talk to than someone who actually went to school and all that. And what blew my mind is that out of barley, of all the enzymes, and there's a shitload, they could only talk about one. Because I'd say something like, well, what about, 
you know, whatever, uh, urease. What's that? Oh, dear. Uh, so I guess phosphatase, we don't need to run that one by either, huh? No, I don't know, don't know anything about that, but I know about amylase. I, you know, I know that one. So it was kind of comical. Um, what are your thoughts on L-theanine that I told you about the other day, uh, Coop? Remember I sent you like an article about um, tea? For the audience, basically, because Coot's the only person that read about this, uh, I, I think I brought this up maybe briefly on the show, but then we, we just glossed over it. So evidently, tea is the only uh, substance that we know of that has the amino acid L-theanine. Right. And evidently, that acid is extremely beneficial for apparently hypothesized a number of different things, uh, anti-aging properties, anti-oxidant properties, on and on and on, has uh, uh, all kinds of uh, benefits for the human organism, I guess you'd want to say. Sorry, I have something for a freaking tongue. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, the only place to get it, basically, is tea. And all you have to do is drink like right. a couple of cups of tea or whatever. I know, it's really intriguing, right? I, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is well, that is that well... The one person that I really have a lot of respect for, based initially his education, but also 60 years of research with Dr. Andrew Weil, he first went to Harvard and got a degree in botany. And then he hung out, became a, he was working with Timothy Leary before LSD was illegal. And Leary was running the experiments at Harvard, um, for which later they, Uninvited him, I think is a nice way to put it. But uh, so Weil stayed and later uh, got a uh, medical degree. So he's one of the few medical doctors that has any kind of formal education in the world of botany. And he's really a big proponent of green tea. And for because uh, the other teas are fermented, which isn't bad. We like them, right? The you know, like the Lipton tea, and you go to a Chinese restaurant, maybe you get uh, oolong. Mm -hmm. That's the, the nice tucks. Yeah, um, but in that fermentation process, of course, you are going to have some because these are just like in cannabis, they're hydrocarbons. You know, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. There you go. And so this tannin is the same situation. So you would lose that in the fermentation as you would others, uh, other compounds, whatever you want to, secondary metabolites, whatever you want to call them. So um, I think that the, if you look at other uh, studies and, and work about green tea, the science is definitely there, that it's a benefit for all, all of us to drink it. I know it's, it's kind of grassy for a lot of people. It's not the most pleasant, uh, so you got to get it with honey. Yeah, really. Yeah, honey or some agave, whatever your thing is. Yeah, maple syrup or whatever. Sometimes but, the texture is the, the the problem. I mean, I suppose there yeah. are a variety of different uh, uh, teas. But for example, one of the complaints I think with Japanese matcha, like the powder, is that people will will just kind of throw it in there and just kind of let right. it dissolve and they shake it up a little bit. And it has a very bizarre flavor. It's a little bit more seaweedy than anything than than even like tea that you're used to. Uh, but if you whip it a little bit better, the texture changes the flavor doesn't really change but the texture changes and somehow it becomes very different and a lot of people who didn't like yes. it five minutes ago suddenly right. not like it well if you do the whole green tea like uh, ceremony you know it's not a it's it is a process of 
how you stir it with the bamboo whisk. And uh, I mean, just getting a bag, bag the matcha at Costco, you know. Uh, you have a tea to- tortoise or, or a tea frog? Where you I'm dump sorry? your old tea on? Do you ever see those things? No, uh-uh. It's pretty interesting if you ever watch like some of like the actual rituals of like like doing like tea rituals, they like activate like all like the components of like what you're using. They'll pour a little bit of tea in it, swirl it around, dump it out. And they dump they always dump it on this little like frog or turtle and it dyes it like the longer you have it, the like more it gets colored and stuff. It's really interesting. A lot of nutritionists advise, uh, especially type two diabetics. Type one means your body doesn't produce any insulin. So you're on insulin from the time you're it's identified the rest of your life. Type two is an acquired uh, mostly because of bad lifestyle, your you know, diet and exercise thing. But mm-hmm. beyond all that, tea is even in the fermented types, you know, the regular tea, Lipton or whatever, are highly recommended by many nutritionists for diabetics. So if you have high blood sugar, that's something to uh, ponder, you know, drinking a couple. Uh, it's good. It's good for your, uh, your mental faculties. I like tea too. a lot. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it doesn't lot. matter yeah. which one. Right. Yeah. I, I've had like, I actually used to get this blueberry, I think it was blueberry white tea, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really good. They stopped now, white it, tea though. is, okay, so in the world of teas, White tea is just uh, what you would call in, in the cannabis world the Mary stem. And so those are hand picked and those are dried in a very special way. And that's why white tea is so expensive. Oh, and okay. Say so then the next one is green teas, which are unfermented. Uh, they're not all matcha. Like this one here is another Japanese tea, but you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the fermented teas are like your oolong and your Lipton's. Those are all uh, a fermented tea. In some degree, they're, 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 they're fermented in different ways. That's why you have different flavors like Darjeeling. About, and, you know. Do you guys like sweet tea? Like uh, Southern sweet teas? Oh, yeah. If you want a sugar rush, fuck yeah. Man. Well, <laughs> There's enough sugar to stop your heart. <laughs> um i used to get arizona i don't know i like arizona makes a bunch of the teas and stuff and we used to grab them and uh their sweet tea wasn't really sweet it was kind of just like a brew like a brew oh, tea no, with a I we got real sweet yeah right you gotta go on the, yeah you get below the mason dixon line you get real sweet teas they put enough sugar in that to stop a heart you know I live off that shit. I fucked up. Soda. Yeah. You live off. Yeah. It's good for you. I mean, the tea is not the sugar, but I was going to say shout out to Arizona, man. Like those things have been a dollar for 20 years, maybe longer, you know, they still use sugar instead of corn syrup. They still use like actual brewed tea. Like Like, salute to them for not being bullshit. Arizona. Dollar the whole time, right? Oh, you they mean the brand on the can Arizona? so that nobody gets overcharged? I was watching what someone was doing today in Virginia. They were making, uh, well, they were making moonshine and uh, figuring out how much moonshine to gasoline ratio you could use to actually run a vehicle. 
pretty interesting. Oh, is Arizona the brand? Is that I want to make sure. You yeah, understand. it's a brand. Okay, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. All right. I like the green tea. It green tea with a little. It's green tea with a little yeah. bit of honey. It's always the cheaper. The question is: Does Arizona tea make as good a weapon as twisted tea? Because we all know the efficacy. <laughs> I don't know. They're about they're bigger. <laughs> if you think about it, Steve, those era, those dollar Arizona iced teas are pretty fucking heavy. Coot doesn't know what we're talking about. Coot, uh, there was a there was a meme going around, and this guy was like flipping a like twisted tea, like the beverage, the alcohol on. beverage. Hold on, a, hold on, I got you, I got you. Oh okay. twisted tea can. And this guy called him a, a, a racial slur. And he proceeded to use the twisted tea can to correct his ways. <laughs> that was a funny one. That was going around for a while. Yeah, dude broke a 24-ounce cannon across another guy's head for being a racist, as it should be. Um, I feel bad for the soda. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I wasted. Waste it. Waste of twisted tea, but that's a delicious it's twisted really a waste tea. Of it's being used no. to teach a racist asshole a lesson. I think that's no. It's like, it's like when you toast off a, a boat, you know, a new <laughs> boat or whatever. <laughs> like, right? It's a celebration, <laughs> you know. It's not like really a waste. This man's, you know, <laughs> non-racist future. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like uh, a. <laughs> It's like the, the hell in the face of, the, of a thousand ships or whatever, the face that launched a thousand ships. But instead of that, it's fuck you. <laughs> this guy came in and call him this black guy. I worked the racist bit and uh, I wasn't trying to hear it. <laughs> Jesus. What are you brewing up there, Charlie? Looks like you got all kinds of stuff brewing. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, well, uh... Have, uh, right, Kelmeg. First, 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 yeah, Kelmeg. Extra Kelmeg. What are you kidding me? Kelmeg. Yeah, yeah. Kelmeg Super Plus. Kelmeg. Kelmeg Super Plus, man. Um, no, I just I got a couple of a few flush buckets and then a couple of veg buckets. I just uh, the flush just has uh, molasses and uh, you know, the black strap pool with molasses and stuff. I put the just a mill, just a mill. This only goes in flour anyway, but it's definitely in flush. No, 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 mill it, mill it no, again. not yeah. molasses. Oh, I know it's, it's horrible stuff. Why is it? I used to spell it. Uh, this is the old forum days, and that was so, when uh, this was so like 2010, 2011. And oh, there you go. There's my buddy. Um, that's it. So everybody was doing compost teas, and just in in Eugene alone, there were like eight companies selling compost tea brewers. There was a compost tea associate, the association, an amalgamated compost tea manufacturer, whatever. And uh, I just found it hysterical, so I started spelling it M O L E hyphen A-S-S-E-S. Make sure you get your molasses in those compost tea. You know, you want the... Uh, cool. Why don't we... I, just, I feel like we missed out. You know how there's like mixologists for bars and they have the fancy uh, uh, cuffs yeah. and their, their, their yeah, shirts yeah. and they have the bow ties yeah. and stuff? 
We yeah. should have compost tea mixologists, man. Yeah. Put a little bit of sassafras okay. in there, a little bit of freaking uh, dandelion, freaking shoots, and what else? A little bit of, I don't know, fulvic sand and some other stuff. We do. Oh, they send you the bubblers that go clockwise. There you go. Oh, sorry. That's yeah, right. Uh, oh, no. But then oh, no. how do you decant it? You got to shake it through ice cubes somehow? I don't know. We got to figure it out. Well, okay. If we had somebody on here from Great Britain, they could correct me, but. There's an American song, American nursery rhyme, and they have this, it, they borrowed it from the Brits, but they don't use this term. But in the American one, it's uh, put your left foot in, put your left foot out, put your right foot in, and shake it all. And you do the hokey pokey. Well, that hokey pokey isn't what they say in Britain. It's another, you know, child term for a young kid. But that's what you have to do if you want to make a good tea. You got to really, you know, like goober it up. So get the molasses. Uh, oh, right, here you go. And get dried honey powder. Do they actually have to be mole asses or can yes. it be molasses? No. no, you can have a ferret. Uh, say you had okay. a ferret that pissed you off. And, yeah, you can use a ferret. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, as long as he's descended, right? Yeah. Descended ferret. As long as he's consenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what I really did piss him off, I went and bought from Amazon, of course, because as you know, I support Amazon every way that I can. Um, if you go there, you can find you do because they, every time I order something, it's like 10 yeah, days later, I'm still waiting for it. Yeah. Anyway, go okay. ahead. But if you ever want to just order me something, wait a minute. You can look it up. I'm not bullshitting you. Go to Amazon and type in seven inch Airstone. Pond, like you know, like a farm, oh, whatever. For, for like a pond, yeah. The big and ones. so you, yeah, and you put them in there, and and they have they're weighted, so they sink to the bottom, and it aerates, so it reduces your algae problem. See what I mean? And they also guess what else they do? I mean, they're they they're not concerned about heavy metals. They're not concerned about microbial collapse. They put bales of barley straw in the ponds to clear it up. Can you imagine? Talk about rolling the dice. Yeah, golf courses used to do that. Oh my God! See, the water hazards. There golf you go. Oh, do it all the time. We, we got heavy metals. We got microbial yeah, collapse. We have molasses. Yeah, it's a dangerous world. It is. What else could we possibly yeah. have? We have like uh, black. Yeah, be careful when you. You know, I will vampires. say, you got to be careful when you use molasses because most people, you know, they don't, they, they don't know. To, you know, they overdo it. Some people use it in veg. Yeah. It's completely, completely useless in veg. Plants not utilizing those sugars. Not even close. It's just once just good. Get it. One time I'm for Charlie. One time I went to a, a Middle East uh, market, and one of their food items is uh, pomegranate molasses. So I took a picture of the label and I posted it all over uh, IC Mag and the other places. If you want really good compost tea, you have to use pomegranate molasses. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So like, I don't so know, some black says, licorice in there too. You gotta, yeah, you know, there you go. Yeah. Got to get some, some or, or some like, ouzo. That's the way. That's what ouzo. some of you say. Yeah, yeah. ouzo. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, ouzo. I tell you, my favorite drink when I was, you know, in my drinking period was a TKO, equal parts of tequila. Kahlua and Uzo. Oof. And oh yeah. That's a winner. That's a winner winner chicken dinner. 
We've made so you do a shot of each at the same time. Can you imagine doing two of those? Oh, six no. shots of alcohol. See, I was doing Grateful Dead. It was bad. Or a Long Island iced tea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those are yeah, those are deadly. Depends what the altitude is. We're doing that at sea level versus at like six thousand feet. There's a bit of a difference. Absolutely. Oh, Michael, I got. Well, this is right at the, right across the street from the Pacific Ocean. So that was my drinking. Oh, Sedona. Drinking in Sedona, having like. Yeah. That's nice about yeah, going we, from Colorado to Jamaica is that you can yeah, yeah. pick the biggest guy in the bar and be like, fuck you, I'll drink you under the table. <laughs> well, speaking of Oklahoma, there used to be off the coastline of California oil derricks, you know, pumping oil out of the. Uh, underneath the uh, water so let's get honest here there's not a lot of people in southern california that have experience working on oil derricks so they bring in workers from other parts of the country and especially oklahoma these guys have been working the rigs there right for and their grandfather and you know that kind of thing oil and talk about, talk about a cultural shock can you imagine a bar full of surfers and oil derrick guys from oklahoma yeah. What and everybody's like liquored roughnecks, up. Oh, yeah. Roughnecks. They're called the roughnecks. These they call really themselves yeah. Fights in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, they they, yeah. they fight on the Delicious. fucking. There was a show about it. They, they used to fight on the fucking oil mine all the time. Two it's people would just be headstrong. They're all meatheads. Well, and they they'll do they, they have full on like derelicts. They're big, similar like the ones that roll off the coat. They're smaller, but they have ones, and they have a big crawler that they used to move them. And they, that's hard they fucking work power lines and shit to get them to the fields and stuff it's pretty neat <coughs> just as like an engineering thing it's kind of cool to watch them move them but I, I when i was out in colorado we saw them a lot more than oklahoma oklahoma mm. they have them but i feel like they're doing a lot more fracking up there than they are down where we are or they already have more permanent rigs up that are you know not as mobile but i the one thing i'll never forget though is in colorado and in pennsylvania like Man, when those things go up, they put a pillar of fire in the sky that's like 20 stories tall. And you can feel the heat from them from like over a mile away. Because I remember multiple times driving past them being like, damn, like that is some shit. And just be always being impressed by like the pillar of fire in the sky when those things detonate. Yeah, I think those are the, the off the uh, extra gas. I don't know, I'm talking about I'm talking about when they have an uncontrolled uh pressure and it just detonates the whole thing like a bomb i've seen that happen twice oh where okay. it wasn't supposed to hope. happen they had a back feed of gas and it just blew up the fucking rig i just oh. heard uh azerbaijan or one of those countries in central asia they've had a, a an open pit basically that's been burning for like 60 years or something it's one of these like just uh, open gas pits that basically blew up they're gonna put it away and put it out apparently finally because it's been burning like non-stop and evidently can see it from space or whatever. Go ahead. And there's one in Azerbaijan, one in China, and one in Centralia, Pennsylvania. Those are the three currently burning coal mines that are like burning up the ground out of control. We should talk about the chat's uh asked a question and could answer kind of in chat. It's an urban myth stuff. Um someone said, I think Charlie or someone said that uh molasses is more beneficial in flour than veg. And they said, can you explain that a little bit more? Um, and I want to just add on before we go into it is I've always thought 
uh, if you're using like an organic system that like the microbes could use some of the sugars, no matter what part of flour or uh, the microbes can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pity St. Bernard isn't here because I think he would be one of the, the people who was, well, he was at least a, a few months ago or a year ago, maybe uh, kind of pounding out some of these lectures. The dude, unfortunately turned into a little bit of a weirdo, but we used to uh, quote quite a bit from this one guy, uh, advancing eco agriculture or some shit. I can't remember the guy's channel anymore. It's funny how things change. But anyway, uh, we used to, a lot of folks would, would uh, say, Oh yeah, man, have you seen his uh, latest uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he was one of the shows I want to say, who was talking about adding, there were some lectures basically he was showing. Uh, and these were corn, corn farmers, soybean farmers, whatever, like non-cannabis farmers that were doing uh, trials, like honest to God trials, like, you know, Poet likes to talk about uh, scientific trials, one-to-one, da-da-da, with the control and everything else, uh, adding sugar, not adding sugar. Uh, what was another, you know, fulvic acid, not adding fulvic acid, you know, rock dust, not rock dust. It was a really cool channel, honestly. Uh, and uh, uh, pretty consistently, every time the farmers did add a little bit of sugar to the field a couple times through the, uh, the, the crop, they got better uh, and fuller yield. So there was some kind of a, a microbial interaction there. Uh, but it's not the plants that suck up the sugar. That was a very common uh, you know, I don't know how many nutrient companies made a fucking fortune. Like how many times how many Ferraris could were bought based on sugar bottles and whatever that they sold you. Well, the plants are going to uptake this. No, they literally are not. It's like feeding someone food through their butt. It just it doesn't fucking work that way. Come on, um, yeah. it's called botany. Yeah, it's right. It's like eating glass. We're not ready to eat glass. Just it doesn't. You know, wouldn't it wouldn't it be wonderful enzymes. if things were that simple? I mean, really. Mm -hmm. But it isn't that simple. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Can you explain like why what, what the myths are, because you said it's a myth. Okay, so look up our sugar. Just look, get one on the screen. Let's look at the. Uh, that has a diagram of the, uh, you know, of the of the uh, molecule. Uh, I can explain it better visually if you just if, uh, look one up. Uh, you, uh, Wikipedia, I don't know. Uh, sucrose, fructose, doesn't matter. Just one of them. Doesn't matter. All right, hold on. Uh, It'll come up with like a, a molecular diagram and shit. Yeah, I'm looking. Where are you? I'm looking for a diagram. Cheers, uh, folks. Welcome. Okay, well, if you go, if you look up on Wikipedia, over yeah. on the right will be a, uh, a, a, a an image, if you will, and just double click that. Okay. Glucose. Here we go. I think that spelled it. Because this is really easily explained. My God. Yeah. 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 Something that the the, the uh, compost tea people. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Okay, so what are we looking at? Well, we're looking at carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. You see anything that would that would trigger a reaction in a plant? It may on your tongue because you have taste buds. But that isn't how plants take up elements. At the end of the day, these all, all these compounds have to be deconstructed into a form that the plant can use. Plants don't use sugar. They create sugar. It's called photosynthesis. And hydrogen is used as a form of exchange. When a plant wants to take up calcium, 
it uses hydrogen as a payment. And it, it, it uh, pushes it out through the, the uh, taproot, controls all that. I mean, plants call up what they need. The, the idea that we can, oh, I know, I'll put in purple uh, food color and I'll get purple buds. I mean, really seriously, sell your equipment, go get a job at Walmart as a greeter and find somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and just buy it. I know it just, <laughs> but anyway, there you go. There's your, there's your sugar right there. Is there anything there that could possibly trigger a bio, a metabolical reaction in the plant to produce something that you want more THC, more limonene, more pinene alpha, pinene beta, right? Yeah. No, there's nothing there. Well, no, I'm saying it like I understand. Yeah, I mean it's it's just logic. So and thank hand, God, and thank God, plants that can't take up compounds, but some of the shit people put in their soils, ammonium nitrate. You want to talk to me about heavy metals? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What the phosphoric acid. Kill? So this is the energy of basically living cells, both animal, plant, you name it. Fucking, uh, I think fungus too. Yeah, uh, I'm not 100% sure about fungus, but I know that plants and animals both use uh, adenosine triphosphate, basically, is what we're looking up here on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, it's an organic compound, hydrotrope, evidently, that provides energy to drive many processes in living cells, such as muscle contraction, nerve impulse propagation, condensate dissolution, and chemical synthesis found in all known forms of life. ATP is often referred to as the molecular unit of currency for intracellular energy transfer. When consumed in metabolic processes, it converts either to adenosine diphosphate or adenosine monophosphate, uh, uh, either ADP or AMP. Other processes uh, regenerate ATP <clears throat> so that the human body recycles its own body weight equivalent in ATP each day. How interesting is that? It's also a precursor to DNA and RNA and is also used as a coenzyme. Uh, I guess I'll just finish. Ooh. From the perspective of biochemistry, ATP is classified as a nucleoside triphosphate, which indicates that it consists of three components, a nitrogenous base, adenine, the sugar ribose, and the triphosphate. I don't know. I thought I'd bring it up. Kud, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, you you know more about this than, than we do. But for example, oxygen is heavily reactive. Is this basically an indication that this is something that would uh, spark off reactions? Or, or how should people look at this? What I'm trying to explain is that if you, these are so simple. That's why the term simple sugar is always used, right? Because they are. This is, and I've been talking about what we were looking at before. It's a bar term. That's true. This is actually left field. Simple sugar. That's like a bar term. Beyond that, you want oxygen in your soil. That's why it's it's an aerobic environment. When it goes anaerobic, that's when we have problems. That's when we have root rot. That's when we have all these other that are manifested. Uh, the hydration levels too high. The uh, that's the big one. The the human need to water plants is mind boggling. Okay. 
I need a chart on my computer so I know when to water. Oh, it's really? always, no, it's always, it's always overwatering. Whenever people say, oh my God, I'm killing my plants. It's 99% of the yes, time it's overwatering. it's overwatering. And I know, I know even this from the other side because I am that 1% of people that underwaters plants. I have a tendency to underwater plants, which is actually hugely beneficial because one, I never overwater my plants. That's actually a really big one because again, what did I say? 99% of people overwater their fucking plants. But basically it gives me a different perspective because I'm always trying to figure out oh do i have enough water do i have enough water uh almost everybody i've ever met cannabis or otherwise house plants vegetable garden roses you fucking name it they're over watering their goddamn plants they over mother it, it them, starts they even before them, they that plant them. they overwater their compost piles they overwater their uh worm bins i mean it's just you got songs here you know just, I, I started to do drybacks it's like a big thing of mine like to let the soil kind of dry out a little bit before you hydrate it again. It's always safer to let it dry out a little bit and know you need water than water and not know. A reason, I'm not going to say the only reason, because there's a shitload of them, but a reason Mm -hmm. to use things like smart pots is that once you hydrate it, you can't overhydrate it because it breathes. It'll come out. Yeah. Right, it'll come out. So you kind of lift your finger with, you know, your thumb and your forefinger and you lift it and go, okay, that's the heavy weight. That's the full weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long does it take to go in and just, you know, like lift it every other day and use that as a guide? You don't have to go out and buy equipment and I've got a gauge and it's set up and it's hooked up to my phone and my Jesus Christ, man. Hey, I am buying uh, a 58 gallon drum on Thursday. For water. Um, uh, oh, yeah? I'm so like, sick of lugging a coot. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, I think that's, if you know, keeping aerated water, if, especially if you live in an area that the water isn't too good. Remember, I'm spoiled. I, the water that comes to my town is from Mount Hood. It's snow mill. Now, that's not true of Portland. Portland has a whole other water system, but the little community that I live in it comes right out of the uh, Mount Hood forest. You get a bunch of reservoirs around here. Yeah. That's usually how we get our water is reservoirs. A lot of people don't realize. Uh, soil actually, soil Charlie needs, could probably tell you. A lot of people don't realize their soil needs to breathe, right? It yes. To, and it has to be dry. And not to the point where the plant's wilting or, or much past no. the point. Wilt, but up until that point, the plant needs to have that. It's beneficial to the growth of the plant. To have that dry down period, it's not often taught that way. It's a really good way to put it. I don't like sand. Um, what was I going to say? It's, I'm using, right now, I have two five-gallon buckets. I actually need to change my water filter because it's dead. Um, I need to put a new one in. But it's just sitting. It's so cold that I have it in front of, like, I have a heater kind of near it, not on it, like, directly. But it's, like, in the area. So because I put my finger in it, and it was freezing. That's a a thing, too. If your water is too cold, it will absolutely affect the flow rates of your RO filters and other things. It'll slow them down. That's that's a real good point. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I just just put water that comes out of the tap. You know what I mean? Yeah, normally when it comes out of the tap, though, it's right around like 65 to 60 degrees, like lowest. Probably. So are the plants outside. They get this, you know, I mean... I I don't know. 
Well, we were talking about this on my, on my show with Wes, not a month ago, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, regardless, we were talking ago, about yeah. a bit ago. And I had to admit, like, uh, for not every single time that I water, well, Wes, uh, good timing. We were talking about water temperature, and you were like, man, I don't even know. Yeah, I heard you. Whenever it comes out, I just fucking pour it on my plants. Like, I just, I I just, just use it. Four o'clock yeah, in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, whatever. And I was like, man, I'm always trying to get my water temperature to within. And my whole thing was I try to get it to within about 10 degrees of the soil temperature. So if I had any doubt, I have one of those little, you know, uh, IR guns. I would just point yeah. it like at the, the base of the freaking pot, say, okay, the pot says 65 degrees, whatever. I would make sure it was never less than 55. Believe it or not, in the middle of winter, sometimes with the ice storms and whatever, sometimes the tap water would come out at like 48 degrees. Uh -huh. So definitely in those circumstances, I'd heat it up. And uh, so, like I said, I would, I would just, I wouldn't really do anything special. I would just basically pour in some hot water pretty much. Uh, but I was always trying to make sure that it wasn't too different from the soil. And my fear was that, and it wasn't really a fear. It was basically overcautiousness. I was like, what if I... Um, I think it was Pythium, maybe, that has one of those temperature swing conditionalities to, to germinating. I'm not 100% sure what, which one it was, but it was one of the fungal pathogens I remember reading about that needs a swing, kind of like Botrytis does. Uh, yeah, what was that, Potent? Pythium and Septoria, both of them have, a, have to have a, a heat up period to, to really trigger it. Huh. But Septoria... Not a cool down, rather a heat up period. If you want to talk about specific triggers, Septoria is probably the best example because Septoria has to have above 72 degrees Fahrenheit temperatures um, pro after immediate three days of rainy period to really spore properly, um, but preferably above 80 or 90 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you have a wet period, then heat, that's when you get those blooms like crazy. The slap of oxygen, right? Yeah. But, but Pythium is similar, right? So Pythium will absolutely take off in a hot environment much easier. That's why, for example, like a lot of people get frustrated with nutrient film troughs, like gutter systems and stuff like that, specifically because of Pythium. But they can solve that, A, by putting lactobacillus in their system and just having labs present in the system will completely mitigate that entirely. But B, the other thing you can do is take your air pump, which most people have an air pump or a blower on hand, and just run an airline into that trough and pump fresh air in there. If you have a good airflow in there, it eliminates that problem, right? That half the issue is the low oxygen environment and the heat and the the, the high humidity. That that's what causes that bloom. You know, that's perfect environment for fungal growth. So what you're saying too, between the lines, is that basically well, nothing to fear bit. from slightly uh, colder water. In other words, even if it were 48 degrees or 45 degrees, I'm really not doing much to my soil. Yeah, yeah. So PM and, and other things would be an issue, or maybe not PM, but I'm sure there's other fungals that are, you know, love that colder environment that I'm unaware of. But um, there's one that I, I kind of hilariously oh, is hilariously referred to as southern blight, which hits the hemp in the mm -hmm. fall. And it, it, to me, it just means that your soil is shit. Um, mm -hmm. They keep talking about it. I, in fact, I went, I heard a whole long diatribe of about almost two hours by this guy in Georgia talking about you know, how hard it is to grow hemp in, in, uh, in Georgia because of the southern blight. Really? We didn't see it on a single plant last year. So how is it that <laughs> you're like getting slaughtered by this thing and we happen to have just decent soil and diversify right. our soil? We don't even know this thing exists. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Like, clearly. And, and 
The same thing too with Septoria. Where are we seeing all these big farms fail in Oklahoma that are growing huge acreage? People that were are replanting corn, soybean, or wheat fields that have no fucking biodiversity in the fields to begin with. They're right. the ones that are failing, you know, falling oh, flat on their faces, you know, destroying large scale crops. It's I not that the other day. caring about their soil and having, you know, proper diversity in the soil. None of those guys are failing right now that I'm aware of. A farmer was trying to tell me, like, he used big ag, like, Roundup, like, every, all that shit. And he was like, oh, our soils, this is how we keep our soil healthy. And I was like, your soil's not healthy. No, not at all. And I, 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 this is a real common issue, too, in Oklahoma. I'll take people out and they'll buy a new property. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to plant this, this, and this. And, and we'll go walk the pasture that they want to replant. There's not a single broadleaf plant there. Well, what does that mean? They they put 2D4 or some other fucking broadleaf herbicide on there that's two to four years residual that is, they're going to have to just burn off through proper fungal growth before they can even put a single cannabis plant in there. Otherwise, they're going to fail state testing. So these people buy these properties and don't even realize they have a you know two to four year mitigation period before they can even put a weed plant on them. And, and that's totally fucking out of their brain. Uh, and they, in fact, that, that one grow that I did uh, earlier this or uh, 2019, when I had all those uh, large hundred gallon pots on the pallets was specifically because of that ground was poisoned. We, we they had broadleaf herbicide. I, I could, literally couldn't even put plants in the ground there if I wanted to, even with hugels because the ground was poisoned. Yep. And poisoned for how long? Yeah, years. Again, the residual is two to four years. You, you, see that it, you know, every six months until you you see what the residual is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Charlie. No, you. Could, he, I, I remember that picture, and I remember the the soil underneath it. It just looked dead. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, you know, that light beige, you know, almost grayish. A lot of weeds. That's all I remember. It was like barren, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's the picture I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, like they think they're doing the right thing and like they're just getting sold all these products. They're killing plants with whatever they're using for Roundup or whatever. You know what I mean? Like and they just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And like big agriculture is kind of the worst for uh, runoff. You know what I mean? Nitrate, nitrogen runoff, like nitrate runoffs and shit. It always comes from a big ag farm most of the time. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but we have this problem in Zimbabwe, right? Zimbabwe has been sent so much fertilizer and herbicide and pesticide because of the different NGOs and the Rhodesia war and all these different efforts internationally to feed these people. But the ground in a lot of the major production areas has just been, you know, it's been fertilized to death, right? The, The salt ratio is just fucked. And how do you fix that? You got to get a cover crop in there to help rebalance that shit and get the fungal growth going and some grasses growing to get the fungi going. And then you get the, the KNF inputs and the natural farming inputs and the, the composts and, and, and the right type of compost uh, amended on there. And that's how you fix it. It has all the nutrients in the world in there already. We don't need any more fertilizer. It has that. It's in the non-plant available form. The phosphorus is in the not P2O4 and, and X, Y, and Z examples of that the irons in the wrong form and whatever whatever but it's there right so if we have the right microbiology we can just apply the right microbiology fix the soil that's already been you know fertilized to death or or, or, you know numerous times over the last 50 or 60 years 
and, and fix this shit for these people and actually allow them to, to reutilize that land to a fertility level they haven't ever experienced before. I think that was one of the most impactful things in my trip to Africa was that, look, we, we have all the technology to fix this. These guys already have most of the shit they need. They just need the cheap part. They don't need the expensive mm. part. They need the cheap part. They need the microbial component. No one's ever taught them that piece of the puzzle. If they understood that, they can fix their own damn problems. They can make us all look like newbies when it comes to growing vegetables over there if they just knew that piece of the puzzle. And I think that was one of the things that was just a huge takeaway for me when I was in Zimbabwe, especially. We've got an interesting, or at least I had an interesting epiphany, let's call it, uh, uh, understanding, a realization of understanding, whatever. Coot uh, was talking about something. I think I asked him, we were talking, we were basically vibing about, you know, uh, plant nutrients and how, you know, plants don't really eat the, the stuff from the soil. It's more like vitamins or whatever else than anything else, you know, like, I, I think, I think that's what it was. Basically, I was using the kind of metaphor of, of us thinking about, you know, a plant or a house plant or something as our pet dog, you know, like your pet dog gets physically hungry and you need to feed it. And if you don't feed it, the dog cannot, you know, photosynthesize energy or something. It's not going to. Like if you put the dog outside, it's not going to, you know, rejuvenate or something. You'd need to actually feed the dog for it to rejuvenate, right? Because it then digests the food and, you know, then you get a nice little present in the yard afterwards. But uh, plants are very different. You can't mother them in the same way that you can mother that uh, that mammal, basically. that you're, you're a mammal. You know, most of the animals that are around you are mammals. Even snakes, pet snakes and pet birds, they still fucking require food, right? Pet cockroach, you still need to feed it. But a pet plant, you don't really need to feed it in the same way. Uh, if it had a good soil, for example, you know, a coots mix or something similar, if it had a good soil or even, God forbid, actually outdoor dirt, uh, there's basically plenty of nutrients yeah. in most of it, no, you know, kidding. like almost all the soil. Could, am, I, am I way off on this? Uh, no, you're exactly right. If you could uh, scroll down just a bit and see if the different types of chlorophyll are, uh, one of the pages that Wikipedia shows, there you go. Okay, so we want to look at. Uh, wait a minute, they they listed differently. Hold on. Okay, uh, B, the beta. Um, on this planet, this is the the form of chlorophyll that uh, plants uh, create, and I want you to look at the molecular formula. Fifty five carbon atoms. Seventy. Uh, hydrogen atoms, and five, uh, six oxygen. And I want to repeat this. One. One magnesium atom. One. Right in the middle. And four nitrogen. So pl somebody, please, smarter than me, please explain to me how a plant can be magnesium hungry. Does it produce more a different kind of chlorophyll? See what I mean? I mean, some of this stuff is just so absurd. One, the anchor. See it right there in the middle? And if you look at a human uh, red blood, it would be almost that same exact molecule, but it would be iron instead of magnesium. That's why we have, get, remember, iron poor blood, and you're supposed to take some kind of magical elixir, and it would cure that. One of those over-the-counter bullshit products. Right. Look at that. That's the universe right there in front of you is carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. That's the, that's the reality. 
And the thing that keeps mammals alive, and probably most other animals too that have a, a blood, is that. Magnesium, I love that term, magnesium-hungry plants. How does that work? Just explain it to me. Mm. So here's hemoglobin with the iron in the middle. Yep. And remember, we're descended from plants. First was the fungi kingdom, then the plant kingdom, and then the animal kingdom. And even having said that, humans are like one of the last ones to arrive at the party. Right. And they say we're more closely related to uh, fungi than we are to plants. For example, yes. we both uh, uh, breathe oxygen and then uh, yeah. exhale Spell carbon CO2. dioxide. Yep. Yeah. If, you, if you split that molecule you have on the page in half, and you get this one, the spike of cyanin. There's basically two of those is the hemoglobin. There you go. Not too far off. Nope. And also, if you look at silicin, and so, uh, this is that blue compound in that super labs, so people understand visually. Yeah. Interesting. If you look at the no comparison so of uh, silicin, which is the form that after the, when the uh, you ingest psilocybin, it breaks off an arm, and now it's silicin that actually is the psychoactive component. And if you look at that in uh, serotonin, in terms of uh, molecular uh, formula and structure, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's really, uh, in fact, you can get t-shirts with it <laughs> that have them labeled because they're right next to each other. My medic is saying, I mean, you know, fair point. Uh, he's saying that uh, perhaps look at the ratio of chlorophyll, sheer volume of some. Uh, chlorophyll only lasts so long. So we were talking about this too. Uh, 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 I'm not, I don't I mean, follow that the, the entire plant. Well, I guess in this, uh, perhaps I've misunderstood uh, imedic, but perhaps I missed a, a, an earlier comment. But I was going to say, the, the plant is not entirely chlorophyll. I mean, there is obviously other stuff. We were talking about ATP. The ATP is the energy of the cells, right. the cell walls. The cell walls might have other things in them. We talk about silica and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Certainly, there are other atomic compounds in the plant. We've talked about all that kind of stuff, boron and molybdenum and all that kind of stuff. But the, <laughs> excuse me, the, the overwhelming majority of the plant is basically carbon and nitrogen and oxygen and hydrogen, shit that's basically available in the air. Pretty much air and a little bit of manure for the nitrogen. And you don't need to basically spend tons and tons of money on yeah. nutrients and top dress this and do that. You do need to, I guess that was the point that I was driving to earlier. You need to essentially find some way to unlock the the, the nutrition that's in the soil already. Right. So, for example, if you don't have enough active microbes, you should add active microbes in the form of, let's say, good worm compost or good compost or good, I don't even know, uh, 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 what else? Not a worm casting tea, but like an extract or something. I don't even know. I guess that's it, basically. Just worm castings. No, adding... adding uh... A good manure, not a good manure, I'm sorry. Cow uh, yeah, cow mag. Put a layer of cow mag down and then some molasses. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a uh, good thermophilic compost. Sprinkle a little bit of microbial prolapse on there. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Do you get yours pre-ground or or, or uh, still like uh, um, clustered? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I mean the best thing you can do is to add instead of fertilizer is to add something that's um, uh, a microbially alive, like compost, uh, earthworm castings. You're not you can't get any better than that. All this other jibber jabber is just chemistry trying to. Well, you know, I I read, I heard jibber jabber. Yeah, and it's a, that's the same. The salesmen uh, in the fertilizer sector have sold this shit, you know, since the end of World War II, and we're paying a price for it. In places like Steve's talking about, you can't even grow a plant in it because it's been so poisoned by uh, all this good advice, you know, and trying to manipulate. Uh, a, a biological function with chemistry and it isn't successful but somehow in the in the cannabis world it's a religion i mean could isn't that the um it, 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 i don't know like maybe i shouldn't connect everything to everything like i often do but i've heard many times that one of the primary reasons why we do use so many of these petrochemical uh, fertilizers, basically, for our uh, plants or for the, especially the agricultural crops, the ammonium nitrate and so on, is because there was a massive surplus of uh, refined chemicals after both World War One and World War Two, and they had to find some use for it. Otherwise, it would just basically go bad in piles. So they figured out, hey, why don't we just basically put it on crops because it does actually uh, make plants grow. Uh, how do I put this? That, that, that turned into this like what do you call it? Like a precept or a religion or something that those are the only ways to grow plants. I I remember growing up and people actually saying things like, Oh no, 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 this is the way to grow soil. Not like with uh, sprinkling some shit on the ground. Like uh, I think my stepdad used to say that he was a strange man, but anyway, like he would pour, you know, miracle grow or whatever on the soil to get it to grow. Um, I don't know. How do I put this? Uh, uh, I guess I'm losing my train of thought. It's it's so backwards. I guess it's what I was getting to. Yeah, no, I was getting to. Now I remember yeah. what I was getting to. I remember I was basically talking about: isn't it true, or is it true that uh, the, the whole kind of dependence, I guess you could call it, of the the petrochemical or salt uh, uh, nutrients for plants comes from that World War II sur- uh, surplus? Or Absolutely. Off? Yeah, I mean, at the end of World War II, we had warehouses, <laughs> warehouses full of ammonium nitrate. Hmm. And the work that uh, the father of uh, the NPK, the uh, uh, what do you call it, law of minimums, hmm. and that whole canard, right? And German, you know, that's what built Germany in the end of the nineteenth century was a chemical industry, and and uh, that led to the disaster of World War One. Things weren't resolved, and so we did World War Two. But yes, and so after World War Two, the explosion. And so-called developed countries, like especially the U.S., and the just find the whole line from Monsanto and Bayer uh, soil science and the rest of the mega. We only hear about the one. Everyone wants to talk about Monsanto. They're evil. I agree with you. But man, they ain't the whole story. Oh yeah, Do well, there, well, there's there's the world world world. admitted to poisoning world basically world everybody. They're in They're World War One. Which I'm sorry. Somebody go. I was I was Who just going to say after World War One, 
and World War II. I mean, one of the reasons why we used all those chemicals was because we had to, we had to grow a lot of food real fast because we were the ones responsible pretty much for feeding the world. Right. You know what I mean? There was so many humanitarian crises around the world. And that's one of, one of the many complex factors that went into, you know, those chemicals being used as much as they were and, you know, as well, as well as those pesticides, too, for the arrogance and ignorance that we had at the time. You know, most and of the time they knew that, what they were doing. And for those that don't know, they rebranded as Syngenta. Just the people that, that aren't aware, that is Monsanto. They just changed their name. Sure. I mean, how does shit like Eagle 20 even get on the market? Forget the cannabis end of it. How did you get on the market? I saw that shit in the store last month. You want to talk about fucked up? Why is that still in stores? Like, how the fuck? Because you can still technically use it on vegetables and stuff, so they can technically yeah, allow it. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, because scaling. the grocery stores, a lot of them probably still wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we just sell cucumbers and tomatoes. And yeah, remember, we're allowed a certain amount of ingestible poisons in our food. <laughs> so, along with the rat shit, mouse piss, everything else, too. But, you know, yeah. I don't know, I, I had a thought, I can't remember what I don't know. I guess I was getting to like uh, uh, it's a backward system. I don't remember what I was going to compare it to earlier, but uh, and of course in the middle of it, I, lo I lost my train of thought. But at least I pulled it back out of the fire. Uh, how do I say? Um, uh, well, I remember. I guess I'll use the same example. I had an old friend uh, years ago who told me that uh, when he grew up, uh, he grew up up in the West Hills, actually. And uh, although his family was a little bit wealthy, his, his dad was like a, a, a contractor or whatever, it wasn't super wealthy at the time. There was a lot of immigrant families, whatever. Anyway, regardless, there apparently was a, a German bakery around the corner, an Italian bakery, a French bakery, like you name it, basically. There was even, I think he wanted to say like a, like a Polish bakery or something. So he had all these different artisanal bakeries, basically, growing up. And essentially until he was, I want to say, I think he said like eight or nine years old. It's been a bunch of years now, so I'm you know I'm paraphrasing our conversation. But mm -hmm. until he was like eight or nine years old, every breakfast was kind of uh, man. I don't know. It was like this ideal like country breakfast or something. A couple of eggs, sure. uh, 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 jam and toast, and the toast or bread or whatever was always this artisanal French bread or whatever. This beautiful, beautiful stuff. And then one day, suddenly, like uh, his mom evidently heard all the other moms talking about Wonder Bread. And then from that day forward, they basically bought Wonder Bread, and they would just have like butter and Wonder Bread on the table for breakfast, essentially, and the you know yeah, sandwiches yeah. for lunch, which is Wonder Bread. Yeah. And one by one by one, those artisanal stores went out of business too because everybody was buying fucking Wonder Bread instead of uh, you know their their loaf of bread or whatever that cost more and was better for you. And I guess to say that uh, pretty much everybody or a lot of people these days would acknowledge that the artisanal loaf was way better for you. Sure. In almost every way. It had better grain. It was uh, less sugar in it. Just basically almost everything you can imagine yeah. about the thing was better. It also tasted better, on yeah. and on and on. But society shifted in favor of that other one, partly because of convenience, partly because it was like this modern new thing. And that's what they were calling it, the modern new way of making bread, right? Because it's like a liquid dough that they squeeze into a mold and whatever mm -hmm. else. People are right. like, oh, my God, it's like the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. Right? But in the 80s, a whole lot of things changed. You had uh, microbrews 
starting up. You had a return to uh, handmade breads, the artisanal breads. Uh, Portland was one of the epicenters of both uh, the brew thing uh, and as well as the artisanal bread. But you also in the uh, vineyards, uh, apple industry changed. When I was growing up, it was all red delicious and golden delicious. That was it, period. And then later, you know, things like uh, Granny Smith's came along. And now, I mean, you go into a market in the Portland area, it's not uncommon in the better markets to find 10 varieties of apples, <clears throat> not even counting the organic versus conventional, you know, uh, varieties or whatever. But I mean, I've seen a big change. Uh, Look, my parents, that generation, World War II, they couldn't wait to get rid of that whole cooking dinner. No, TV dinners, pot pies, ravioli in a can, really, lasagna in a can, Chef Boyardee or whatever, you know, I mean, Campbell's soup, uh, tomato soup, but thin down ketchup with some salt. I mean, come on. So, I mean, I, I've seen in a lot of ways, when I moved to Portland in the late 80s, you couldn't find a taco. Not a real one. I mean, you get Taco Bell, but I mean, like, you know, Al Pastor or Carnitas or, you know, that kind of thing. Taqueria. Now you can. I mean, in oh, the man, water, there's some yeah, right there. Holy shit. Yeah. So Oaxacan style. You fucking name it. Yeah. Yeah. You get Chinese food. You know, that was about it. Chinese food and uh, McDonald's <laughs> and Burger King. I had to go into a regular market today and they had a whole, uh, you know, super, a food market and they had a whole section of organic and, and that wouldn't have happened even 10 years. This is a Walmart. I mean, Walmart had, I've seen better examples of it. I'm not saying that it was like the prime organic stuff. You're going to find it another, but still, I mean, it's, you know, 10 years ago, Walmart, fuck you. You know, here's your tomato. It's a, you know, uh, early girl grown in uh, a hot house up in uh, Vancouver. So. No, it is crazy. Target, Walmart, all yeah. of them have. Uh, Costco. Stuff. I was yeah. in there oh, yesterday. Tons, man. Oh, Costco's frozen. getting to the point that I think one of these days they're going to switch to only organic. Like when I go there I now, more and more yeah. stuff is basically yeah. organic only. Yeah. I think one of these days they're going to just literally flip the switch, which is going to be weird because a lot of people are going to be like, wait, 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 you know, but. What a lot of people don't quite understand is that responsible companies and Costco is one of those, they will help their producers by helping them to get seed and what have you. And then, of course, they get first dibs on the crop. But this helps the, the family farms uh, be in a better position to compete by not having to take everything out of savings, you know, to get that crop in the ground. Uh, you know, but I'm seeing like more and more frozen uh, vegetables, you know, organic under the Kirkland label. So I, I you know, I agree with you that uh, they're definitely moving towards an organic uh not just in the produce, but in, in all kind all coffees. I mean, today I counted like, uh, right. or, uh, I'm sorry, six or seven organic coffees, you know, a whole, whole bean grind your own kind of thing. 
So, you know, they know their demographics. Right. I mean, this is coffee town. So. Yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> what's that, Captain? Uh, sorry, what's that, uh, Charlie's Farm? I love coffee so much. I'm the mayor of that town. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean it. Can't even uh, imagine not having coffee. What the fuck? No, not at all. My wife woke up an hour late. She goes, I still had to make my coffee, man. I still had to make lunch for Charlotte. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. If you can afford it, you want to get a burger. Good grinder. coffee. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. Right. Oh, yeah, every morning. Yeah, there's no question about that. I don't have that luxury yeah. in any of my places, but I do have brewers at each one, little mini brewers at each one of my places. Right and on. I go through the gamut of everything from Pete's coffee to stuff. Oh, yeah. I do not do... I do not do Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sorry. I just gotta uh, you know, constantly processed, baked everything. Right. So, Dude, but, I have to be honest. I didn't I like do their donuts. Like, I liked, like, and this is something that galls me because I remember that they they were both chains, but I remember Winchell's was the shit. Yes. And like, uh, I don't know what what's the difference. Like seriously, they were both well, chains, but Winchell's was excellent, and Dunkin' Donuts is not. I will say this about Dunk's: it's you know completely changed in the middle of the '90s when they went corporate. Is that what because, it is? Maybe that's what yeah. It is. They used to be like West Coast and, and all that. They used to they used uh, to make every single Dunk's made their own donuts fresh right there and there. You know, they were individual. See, that was Winchell's. Like they made that. all their donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were, well, they were based from in, the West uh, franchise. Yeah, they were based in Southern California. Winchell's was. Winchell's was. Yeah, East Coast. Yeah, it's not the original is actually in Quincy. Mike. And at one point in the early '80s, Denny's bought uh, Winchell's. Really? Yeah. Or they were merged. I don't know about buying, but they it's all about the Winchell's one corporation. So. Side. Yeah. Side. Because they used to be, they used to be called Mr. Donuts, and then. In in uh, Dunkin' Donuts like opened up and for some reason just took off. This was back in the late sixties. We ended up buying out Mr. Donuts hey. in the area and then from there. I sweet. I drink uh, organic Mayan coffee and I make my own scones. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, beat that, baby. Those are on a unicycle. I make my own strudel. Juggling salamanders. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm a student laughs> By the way, what's going on, Guerrero? Cheers, buddy. What's up, guys? What's uh, I love the topic tonight with the with talking soil, then go straight to talking coffee. These are my <laughs> topics. I love it. It's great. I wanted to ask. Uh, I want to ask about because I have a fig tree, and Ooh. I hear that it might not be the best thing for compost um the fig leaves the fig tree because of oh yeah um because of the the uh, the, the chemical that's in it the milky stuff that comes out right um I, I hear that's not too good for the for the compost but i've not been i wouldn't be the one to enough. ask but i would definitely pursue that uh and you know obviously you're going to find the right answer um the other thing too, as you already know, since you have the trees, is that you're they require bees. Yes. To produce the uh wasp. The fruit yeah, wasp. I'm sorry, excuse me. No, yeah, it's all right. Anyway, so you're dialed you're dialed in. So yeah, I don't know about that, but that's it's like um rhubarb. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the leaves you don't want to eat because yeah. of oh, actually, uh, ask, yeah, they're poisonous. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not a good idea to comp, you know, put them in like a thermophilic compost when you're trying to rebuild your nutrient profile, you know, exactly. put them in yeah, the beginning, exactly. you know, the beginning of the composting cycle where you take it up to 141 degrees and everything kind of gets broken apart, that kind of thing. So funny thing happens every single, every single year, we get a massive bloom of, 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 of clover underneath, underneath the, the fig tree. Wow. I mean, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is ridiculous. Like it, it will get up to like two, a foot and a foot ish, a foot and a half tall. And then I'll go and, and uh, cut it. Now, I don't know if you guys ever done this before. If you guys ever, uh, weed whacked your clover. Now, every time I weed whack my clover, I seem to be coughing it chokes me out the mm-hmm. whatever chemical clover gives off it totally chokes me out and makes me cough and makes me sneeze all of the above and it's you usually it's common though can I, that's like can i ask fever. you a question why wouldn't you just leave the clover in place and have it continue to pump nitrogen into the root zone of your tree it gets too too crazy and i'm trying to get my area together right now right now I'm just getting another, uh, I'm going to do a, a, a bed, a, a raised bed, uh, a 16 foot by four foot raised bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to clear out some of the clover. I got and you. And I'm going to put it on top of that. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just, you know, uh, that's kind of like a blessing. To yeah. Have, uh, no, no, clover, I, you know. I leave the clover. I pretty much leave the clover unless I need it to be gone. For me to walk through, got you. Um, yeah, I usually only cut a path. I usually let my lawn grow a pretty long during during the winter because right. I don't water it at all in right. the summer. Um, and I also do that in the in the front yard. Uh, I know my neighbors are probably annoyed as hell with me, but I don't get. I don't care. I'm letting my lawn grow bigger, and that way, when I do cut it, um, it it'll I'll have something to feed it back into the to the lawn. Uh, what kind of clover? Red or crimson? One of the big clovers. Oh, um, I'm, I'm getting. I if I remember correctly, I think they're crimson. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not. They're good they're producers. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. whites, the little uh, short ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, those are what they call field clover. Um, yeah. And they're. They're good to eat, I hear. The clover tops, the the flowers. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they are. I know they're good for animals, uh, for uh, chickens, uh, livestock, whatever, especially if you have goats, like milk goats and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a high high, uh, nutrient food, like alfalfa. It's on that level, so... Yeah, just a cut and drop is good too. Just to let it decompose right right around the base of your tree. Exactly, maybe, that's what I usually do. Yeah, maybe one of those uh, non-electric uh, the swing. You yeah. know, you, uh, oh, yeah. sky, you know sky. Yeah, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I use electric. I use an electric weed whacker. I don't yeah. like. I don't like having gas around my house. Oh so no. I, I use, no, no. 
Yeah, because I don't like Plus the noise. Stuff. Yeah. The one I have is USB, so that's pretty cool. Charge it, you know, recharge yeah. it. Yeah. Battery. Really yeah, neat. it does suck with the cord. You do have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That Just wasn't, a little bit more powerful. That wasn't the best idea, you know, uh, the cord thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a little bit more powerful having the cord, and you don't have to change the battery sure. and stuff. And, um, and that was my my general uh, reasoning behind getting the one that had the cord, and and I just didn't want to invest in a whole bunch of batteries. And then what happens to the batteries after that? You know, what I mean, after they're done and being used, you know, it's not like batteries live forever compared <laughs> to the thing. Right. I think my my minute amount of pain in the assness. <laughs> It, it it supersedes the the uh, the the need for having batteries and stuff because I don't want like I said I don't I always trip out on what am I supposed to do with my batteries anyways besides you know I think you have to take them to the store and stuff I usually have a bag of batteries I don't even know what to do with right. How's everyone tonight? Hey, hey, welcome. Yeah. Good, so good. now that now that we have Coots and Potent on here, I get to bring up my question. Oh. Uh oh. Okay, my question was on uh, mushroom compost. Terrible. Don't use it. <laughs> the the way that mushrooms are grown conventionally it's uh really just look pennsylvania is the, like the epicenter of mushroom production in the united states and you can find all kinds of information about how they're grown what the materials are and it isn't what you think i mean by any stretch of the imagination it's commercial man it's just you know slam it out and uh no, you don't. You don't want to use much anything identified as mushroom compost in, in your soil. It's it, it's like saying natural flavors. It means exactly the opposite. So that's my input. All right, man. You Anybody can't else? be saying that. You can't say that it's it has this stuff. Yeah. Tell us what's what's in the mix. That makes it like that. I want. I don't want to know exactly what. Well, hydrated lime, hydrated lime, for example. Um, remember the uh, the button mushroom is the one that most common. Yeah. Uh, and their cousins, cremini. Yes. And then when you let them go an extra day or two, they become big, and then now we call yeah. them uh, portobellos. Portobellos. Yeah, I mean it's a marketing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I thing. love mushrooms. I, oh, I, I do too. Yeah, yeah. You get into I your love... own cultivation, though, and you know what's going into your block. Exactly. And, and you're exactly. saying you can, yes. Like your mycelium blocks would be one of the best compost, but it's got to come yes. from a reliable source. And if you yeah, don't have to, that's my question. You don't have to set up. You buy the blocks pre-made, and okay. you fruit them, and then when you're done, that that uh, block of uh, material you bust it up and put it in your compost piles and let the mycelium do the work which is faster than microbes now the microbes will take over because once the mycelium does their thing 
they fruit, meaning they produce mushrooms, and they're yes. gone for this discussion. And now microbes take over. Um, yeah, it's so it's a way to have good food around. You speed up so what, your composting. What's, what's the block? What's, what's oh the what's block the is uh, okay. A typical one: savory girl lion's mane. So the recipe for the material that you're going to inoculate. Yeah, is, what's the uh, like? If you get pre one, right. it's pre made yeah. melt. Okay, it's what, uh, it? wood pellets and um, God damn it! It's two things. It's fifty fifty. It's called the master mix. Is the standard one used in uh, commercial mushrooms, and it's fifty percent by volume of the pellets and fifty percent of <clears throat> vermiculite. I, I could be wrong. Just check out ma the master mix, and that's exactly what's in it. Okay, so that's fine. So when the one they send you is fine, uh, and right, and if you want to use that one for your compost. That's okay to use for your compost. Absolutely. And not the not the crap that they're trying to give you away for free right. at a mushroom place. Don't right. get that shit. No. Do not. Unless we know that they use the same process that that you, um we just said with the block, right? I mean, because there there's gotta be some organic the of, okay. mushrooms. Yes, there are. But the non-organic or uh, conventional is the accurate term. Okay. Um, the amount of fungicides and pesticides that are sprayed on those mushroom crops. Because, again, this is production. This isn't about being groovy and cool. Yeah. You know, crank it out. Well, <laughs> and Monterey, look up Monterey mushrooms. They started in Watsonville back in, I don't know. Anyway, they have operations all over the United States. They probably have them in Oklahoma. I know they have them in Florida and they have them in Georgia. And run. I wouldn't care if they delivered it to my house and, and bagged it for me. I wouldn't take it. I mean, yeah. run. But the other stuff from the kits, perfect. Okay. That, it's non-toxic. It's going to, uh, once the mycelium, Paul's, one of Paul Stammett's early books is, was titled Mycelium Running. And I would really strongly, uh, you know, get a copy of it and read it. And you'll see the power of mycelium and how you can make it a tool to create the best soil in the world or to recycle it. Say you do a big pots, say 200 gallon pots, something like that. Well, rather than remix soil, if you could just dump on some mycelium blocks and let them deconstruct the root system and everything else, and then you do a bit of top dressing, you see how efficient that makes your soil and you're keeping it alive. The soil doesn't die because we we harvested the, the crop. I mean, the fallacy, of, I got to have fresh soil. That came right out of a grocery store, a, a yeah. sales pitch. Yeah. Now, how long can you use a bag of soil? Like, let's say I get a, if I have, if I use ocean forest. Ever. Now, I know I've used, I, I've re-amended ocean forest before. Through a little bit more fertilizer and uh, organic fertilizer, top dressing, and and added some other stuff to it. Um, and I've grown in it before after that, but I never really, I never really used my cannabis 
reuse I reuse the cannabis dirt for my vegetable garden because I only use the same stuff that I would use for my vegetable garden. Um, okay. So when I reuse this my my cannabis stuff and I usually use it for my vegetables. So I know I'm growing vegetables out of it. Now, how many years can I reuse it if I just keep reminting it and keep adding uh, different stuff? Because I, I do kind of, I throw some, like uh, my old avocados, I'll throw out there and throw in there, you know, do that avocado tech. Um, uh, you know, I have worms in my, there's worms in my, uh, my all my four by eight uh, raised beds. I have worms. Are you, trying, are you trying to give Kuda stroke tonight or what? <laughs> right. Well, what that tells me is that if you have uh, worms, uh, the native true earthworms, which are yes. completely different than composting worms, in yes. your raised beds, then you have a soil that's biologically alive. And so my answer to you uh, would be in perpetuity. Just like the, the no one's out there checking the pH and fertilizing the forest. No. Okay, it's a living soil. It's a living entity. So if we don't do stupid shit like dump phosphoric acid and you know the other shit because we, we want big buds or you know some yeah, crazy. I don't ass. care about big buds. All I right. just want to. I what, how I well let me. So the answer your way. question would be forever. Yeah. How's forever. That? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, my first year growing, yeah, like let's, I I. I was always, my cousin always was the person I grows and I would always go over to his house because he had a big property. So I'd always go to his house and help him out with his plants. And like I said before, you'd always kick me down a couple ounces, three or four ounces. So I never had to grow. And, and when COVID happened, I was like, fuck, dude, if I'm going to die, dude, I want to at least grow one time. So my first year I grew, my cousin said, here, here's some beans. Take those. You could grow those. I'm all like, dude, it's like May. He goes, it doesn't matter. You'll get something. And so I grew some, so I grew them, grew the plants and I got about a pound. I got about a pound dry weight. And so the next year, which was last season, pro season, I did a little bit more research and, and I got some beans from, uh, from Humboldt Sea Company. And because I, I wanted to grow stuff that I smoked when I was younger and I always wanted to see what it looked mm -hmm. like growing. And sure. so I grew the sour diesel, humble sour diesel and humble, uh, humble, uh, train wreck. Cause I always wanted to see what those look like. Um, and I, so that this last grow season, I grew four pounds. So I, I multiplied that by four times. So like, and four pounds, between me and my wife, it's plenty to get right. us through the whole year. So I don't see, mind there, that. See, there's a truth there. And you know, it depends what your goal is. And if your goal is to take care of your own needs, because people like you and I can't compete against the mega growers, they got this thing dialed in. We're cut off. That's the reality. And the myth that we're going to, you know, pay for our new car or make house payments by growing wheat is just, you know, <laughs> la la land. 
you know. <laughs> uh, maybe if we lived in Indiana or some horrible place like Mississippi, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, right. if, that, if that's what it's take, I'd do heroin first. I mean, that's you know, before I move to Mississippi. Black. The black market in Cali is not exactly hurting this year. I mean, they're they're not doing as good as they were in previous years, but they're not. Right. Multiple people that are on the, the other side of the coin that are most definitely doing better than my friends that are on the white market. Well, I can't speak to California, but I can speak to Oregon, and I'm telling you that they're fucking hurting. Okay? I mean, when when the retail price on an ounce is $40, advertised price okay and that's the one you know picked out by the budmeister or budmaster bud tender i don't know whatever the title is no no no, no. what's your what's your actual middle like three dollars an ounce is your trash weed it's the same as is in oklahoma but what's the actual what's the normal price at 120 or is no i'll I'll defer to a uh, fume i got i got i got I got, uh, uh, what is it called? Well, was, I said last time what it was. It was uh, Sunset Sherbert. A, mm. I, it started out to be $65, $70 an ounce, and then went up to $80 an ounce uh, two years ago, right when COVID started. Um, so it was, and that stuff was fire. I, and, and I would not. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't even I didn't even want to grow because that stuff was so good. So well, I was like, my why? question is, how are children supposed to learn the metric system if they aren't hustling eights? Right? I agree. But, <laughs> hey, right. I, I, I learned with any of us here simple math the metric system if it yeah. wasn't for that. <laughs> exactly. Simple yeah. math. I mean, kids can still. Yes, I'm pretty positive I would know the metric system. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I know it well. No, but but do you think that, like, the fact that, like, what? Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and generally assume that everyone on the. Also, I love the fact that you have Baker Creek in the background, by the way. Um, But um, I just grew up, you know, with some level of uh, what is it called? The street pharmacy uh, as our first job. Um, and our, our street uh, uh, alchemy, I guess, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, how are these kids going to understand culture and the cannabis culture without having that kind of like brotherhood that we all kind of grew up on? I feel like there's this whole generation now that doesn't understand. And we've talked about this a little bit before about like people that weren't experienced black market growers, but like you can't teach any of that shit. Like you either experienced it or you didn't. Um, how, how is that going to affect it? next generation of cannabis producers it, and cannabis it, culture that didn't have that brotherhood kind of connection. Kids are, kids are still smoking it at 13, dude. They have to get it from somewhere. They're not getting it legally. Well, so, I mean, nobody I, mean, I know that's under the age of 21 smokes cannabis, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, wa- I walked by some kids at the park and they're 13 year old. I knew and I knew the kids because um, they went to my son's school. I mean, and uh, I always say, I say, hey, on I've the seen these the kids. Fed, the feds had a Go thing ahead. out last week, or maybe it was beginning of this week, last week or beginning of this week, that uh, teen cannabis usage rates are the lowest they've ever been in the United States that they've had records for. 
So the fact that we've made it not cool anymore is certainly, you know, uh, edging into that whole issue. So I think it's, you know, and we saw that in Colorado. Colorado was the first state to legalize six months ahead of Washington. And what did they see? A reduction in fatal car accidents. They had they had as much car accidents, but they were a 14% reduction in fatal car accidents the first year and a 24% reduction the second year, right? So yeah, people might be a little bit high, but they're braking sooner. So is that a problem? it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous and i I probably said this last time so ridiculous that only a non-smoker would think to say that smoking and drinking and driving are the same thing Mm -hmm. smoking cannabis and driving comparative to drinking and driving that's not the same thing at all it's ridiculous that Anybody that would say that, it, you would, you, you, if somebody I'll says that back. to you, you're, I'll, I'll you're fight like, back a little bit. I'll fight yeah, back you, a little bit. So, if you're a first time smoker, you're someone that's new oh. to this game, well, you're, you're going to be fucked up. Yeah, but you wouldn't go out and drink of half a bottle of 151 and then try to drive either if it was your first time, right? Like, the thing you're, not supposed, you're not supposed to, but I think that's oh. where, where it comes into effects because. Like, yeah, there's obviously people that are functioning alcoholics. We've probably all known one in our life. You know what I mean? Functioning? But if you're fucked up and you know that you're fucked up and shouldn't be operating a vehicle. I don't care if you're drunk, high, fucking did a yeah, bump, pretty did much. bump of coke or whatever. Like, you know if you're fucking lit. Like, period. Yeah. You know if you're fucking lit or not. Like, whether or not that, that's lit to the point where you can operate a vehicle is, is disputable. But you know if you're fucking lit or not. With weed... You have like this two to two and a half hour kind of window if you're smoking it, maybe longer with edibles, but for the most part, a two to two and a half hour window that you're fucked up. And then, you know, worst case scenario, you can just hang out for an extra hour, right? Like, and you're good, right? Let me ask you this. With alcohol, you're you're kind of stuck longer. If a cop pulls up behind you and hits the lights on you, are you stoned anymore? No. No, I'm not. It's yeah. fucking just totally ruined my high. I'm not so I, also I also, the same way I wouldn't go out and drink a fucking bottle of 151, I, I wouldn't, if I thought I had to drive, I also wouldn't go out and get overly intoxicated. I might have a puff, a couple of puffs, and, and then make sure I have a little bit of a lead time before I leave or just not do a ton of dabs or, you know what I mean? Like I, I would adjust my intake depending on whether or not I had to fucking, you know, drive later on in the evening, right? Versus, if I was drinking, you know, I would, again, I would take maybe two, two beers and cut, or three beers and cut myself off if I had to drive home uh, any kind of distance. If I was closer to home, I'd just get a fucking Lyft or an Uber and not even deal with exactly. the cops. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's ridiculous that anybody would ever think that it's the same. Only people that would, that don't drink or don't smoke would ever think that it's the same they just want to project well their thing onto us i think the third thing is is that there's a third set of sea legs here so you got your alcohol sea legs you got your weed sea legs and then you have your combo sea legs because combining those two is a whole different animal if you're not used to it and uh, people like us that can hang out and smoke and do things all the time it's different because we're used to it but if you are not used to it and you just smoked and drank for the first time that's a whole new animal, like separate oh, yeah. from the other two. And a lot of people yeah. misunderestimate that. And especially if you have something that's like 
high uptake THC, sometimes some of the things they add to MCT oil or lecithin or some of the other things can en enhance the uptake of your uh, alcohol. And people misunderestimate that, especially with edibles. And I've seen this happen in bars where people were given a bunch of edibles because of XYZ event, did not uh, take that into proper account in their mental equation and end up having a less than positive experience um, because of it. And it's just something that like, again, it, it, this goes back to what did we talk about in an episode or two ago is customer education, just educating the customer at the point of sale and making sure that they understand what it is they're supposed to do and offering free Sunday classes or, or free once or twice a month classes at your dispensary to offer a kind of a free education session so that people fully understand what it is that they're they're ingesting and purchasing. And, and if you do that, then you don't have problems. You know, the, again, all of this can be mitigated with a simple amount of education. And now this. Oh, uh, speaking of education, hold on. Fumi, can I put something on the screen? Oh, sure. So true, what you just said. Also, this is uh, some of the stuff that I'm growing this year in my garden. All these seeds right here, I have it on my IG. Mm. I have also, I have 20 varieties of peppers going. Mm. And then I'm going to have a bunch of different uh, tomatoes and other stuff all from all from rare seeds and you know Baker Creek, and I got the hat too. Hot peppers. Oh, oh yeah. In, uh, yeah. What oh, kind? What kind you, you don't mind me asking? What kind? Uh, chocolate habanero is one of them. Um, uh, we have a ghost pepper. We grew a ghost pepper last year. We got another one. Um, I think it was a chocolate ghost pepper thing. I don't know. We have a bunch of different ones. We have fish peppers. We have a bunch of just a just a whole bunch from. Oh, for... You're in uh, Oklahoma City. Come out to the Grillcast meetup on uh, January Friday, January twenty first. Uh, Oklahoma City. Um, it's at Guyatt's Restaurant, which is a super weed friendly bar. They have vegan, vegetarian, all the hippie check boxes in terms of options for dinner. So if you're hungry, you can get anything that your particular diet requires. Um, they are super awesome about that. They also have a huge selection of awesome beer. Um, so if you want to come out, hang out myself, uh, Jordan Rivers and Brendan Rust will all be there to hang out and answer your grill questions. So uh, come out and hang out with some, some cool people. I'll bring a bunch of goodies too. We'll have a seed swap and all kinds of cool stuff. Is Oklahoma uh Concealed carry state? Not only are we a concealed carry state, as of a couple of months ago, I don't even need a permit to concealed carry. So I can I can legally just conceal carry wherever. Uh, I also uh, don't have to have a, a separate license. The fact I can have legally one of the old, I think one of two states you can legally have a concealed carry and a cannabis medical permit. Uh, and also your girlfriend can have her boobies out and uh, no one's getting in trouble with the law. Uh, as long as you're in an area where a lot of discharge that firearm. I'm all for the exposed breast uh, deal, more so than probably the, <laughs> the weaponry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only state in the entire United States that has both the free the boobies uh, law yeah. and the pistol law and the medical cannabis protections. No other state has all three of those. Yeah. Except for Dude, if, we could, if we could go shirtless, <laughs> comes the state women right should there. be able to go shirtless. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, ridiculous. It I think it's boobist. I think 
They shouldn't do that. If I and I think if men could go, could go shirtless like in California, women should be able to. And otherwise, stop going shirtless out in public. The biggest guys. boobs I've ever seen on the beach were moobs for sure. I know that's oh swinging massive exactly. man boobs. <laughs> exactly. Nobody Let's free, free yeah. the nips. Here's you another. Bro. You need to wear a bro. <laughs> Here's our advantage of Oregon. We're uh, psilocybin friendly. So, oh yeah, I I got a, a new client on a well. I probably shouldn't talk too much. I have a, a p- potential mushroom facility I'll be managing out there soon. So yeah, might be out there sooner than you think. Actually, I might be seeing Coot sooner than I think too. But that's uh, that's in the works. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he's on board. <laughs> arm twist, arm twist. No, it's. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. By hook or by crook. Speaking of coot, though, uh, a long time ago, JS had a question for you, coot. Uh, sure. And was wondering if you could literally talk shit about biosolids for a few. Uh, oh, he thinks fuck. the name is Milorganite uh, or something yeah. similar. And I asked yeah. him, hey, could you clarify J? It was JS, by the way. He said, uh, uh, it, he calls it insane. Uh, Casella is a waste management company, and they yeah. have an evidently, quote unquote, organic brand that yeah. they sell waste solids from uh, to idiots, three bucks a bag. Yeah. Now I've heard about it, I think. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, don't do it. Uh, these are operations that are financed by chemical companies and government uh, payouts, loans, to degrade a product to a point that it can be legally bagged and sold. But my God, you'd be better off to go, I'm serious on this one. You'd be better off to go buy a bag of miracle Grow and add some worm castings to it and some kelp. Then it, and in the meantime, set up. Everyone should get a copy of. Uh, let me open up the book uh, app. I want to get the right name. I can tell you that. Okay, here it is. Rhonda Sherman is the author. Oh, here it is. Okay. And uh, hold on. I need to hold music. Oh, by the way, now I can show that video while Kud is looking that up. I'll show this video. This cracks me up. Uh, tell me if you can hear the sound. All right. Well, you got a pretty good balance. Can you hear that? Yeah. 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 I want you to step, bump, step, bump, bump, step, bump, step, bump, bump. Five, six, seven, eight. Faster, step, uh, bump, step, bump, bump, step, bump, step, bump, bump. I love Reno 911. Kickball change. Step, I have a new one. Five, six, seven, eight. I like the one where they're in the, no, the Volkswagen bus if you and they're throwing the bongs out the window and, and stuff. Did that in a <laughs> and, and, and the Jews on the other side. 
didn't see no. All the cops. They're really all good. in the car, hot boxing no. and stuff. No, 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 not. I'm, I'm just drunk. I'm just drunk. Okay. Here's the name. Name of the book is the Worm Farmer's Handbook. Repeat the Worm Farmer's Handbook, and the author is Rhonda Sherman. And this is an academic book, but it's for medium to large scale vermicomposting for farms, businesses, uh, municipalities, schools, and institutions. So even if you just set up uh, the smallest unit, like say, get a, how about a 200 gallon smart pot? Those cost about $30. 200 gallons is a uh, yard. So that's 27 cubic feet. That's a lot of uh, worm castings. There you go. That's the book. And um, I've kind of followed her academic career for about 20 years. And she teaches at University of North Carolina and um, has been involved in research at Cornell University for the last you know, 20 years. So definitely has, she's uh, had her ticket punched and you're not gonna go wrong with uh, following her advice on how to set up and uh, success, be successful. And you can make it a revenue stream. I'll bet you that a, a person in Oklahoma with a large, say, maybe a million, two million worms. I, uh, uh, how many worms do you think you need? So one of the operations we'll be working on this next grow season, barring any bullshit that happens last minute, is 50 acres and 100,000 square feet. Wow. How many do you need for something <laughs> like that? Well, okay, I can give it to you this way. Usually when you're talking about a commercial operation, you're looking for uh, a thousand a pound per square foot. And a pound is approximately, for this discussion, a thousand uh, adult worms. Now, remember that at the rate of reproduction that a pound today under perfect conditions, which you're never going to have, but this is just a rhetorical thing, would be a thousand pounds in a year. So you could easily make a hundred pounds without breaking a sweat of worms that could be sold or uh, reinvested in uh, expanding the operation. That would be my and you can even sell the cocoons. The cocoons go for a good price. And especially red wigglers right now, uh, it's kind of like a, you know, the, what do you call it? Um, oh, yeah, we're, we're setting up a whole barn just for yeah oil preparation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, using her book, uh, Rhonda's Information and Mythology, uh, you're guaranteed success. So... Uh, yeah, no, I don't I, know what I, else to tell you. So. I have a good idea on, on how to do it. I'm not more concerned on that. It was just uh, I never thought about the exact number of worms. So I thought that was kind without of giving you know, an idea. <laughs> figure, yeah, thousand pounds. Now, it, depending how you set up, let's say you went with a very sophisticated system of vertical flow through, you could triple that. So you could have three thousand worms per square foot. Um. So that'll give you, a, and that would be your goal is to get up to that level because one, you're going to have worms to sell 
or expand. And two, you're going to have uh, uh, the material being turned into castings faster because you have more worms working on it. Listen to that. Isn't that. It sounds like something out of freaking science fiction. St. Bernard is saying that red wigglers are selling for 40 bucks a pound locally, and we can barely keep up with demand. Yeah. But I know that that's true because, for example, Doug, uh, that we always talk about, he can barely keep up with demand. I think he yep. pays or he charges more than that, I th- but he, I think he sells by two pounds. But I think he's charging maybe 60 bucks now, and they fly off the shelves every time he has them. My friends that might down be in or- the price, but. No, not at all. My friends down in Orlando, Florida that have uh, a business, soil business, they said that the going price in uh, Florida was on Wigglers specifically was red, uh, was $60 a pound. So uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, yeah. What's that expression in the South? Oh, yeah, cut hay while the sun shines. You know, that's what the market is, and you got them. Well, now is not the time to be a, a saint. You know, you can do something else saintly. I mean, like I said, why, why leave worms on the table or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do a pound per 100 square feet at those prices. I mean, it'll take about the GDP of the United States to, to do those 30 acres. Right. What's <laughs> the pandemic hit, especially in the home gardening sector, it became extremely difficult to buy uh, materials tools, amendments, all kinds of shit, you know. Luckily, most of us don't use a commercial product. Like, we don't go buy down-to-earth vegan mix or something, you know, whatever. Not that it wouldn't be fine, but I'm just saying that that's not our thing. But those are the ones that got hurt because those have to be made in big lots to make it, you know, profitable. And just trying to get the raw materials uh, have you been in a grocery store lately and seen the bear? The shelves are just empty. It's really oh, it's weird. nuts, man. It's, no, it's, it's well, really crazy. Everywhere I go basically is empty. I was just talking about, by the way, I'm pissed off now because apparently Doug has not been giving me the coot discount. Evidently, there's a coot discount if you ask nicely. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to go there I don't and name really drop Coop or something. About. Every time I go there, we talk about Coop. He's like, oh, have you been talking to Coop? I'm like, yeah. Now I'm all pissed off. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, by the way, Doug actually has really good eggs, too. If you guys uh, ask him. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the orange yolks, you know. It's super nice. Like uh, farm eggs. eggs. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, evidently, every once in a while, he has the, 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 I asked him as a joke. I was like, oh, do you guys ever have peacock eggs? He was like, yeah, yeah. So apparently, you know, the peacock eggs, uh, they're, they're di- oh, more yeah. difficult to get because they don't roost the same. They like to roost up in the trees or whatever. Right. And sometimes he manages to connect or collect some eggs. He's like, yeah, yeah, every yeah. once in a while I get some eggs. But uh, anyway, um, uh, how big was I talking about? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I've never gotten them. I just asked him about them. I know oh, the chicken well, egg, basically well, chicken egg size. Well, besides but, the tail, which obviously is huge, the body itself, they're like a, Medium-sized turkey. I mean, they're not. Right. They're not that big. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a duck egg. I would imagine it's like probably. A duck egg, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're basically yeah, they're like the size. Maybe not even quite the size of a duck, honestly. So if you can have imagine, you had an ostrich egg? like a chicken and a duck. I've had ostrich. Oh yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. They're oh, wonderful. 
Oh, yeah, right. That one. <laughs> I made a batch a of one? bread with him, you know, uh, French. Uh, Did you really? Yeah, what do you call it? I uh, can't think of the goddamn bread now. Uh, yeah. Like an egg bread, like Bro- a hollow bread. Brioche? You know? That's brioche. Yeah, brioche. Thank you. Thank you. Brioche, yeah. Okay. And that's all back to it. Did somebody about that. eating? Uh, that's where, Fiona, uh, the other night you were talking about gluten. When you make a bread like that, where you're looking for like a cake-like uh, structure, you want to use a very low gluten, like say 10, 10 and a half percent. Whereas a bread flour that had more gluten, that's going to give you structure, you're up around 14 to 15 and a half, depending on what brand and some other factors. So there's, that's a substantial difference uh, from 10 and a half to 15 and a half, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pro- on the protein level. Yeah, well, it gives you the pull. I mean, if you're getting, right, you right. Know, uh, to give you, yeah, the, that texture. If, I mean, I don't think anybody wants a pull on a cake. It's oh, and, then, and yeah, with those kinds of breads, you're, the egg is really doing the heavy lifting, the egg and the fat. Yeah. Is doing the majority of the. In fact, I don't know how much you're into it, but you know, there's IDY and ADY, and then there's the stuff that's made for uh, enriched doughs, uh, gold label, mm-hmm. SAR gold yes. label. So, anyway, yes. yeah, I got all three in Cambros in the refrigerator. You know, yes. With dated with the tag on them. So I'm pretty anal about yeast and. Nice. Yeah. Keep it. Uh, I try to buy. Oh, I I refresh it at least once a year each year. Nice. Yeah. So you like doing sourdoughs? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have a, a Como, the ones from Austria, Como grinder. It's a true uh, stone mill. It's not uh, steel blades like the ones that sound like a jet engine in your fucking kitchen. Mm-hmm. This is actually two, a, a, a top and a bottom, and. Uh, yeah, it's spelled K-O-M-O, and um, they're actually a true stone mill. So I buy a whole Kamut, Einkorn, uh, Emmer. Uh, I don't like spell. I just don't. I know it's a big thing in Brit- British uh, mm-hmm. breads, but there's a flavor, I don't know, off. It yeah, just, I know. Yeah, I don't, tastes I don't like, like it. It tastes like goat milk to me. Yeah, there you go. But also buy oats, uh, groats, the whole intact oats. Yeah. And I turned that into flour. You know, I uh, added to uh, to enrich, uh, give a flavor. Uh, and on those, I use uh, the poolish, uh, just a pre-soak for like 18 hours. Get a really good uh, biology going on. And on barley, I'm, I... I throw the dice because I could be concerned about microbial collapse, but I think I got this one down. So I add the malted barley to the uh, water. And uh, uh, that only happens when you sprinkle powder, powdered microbial prolapse on there. Yeah. That, then that causes a chain reaction that basically blows up the soil and little tiny explosions, little tiny nuclear explosions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, lots of screaming. It's, it's a, basically look, if you look really closely with a microscope, <laughs> it looks like the little tests where they blew up the bombs with the bikini atoll, you know, oh. with the mushroom clouds, lots yeah. of little tiny mushroom clouds is what happens. Yes. It's, it's, it's pretty horrifying. Honestly. It did, Mike. Uh, if you remember, if you remember the movie Terminator where uh, 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 Sarah Connor, 
uh, uh, dreams, you know, of the nuclear bomb, you know, basically ashing Los Angeles. That's exactly what happens on your soil, but like 50 times over. I might be being sarcastic, but I might not also not be. You never know. Hmm. Apparently, I told that story too vividly. Now everyone is uh, uh, taking it seriously. No, I'm actually being sarcastic. There's no such thing in that soil. We're joking. We just keep basically like beating this one dead uh, joke. Like we're beating this joke like we de- beat a dead horse pretty much. But it's it's kind of, it's become funny again. Like this whole microbial collapse, prolapse thing. It's kind of funny. Does anybody uh, else have botany beans for your your vegetable garden yet? No, but what'd you get? Oh, well, I mean, like, dude, I'm I'm starting to see actually. I'm it's crazy early, but I'm starting to see some people with like greenhouses. They're they're they've got seedlings and stuff. I'm uh, I'm marveling at their ingenuity. Like I said last time, my wife she kind of wants to get a grow tent just to be able to to grow our peppers and then. Absolutely. Because you have, to, you have to start peppers right now. Mm-hmm. You want them to go out there in the um, for otherwise it's gonna take forever. It's gonna be like uh, a, a sativa. Uh, hold on, just in case, uh, just in case Anthony's out there watching sativa. Who's Anthony? Boneyard seeds. Oh no! no, no. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know seeds at all. So. Oh, okay. He, 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 it's well. There's no. There's there's really no such thing as uh, uh, indica I and sativa. I know. So it's it's it, so he. Yeah. It's just so how we learned as growing up. I know. You know. Yeah. I know that that's it's not the it's not the 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 real terms, but it's kind of hard to oh, get away from that. Yeah. You know and. You know, it's more of a thin leaf and broad leaf type of uh, thing. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, so just in case. Uh, yeah. Sativa. Well, here's the real, here's the real story. The British were in charge of something. They had something to do with India for a few hundred years. And in the late 19th century, they're botanists any plant that was native to the subcontinent of India ended in indica. So therefore the neem tree is as a direct indica. Wow. Now, if it was a seed that was planted by humans, in other words, it was cultivated, it was actually started was called sativa that's why alfalfa is medico sativa doesn't mean you can cross mm-hmm. it with a jamaican right mm-hmm. that's all it meant but then by the time that the cannabis deal got kind of really going in the 70s now where the races were off okay so the, all these mysterious but i won't get into that but that's where the two words come from it was just a, a british uh science of the 1880s and here's how they did it the plant the plant was native to india and it was there it ended in indica and if it was planted you know seed within the ground it was a sativa 
that's the that's the sum total you know but now it's turned into a whole so debate like, yeah you just turn it off and go, okay <laughs> hey thanks for sharing you uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's too bad because there there are you know at least a couple of different types of cannabis there's obviously more types of cannabis but there are these kind of you know, at least in the store, we'll call them the two main poles, where, where it's the uplift. Oh, I agree. I, I, stuff, I agree. Yeah. The hybrids. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a better way to describe this? You know, and there have been these really mm. overly nerdy attempts to do type one this and type two that. And oh, I just yeah. think every time I think I just yawn because I'm like, that's exactly yeah. how I define my food. Type one mm. beef, and type two beef and so on. Like it's, it's, how was your dinner tonight? Oh, it was type three. It was great. It was, it was wonderful. It was exceptional. Uh, yesterday was type two. I don't know. I mean, I'm being intentionally sarcastic, but still, that's just that misses the mark completely. But uh, again, you know, calling it indica is nonsensical. Calling it sativa, yep. calling it whatever else. So, but we got to find something, you know, because I I don't like to every single time I talk about it, I don't want to have to say, oh, uplifting yet, blah 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 blah. I don't want to have to say 15 different things because you know people just kind of start yawning after like three, you know. It's gotta sound cool. I mean, sativa that's right. indica. You have to say like. Uh, well, you're the restaurant guy. How do you make it sound epically amazing on a menu? Uh, hints of vanilla with blah, 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 and odes oh, of blah, blah, blah. Can I just interject this? For people who aren't into wine, like some people are really into wine, you know, with mm-hmm. the, the wood this and the blah, blah. Okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it was, uh, it was a red. I mean, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, okay. I can taste the difference between a white and a red. So that's the extent of it. (laughs) And some people, when they describe weed, I'm just thinking, probably not a good idea to do shooters before you taste test or just saying, you know, maybe leave the... uh, Uzo for later and you know not make a night of it, you know what I mean? So I mean if you're really gonna test a a strain, we'll say, I think you need at least an ounce. Well, I was gonna say half an ounce, but okay. Yeah, and, and give it like a whatever your consumption rate is, and give it a workout. Smoke yeah. it in the morning, smoke it in the afternoon, smoke it at night. Um, how much did you smoke today? You know, and and really do an analysis. Not, oh, he's really good, man. <laughs> okay, well, all right. That's is that good, Tommy Chong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, what does that mean? You know, I don't know, but whatever. But that's at least at least fair to the breeder. You know, to uh, say. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I gave it a run, and uh, I'm sure you do well with it. Or, you know, or you could be blunt and say, you know, I don't think it was a good swing, but you didn't connect. I mean, it's just not there. I mean, I would be good at that job, you know. I mean. I think a lot of this was. I'm interrupting completely. I'm no, it's all right. Say, where's the beef? 
Uh, no, I was actually going to say something else, but then I realized that would be funnier. Uh, St. Bernard is making a good point, actually. He's saying, uh, you know, I don't say type 1 beef, but I, I would say grade A beef, right? I mean, that actually is really common, right? Oh, that's some grade A beef. But I think grade A beef is from the old rating system. These days, they yeah. would call it, what, prime, choice, select, all yeah. that kind of stuff, right? right? But right. that wouldn't necessarily even then yeah. uh, uh, refer to the quality of the meal. It would refer to, I mean, I'm, I'm splitting here slightly because it does somewhat refer to the quality. Okay, no. It refers to the marbling of the beef, and mm -hmm. it, it stands to reason. Uh, it's often the case that the better marbled the, the meat, the better flavor, the better steak it is, and so on, the better experience it is. So generally speaking, if you do buy prime or choice or whatever, it is a better uh, uh, meat meal than, let's say, select or something. Or what are the, the prison and school? Well, uh, yeah, but let's, let's also factor in, you know, grass-fed. Like there's a, a company in Eastern Oregon, and, and if you're a chef, you probably, uh, I mean, I don't mean that, that a chef would know this brand. It's uh, Painted Hills. That's a, an area of Oregon, and Painted Hills beef, it supersedes the rating, because like you said, the ratings are based on marbling, but that's old school. How the beef was raised and produced and what they were fed, I mean, that enters into it. That's why, well, that's why when you're trying to get manure to make compost, you don't want to get it from a a stockyard because those well, how it's aged too how it's aged well that yeah but I mean they're gonna pump them with steroids with grain. growth enhancing yeah and grain yeah that's why dairy manure is better because they're taken care of because you want them to live long and produce milk the steers it's a one time shot <laughs> you know you leave them out in the range you bring them into the feed yard. And then you, yeah, you pump them up full of chemicals and, and slaughter. You think so, there's a difference between um, bull, bull uh, uh, dung, or manure, and uh, cow manure? Only like, because of what they're fed. Because when they're out on the range, of course, that isn't collected. So the only time you get uh, steer manure is when they're brought into the feedlots. And where the, the the diet is controlled, and you know more about that than I would, but I'm talking about the, uh, when you get dairy manure, they're fed what they're supposed to be, you know. Uh, well, they, they, they graze. And that's what cows do. They graze all day long. And yes, their their uh, diets are supplemented to some degree, but not like steers. Because steers, man, they get them in that feedlot, and they've got how many weeks to get them beefed up? No, no pun intended. And that's where the chemical uh, crap comes in, and and the grains, GMO grains, and you know the whole. Uh, you know, there you go. That's why you pay more money for Kobe beef. Or Kobe style beef than you do grade A beef, right? Or prime. Well, that, and that Japanese shit is on a different level. First of all, it's on a different level of price all entirely. Like it's a factor, an order of magnitude just about more expensive. What is it like? 
the cheapest $150 a pound. Yeah, like the yeah. cheapest, I think, is 150 <laughs> bucks a pound, basically, at Costco, like, right? Right. So you get like 150 200 400 bucks a pound for, like, the olive whatever freaking stuff. I've never tried that, but I've heard it's freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, the It's totally different, though. It's like uh, the marbling is actually uh, uh, unsaturated fat, I believe. Right. So it basically turns mm-hmm. to butter and stuff. It's such a different exactly. experience. You need so little. It's so rich that you actually like only need a very t- tiny steak, and then you're just like, "Man, I'm good." It's very interesting. Like with a regular steak, I don't know how many times I may. I don't know. These days, I'm not a, a, like a, a glutton. Maybe like when I was a kid, but uh, when I was I don't know twenty or something, I friends of mine. We'd go out to like I don't even remember the steakhouses we would used to go to, but uh, uh, an eighteen ounce steak was not too much. We'd be like, "Oh, freaking." ballooned but then you could never eat an 18 ounce steak of freaking wagyu i think like even as like a i don't know as like a dare or something that would be way too much <laughs> that's ridiculous Cap for 20 I'll volunteers is tribute you meet two fat blunts and i will help. and my i will never forget my cousin's wedding i ate a whole king size prime rib which i think was holy fucking hell Dude, my dad that got in... my dad got real mad at me for ordering it but i finished the whole thing and he was like well, I guess I need to shut the fuck up then. <laughs> it was the only time that my father got put in this place with something I did. I remember Thanksgivings and stuff when I was, I don't know, uh, I guess a kid. And some of my relatives, like the 18 and 20-year-old dudes, would eat like a, an entire pie and then go back and eat another pie. And then like eat another pie after that. So the family would have to buy like 10 pies just because like a couple of dudes would literally eat like five pies. I could never put away pie that much. But I don't I know. That show other stomachs or something. Ham. My mom would order a boar's right. head ham in the fall, like mm, Thanksgiving nice. or Christmas, nice. and I would sneak in and like house half that shit, like like peel open the the tin foil and eat like the whole back half of it off, and she gets so mad. That's the best part, right? Eat all the skin. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I love that part of it. Um, I mean, I love cheesecake. I was more of a cheesecake kind of person i would I'd, I'd make it myself i would i love cheesecake so good i would love to ask the panelists and the people in the audience and chat what food do you wish was cannabis infused that is not traditionally cannabis infused cheesecake that's an easy one we can do that one give me something harder harder Coot, what about lettuce. you? Lettuce. <laughs> lettuce. He's been around longer than the rest of us. He's, he's seen some shit. He's seen salad stuff too. So he's seen bong and like real deal edibles that's way longer than Western culture. Yeah. Did yeah. you try bong in India or anything like that? The, the milk, the infused milk? No, no, no. I No. Um, but I did have, honest to God, uh, handmade uh, Keith. And, uh, yeah, well, chili beans. Yeah. Beans charas? You mean charas? No, and, and, uh, they actually just take the bud and chop it up on a a wood block with, uh, uh, well, it's a, a knife that she's made, uh, it's a Persian design. I can't think of the name. But anyway, and so then they put it in these clay pipes and it's disposable. They're really cheap, you know, uh, like one use kind of thing. And 
you're fresh off the boat from America and wow, this is really cool, you know, and you're sitting inside these carve outs on the walls going into the city and camels and the caravans that have been going in there for hundreds and maybe even thousands of years, traders, you know, their camels laden down with uh, brass pots from India and, and, and silk cloth and yeah, pretty much a trip. So welcome to America, you know. Off and running. I think Elite has the best idea in chat. Uh, Suve a bunch of uh, steaks with some hash. I think that would be pretty. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Of course, we'd have to decide uh, what definition of hash we're going to use. So, I would say yes. Got (laughs) to include some blue cheese in there too to really get the proper flavor. Yeah. I mean. Blue goat. Used a good one though. Well, I was thinking like some croissants, maybe with a raspberry uh, for the uh, filling raspberry jam or something. That would be uh, the acidity would cut the sharpness of the uh, cannabis. I think. Also had in chat bacon. I didn't. I can't eat for company. We actually had a whole plan on doing a whole, basically like imagine Dunkin' Donuts but weed infused. And we had bacon and bagels and donuts, but the um, uh, oh yeah, we couldn't do dairy products or meat products. Well, here's something to consider because it's really simple. Uh, use the uh, like the concept of the banana nut bread, where you're using chemicals to make it rise using uh, baking soda, and so you can get a lot more things than trying to do a dough made with yeast. And so there you can put in nuts and and uh, you could have your cannabis in any form you wanted, whether you wanted it chopped up buds or some kind of like hash. It's more forgiving than trying to do a dodo or a yeast dough. How's that? Yeah, you could really do some cool stuff with that. Yeah. I always, I, I don't know, I want to be a, a, a voice of devil's advocacy or some shit uh, on the, the infused edible front. I like some edibles, for example, uh, you know, f- some of my friends who've been able to do like brownies and stuff really well. But sometimes I just feel like, why not just take a tincture and then leave your food alone? Like leave the fucking flavor of the food alone, <laughs> leave the steak alone, leave all that stuff. Because yeah. most of the weed infusion yeah. stuff just kind of tastes awful. Yes. And even I mean, if you were to use hash or something, yeah. then it might taste good. But most of the time, when you infuse something, you end up making the food worse. Yes. But you could just take a, a, a drop yes. of tincture or whatever else and then eat your dinner. Yes. So if you bind it with the right fat or the right sugar, when you do it, it actually doesn't have that kind of negative taste profile, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So, like when I do it, I'll bind it with like apple sugar or a, mm. a, a dairy fat, and it kind of takes away that negative bite to it or that mm. sourness to it. Interesting. Hadn't thought of doing that. Have you used any of the sweeteners that are made from uh, coconut milk? I have. I've tried to avoid coconut stuff in general just because of the allergic. It's been eight. Oh, I see. Population. I see. It okay. tends to be a higher population of those that are fucked up from cancer or whatever else seem to be more. Got sensitive. you. So 
So we, we've moved away from coconut-based stuff. I, I'm completely sunflower-based, actually, at the moment, on all my edibles, um, less of them than oil-wise. But, um, um, man, I lost my train of thought on that. Oh, the fat and the oil. Uh, is sunflower, uh, of all the things, apple sugar seems to be the most neutralizing thing. If you want to mm. straight up neutralize the, the taste of that weed flavor in a, a given you know, carrier oil or whatever it is that you're doing, um, nothing works better, better than apple sugar uh, in terms of mm. just straight up neutralizing and basically making that taste like not present anymore. Just oh, not, cool. so much, not so much lay, layering over it or making it sweet or trying to hide it. It just seems to neutralize it on like a flavor level more than anything else. And I, I've tried all, over 70 different things uh, on this particular problem uh, for tinctures and, and carrier oils. Wow. Apple sugar. Where can, uh, I'm kind of stupid to apple sugar. Uh, where can I get that? <laughs> Maybe not the, the lowest um, grocery stores in terms of price point, but certainly on the ones that are middle or upper upper class grocery stores will have it as a sweetener. It'll come in like a squirt bottle like you would for like a, a water bottle squirter or a flavor bottle. That's great because the taste of cannabis makes me gag. And a lot of people don't like it, but to me, when I make edibles, it should have just enough flavor of that flavor to know that you took an edible, right? You don't ever want to have yeah. someone that took something and not know that they ingested it, but you don't want it to be overpowering or the main flavor of the product, right? They just need to know that that's in it. That's it, mm. you know? It's a delicate, when you work with the flavors in cannabis, especially 50 milligrams plus, it gets fucking hard. It really does. Totally agree with you. It really does. You have to mask it. You have to find stuff that pairs well with it. Um, that also, you're going to have a lot of other ingredients in it. Like if you have, if you put it, if you're going to cook with it, having the maripois or, mm. um, have like in the satchel of stuff uh, uh it's got to be something that's going to be flavorful if it's going to be um if it's going to be sweet you got to think uh maybe mints would be a good thing to go with it um something that's going to mask it a little bit if you wanted to uh peanut butter is a good one that uh mm. will 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 uh have mm. more potent flavor mm. also um uh, what else would be a good one? Uh, yeah, peanut mm, butter. Used to do firecrackers back in the day. Yeah. Recipe that yeah. I've heard the name of in a long time. Basically like a peanut butter cracker. Mm. Basically a s'more without the chocolate with weed in it. Thanks. Got a great idea right here. Uh, I don't mind it. Uh, he opens another butter cookie and puts a giant slab of oil right in the middle. And then just downs it right after that. Uh, yeah, I've done that kind of stuff. Peanut butter oil and, and avocado oil are other good carrier oils as far as, you know, anything with a high fat content, any high oleic content is going to be, be good. But actually, Oh, you know what uh, else would probably be good? Go ahead. Avocado dip. Yep, that would work well. My fudge fucks you up. 
Well, I know it's bad. It's bad because it's like a hundred percent sugar. Uh, we're gonna say potent. <clears throat> I was say you've tried my stuff, and uh, uh, I'll bring you some new stuff here shortly. It was yeah. It's been honestly like four years or something. So I imagine there's there's quite a bit of advancement. But I remember everybody was marveling at how quickly. Uh, the edibles uh, took uh, uh, effect, and I do remember the, the dabs too, because I think you had dabs as well as uh, 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 the powders, uh, and uh, the dabs were, were uh, noticeably more powerful. I want to say than a lot of the stuff that folks had, so that, that they hit, I think, a little bit more. Yeah, they were acti- uh, better activated. I want to say. Uh, I think that's what you were talking that's about. The same tactic we're working on now too. We, we've just refined it significantly over both of them. Actually, we, we've refined. Um, uh, the one of them we've just gotten better at the math on the different mm-hmm. formulations on the extract, and the other one uh, gotten way better on the carrier. A completely different formulation on the sublingual, uh, on the new formulation, but it hits harder than the old one. The sublingual was an absolute trip. I mean, uh, you could dissolve it in tea. I remember you could dissolve it in coffee. Yeah. You could then people Average tried all of those. They had orange juice. Some people brought with um, you, you name it, because uh, we tried it at the cannabis club and they didn't really serve drinks. But I mean, you know, people brought their own drinks. So people had like know, pineapple juice or whatever else. And they just literally dissolved these powders and they got fucked up in a couple of minutes. It was really, really interesting. That was the thing too. Like it wasn't, uh, uh, how do I say this? It wasn't the traditional edible experience where you have to wait 20, 30, 40 minutes to start to feel so, am I high yet? And then you take another one and then you get too high. But this one, it was literally like within 30 seconds to a minute, they could already tell if it's taking effect. And within five minutes, I want to say it was totally uh, either there or, I mean, everybody was high, basically. It wasn't like some of them didn't get high. But the average yeah, was interesting. Uh, seizure for the new formulation for a seizure powder, the average response time for our seizure patients for pediatric patients is 46 seconds. Wow. See, that's, that's like a... That's the kind of stuff that I don't know, like pharmaceutical companies are going to be jealous of because that's like real fucking medicine for sick people. Right. But like if you're watching your child having a seizure on the floor, every second is a year. Mm. So the shorter we can make, even if it's just by a few seconds, that's worth every dollar in the world. And and not only that, but bringing it down to a price point that can compete with Tylenol in terms of per dosage for, for, for someone that needs it. That's how you break the system. You make it cheaper than everything else, and you make it better than everything else. And that's how you fix it. Hey, Potent, uh, I'm sorry, Fumi. Uh, we're going to be seeing each other over the next couple months. Uh, is there any way that I could possibly uh, try some of your formulas? Yeah, yeah. Especially if and, you're coming to uh, Oklahoma. I'll bring a bunch of goodies there, and then let me know where you're going to be, and we can figure out something. Well, I should be in California and definitely in Michigan. You coming to Garberville to the humble one? I am definitely. It's on my calendar. Awesome! That'll be a blast. It's going to be fun. The few me and I'll be there. Yeah, man. I emailed Josh about it. So yeah, that'd be dope. I guess the um, only thing uh, rest is uh, you know just to put that credit card there. <laughs> Are the um are you, are you well let me know if you're coming into San Fran or, or which airport so we can make arrangements. I have a, a friend of mine who's trying to get from San Fran to the conference and back. If anyone is going there, let me know. I would love to get ride. Um he's a someone that you will be infinitely happy to have in your car. Let me put it that way. I'm not gonna give away who it is, but someone that you 
we've talked about, and I think he's even been a guest on the show. Um, so. So oh, I have our drive from Sacramento. I'll be in the, <laughs> I'll be flying into the Bay area. Well, if you're coming into the Garberville, uh, conference, definitely let me know. And, uh, maybe you can swing by, uh, the Castro district and pick up a friend of mine. Right. Yeah. I actually want to, uh, stay at the same hotel too. I yeah, think that'd wanna, be cool. If you want to come out to the Humboldt one, we'll all be at the Benbo, uh, Benbo in there, uh, as usual. I think this is the fuck. We started this conference in 2018 and we're, and we're going again. So in fact, funny story, and I, I'm sure Josh will never tell you this story. It's funny. Um, uh, so the, the first year we, we did this, uh, we did one in Portland and then last minute we decided we wanted to do one at Humboldt. So we did one at Humboldt too, which it was a huge success. And, um, what was funny is so the first is three day event, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the Friday, so we all get in there Thursday. We smoke, have a good time. We all like put a bunch of stuff. We're all hanging out, you know, breaking out our stuff and sh- showing off our weed and stuff like that. And so, like, we ended up like partying the night in Josh's room. And we were at, uh, well, I should probably leave the hotel out of it just to not get anyone in trouble. But we were in a hotel uh, in Garberville. There's only like three of them. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we all had left most of our weed in there just from the day before showing off and whatever. And like, whatever, like no one's going to be in there. I trust Josh, like whatever. Right. So they had some kind of maintenance issue on the floor above them and the plumbing broke and it started flooding Josh's unit in the hotel. Well, they come in the door just to like maintenance the thing and see like a dispensary worth of weed. And <laughs> lose their shit. So we had to suddenly switch hotels after the first day. <laughs> <laughs> to the other hotel over Venmo <laughs> from the one that we were at. Wait, why, why is the water leaking? Don't get the book yeah, out. All because of some shit that none of us caused. <laughs> and it was just no like this funny set of coincidences that happened. <laughs> but, you know, it's part of what makes it a good memory, you know, is at I can't think of anyone that has a single bad thing to say about those conferences. I mean, they truly are the best ones that you can go to. Uh, you'll learn more in that conference weekend than you will, you know, the whole rest of the year going to every other fucking conference in the entire United States. It's it's really a powwow of the brightest minds and regenerative and sustainable uh, cannabis agriculture. And, you know, it really is just kind of a powwow of the minds. There's nowhere else you're going to learn as much in one weekend as that conference period. Well, I I need to talk to you especially because uh, you know I I'm trying to make people aware of my situation of uh, taking RSO and being THC sensitive. So it's actually like uh, I can't I can't get to sleep on it. It's having the abs yeah observe. I can't fucking talk. It's having the wrong effects on me. It's keeping me up. It's like I'm I'm mm. doing speed, mm. and I I don't need that. I need something that's more relaxing, something that I can actually get to sleep on. Because two three mm. hours of sleep at a time is not good. I I'm I'm dying every couple of weeks for a day or two. Man, if I can jump in for a second, you're not the only person. Uh, recently, I met a couple of people who actually have 
at least similar, let's call it that way, responses to weed, not necessarily with RSO, but let's say, for example, with a joint, joint or a bowl, instead of getting very relaxed, even with very relaxing strains, they get hyped up and their brain basically essentially never stops working. Uh, very unusual to me because, for example, you know, I've said before, I used to have, you know, big sleeping problems, kind of insomnia problems, and weed has essentially cured all of those, basically. It allows me to get into a mental state where I can just kind of shut off my brain and go to sleep. Uh, but how, how do I say this? It's a reminder that everybody's body chemistry is quite different, you know, and everybody's experience is quite different. So I don't know, I guess I'm jumping all over your question, but uh, there are folks who smoke weed and they get fucking amped up and hyper, and it's not necessarily a good thing. You know, so intriguing. Anyway. No, it's not as an uncomfortable feeling, actually, at times, especially, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. Uh, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to eat this brownie and I'm going to go to sleep. And it's like, oh, yeah, these are really strong brownies. And the next thing you know, you're looking at the clock at four o'clock in the morning and it's like, damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. So I'm wondering if some of the things at time six a.m. I'm, so I'm wondering if I'm fading. You taking off, Wes? Cheers, buddy. Yeah, man. Have a good I'll one. See you guys tomorrow. Later. Dream yeah, of those Wes. fancy ass drones. Yeah, Maybe they'll like find <laughs> their way into your truck. Wouldn't that be awesome? If you just have a good one, Wes. Have a good evening. The best. Be sure. Dude, I want to try that. I want to think of like think of fancy drones. And then maybe they will appear. Okay, that's not going to happen. Uh, I was telling Coot about, uh, there's a couple actually uh, fancy new drones coming out. Sony has a new one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one is fancy as balls, though. You got to yeah. spend like 10 grand to, to use it, though. Yeah. And then you have to have a Sony camera, too. That's their little fucking right. thing. You can't have yeah. anything else. But if you do, then you can basically control the Sony camera and everything from the freaking drone. It's, it's amazing. Magical. Oh, it's amazing, but it's like 10 grand. Um. And then there, there was that one that I was showing you. I'm a little bit less in, impressed by the specs. I have to be honest, but it's probably cool because it's you know self, uh, uh, a self autonomous or autonomous. I guess is redundant. Uh, and then there's that Skydio. They've uh, improved their software a bit more, so it's mm-hmm. apparently even more autonomous now. That's kind of chill. Uh, I think they updated their uh, firmware to to have full 4K as well. So that's kind of cool. Oh, it's um, just fun to see the competition in the drums, drone space. I'm see, you're starting to see it. It's cool. Like DJI, everything. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You know, as a hobby, it's expanded so that you can kind of get in at several price points yeah. and set your own budget. I mean, even the $400 DJIs, the mini, or I don't know what the current name is, but you know, their, their entry model. For most people that want to, you know, just do the family at a picnic or a birthday party, I mean, you know, kind of put it in perspective, uh, there's a big market for that. And it's probably a lot of profit. Uh, as technology, you know, you start at the top of your pr- product line and each year it moves down to the next level. Mm-hmm. So after a few years, your entry level models are are showing a lot of uh, performance for what you're paying is all I'm saying. Not everyone needs to spend $1,500 on the latest uh, Mavic Air 3 or whatever the, you know, the current name is. No, the new mini is, is uh, I haven't flown the new mini, but I have the old mini and the old mini is really nice. 
the new Mini is apparently even nicer because it solves all the problems of the old Mini. Basically, it has a better camera, better low light, uh, way better in the wind. The old Mini was very, very stable or is uh, very unstable in the wind. Uh, has a little bit better airtime and so on and so forth, a little bit better software. Uh, realistically, I think for most people, that's that's it. Like the old Mini was, I think, 1080p, which is a little bit long in the tooth because you can't cut it <laughs> anything else. But right. the new one, I think, is full on 4K or even 5K. So it's it's it's, it's plenty better resolution on and on. It's freaking wonderful. And then the Air 2S, there's basically nothing that I can say that's bad about it. Like it's it's, right. it's fucking wonderful. It's really wonderful. Like, and it's rare that I just say something's just fucking wonderful. Honestly, uh, it flies really well. It uh, it's it's annoying because DJI definitely has all these like uh, hand holding features. Basically, mm-hmm. they're excessively there. Uh, uh, they have geofencing and stuff. It won't let you fly in certain areas that you know. Granted, you're not allowed to fly in, but it just it won't let you fly in those areas, even if you had a permit or anything. Sometimes you can't fly anyway. It's a right. little bit frustrating, honestly. Or it'll beep like a fucking savage, just da 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 da, when it's basically ten feet to the ground. And sometimes you would rather that it just not do that when it's ten right. feet to the ground. Perhaps you're taking a picture of something. Uh, I mean, not how do I say this? You you might be over a marsh taking a picture of something and it's still beeping because it thinks you're landing or something. I don't know. So that's DJI. But other than that, it's wonderful. Like the stability, the, the picture quality, the, it has all these features that blow my fucking mind. You can take panoramas and you can take uh, time lapses and all this just gonzo shit. It's amazing. And the thing's like a thousand bucks. You know, I was saying like, uh, I was flying with a friend the other day uh, with the mini and basically showing off. They'd never flown a drone before. And it was blowing their fucking mind. You know, this little $400 drone that, you know, I mean, you can fit it literally in your pocket. Like it's tiny. You can fit it in your freaking pocket. It's tinier than this can of what was this cashews or whatever. It's, you could li- almost literally fit it inside that thing. Uh, and you, you hook up your phone to it and it's a flying camera. It's just, it's magical. It's really wonderful. And those minis actually, uh, you can get away with uh, a lot of stuff that you can't with bigger drones. Like I was going to say that there's a barrier to entry with drones that is unfortunate. Like uh, you do have to get uh, a, a permit, even if you're basically uh, not commercial, you still have to basically get a permit. It's not hard to do, but you have to right, do it. You actually right. have to you know, do it and you know, follow, follow some steps and stuff. And you actually have to follow some rules and so on and so forth. Uh, with the minis, with those little sub 250 gram drones, you still have to follow some rules, but uh, uh, you, it's a little bit right. more flexible. You know, you don't right. have to worry too much about it. You don't have to tell anyone who you are. You know, it's pretty flexible. How far Especially can you go with exos. them? The mini, uh, the new mini apparently is quite a bit farther. The old one, I'm always, that's one of my complaints. I'm always feeling like I'm going to go a little bit too far and lose my drone. So not all that far. But the, what do you think the, the new mini apparently like, is farther, maybe like up to a mile, some of that. The Air 2S, you can actually go like a long way, but you're actually only ever supposed to go as far as you can see your drones. Right. So Line of sight. Yeah. yeah. That's the law or rules of engagement so, i mean yeah i mean it's a it's a gray drone so by the time it's in the fucking gray sky yeah yeah, you know, like yeah. a mile away i mean what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. so that's we're in oregon man yeah we're that's in a, oregon that wasn't the best uh, color option for uh, dji right? was to make the goddamn drones gray right. you're, you're looking up at the yeah gray clouds you're real right. common especially with the coast you know, so. well camouflage i'm gonna try right. buying one of those ones they like utah drones the which ones? I'm gonna think the EXO. I might try it. I mean, smashed the, the everybody. There's how do I say? It? I don't want to. 
I'm saying like 15 different things at once. Um, I've known a lot of folks, like for example, my dad was very much one of those guys who would like to buy the off brand just to see if he could get away with it. And I was just like, man, you know how much fucking money you wasted on those off brands? Like you get shelves of old crappy fucking whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, EXO might be wonderful, but I can tell you that for the money, that little mini DJI is fucking baller. Like you can take that shit to the bank all day, all day, like all day. Dude, I'm not a big fan of it either. You know, I have to be honest with you. It's well, a freaking Chinese company that kind of creeps shit. me out a little bit and stuff. But I mean, their products are lovely, honestly. What's you know? the price point difference between like a DJ <laughs> and like a Pardon? What's the price point between like a DJI and a Build Your Own? Like comparing this to LEDs. Oh, the Build Your Own. So the, those DJIs and stuff that we've been talking about, those are all stabilized drones. So it's kind of a different animal. The FPVs, those are actually quite a bit different because first of all, they're not stabilized. You can you can basically do a lot of different stuff with them. You can put in all kinds of different components. Uh, you can make them fairly inexpensively. So as Smash was talking about, oh, you can make them pretty cheap. You can actually make them fairly cheap. You can make them really expensively. Uh, but uh, how do I say this? Um, the whole flight experience is basically different. So, for example, when you take off with the DJI drone, you literally press a takeoff button and it, it takes off by itself and flies to like, you know, five or six feet or whatever and just hovers. Whereas an FPV drone, from the moment you press the on button, you're in charge. And so you, you take the drone off, you hover, you stabilize it, you do everything else. Um, you have more control with the build your own, but you, for a, a new user, the DJI is a little bit better, kind of thing. Well, if you build your and own, it's also you a different style too. It depends on what you're actually, but you know, it also depends a little bit about what you want too, because the end goal is a little bit important. The FPV drones are delightful for racing. First of all, I mean, you're never going to win anything with those DJI drones because they're literally stabilized with software, even the so-called sport mode or whatever. Uh, but with the FPV drones, you can fly upside down, you can fly sideways, any angle, because I mean, you're in control. Uh, but you won't get those same kind of stabilized level shots that sometimes people are used to, for example, the because DJI kind of mimics those old Hollywood cinematic shots, right? Yeah. These days, people are really into FPV diving shots, right? Where I showed this a couple of weeks ago, maybe with like Mr. Steel, he was in Nepal and he was just diving off the cliffs and stuff. I fucking love that, that scenery. That's a fairly new technology with the whole, they use the FPV goggles and and, and it's the, the live connection to the drone. It's honestly new. They never really used to do that with helicopters or anything else. Uh, how do I say that? You won't get that perspective with any of the DJI drones. That's not true. DJI now does have an FPV uh, version, mm -hmm. like an FPV drone. And you pay, apparently it's really good, but at the downside, you can't really replace the parts. So if you crash it and people <laughs> always crash FPV drones, you have to send it that back. That sounds like DJI. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, but sure. uh, you, you can get the DJI care refresh or whatever, but you know, still. Whatever, which is actually nice. I have to be honest. So, for example, I don't have to worry. Like, I so far have not crashed by drones in any meaningful way. Like, I've bumped them into stuff a few times and thought, oh, shit. But actually, they were totally fine. They're super resilient. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you pay for the insurance, and famously on this show, I was like, oh, shit, I got to buy my plate. And I was all mysterious because <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a nerd that one time. Anyway, but I bought my my drone insurance, and oh. I can lose my drone, like, twice. And then, you know, I still oh, wow. 50 bucks or whatever. But wow. like if I was just a dipshit and lost it or ran out of battery or, you know, yeah, there's yeah, some conditions yeah. involved, but yeah. yeah. So that's actually kind of cool. Well, yeah. So I mean, that is for yeah. what it's worth. That is the kind of stuff that you do get with, let's say the big, bad market dominant leader, which they are right. Like they're, the, they're probably the bad guy on the block. Is one person explained to me and they owned a, uh, a retail shop 
here in uh, before they moved over to West Lynn. They're focused on radio control, as they call them, RC and stuff, whatever. And it was their description of DJI is perfect. Some of the best phones you can get from the biggest assholes in the industry. So great clones, but their management and trying to deal with it, whatever, they weren't, uh, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Leave it at that. But I don't know. It's a modern world. And, you know, how do I say this? You always have to be mindful that some of this weird misinformation can just honestly be, or uh, how do I say this? Um, What am I trying to say? I'm trying to paraphrase two conversations that I've had. Some of, for example, my, I don't know why Smash dislikes DJI, but I'm, a, I'm just creeped out because I feel like they might be over incentivized by the communist government of China to just kind of take over everything. I feel like it's just, it's just strange and convenient that they can have all this wonderful technology and it creeps me out that, that they will have that. However, it's entirely possible that I'm being basically misinformed by a, a cultural propaganda. I mean, the Cold War is, is, is basically still active. It's a new kind of cyber Cold War, right? And everybody is essentially fighting against everybody. This is, this is quite well known. China's fighting against us. We're fighting against them and so on. And I just learned this vividly the other day. I'm super into space and stuff. And I actually did not know or had super duper deeply forgotten to the point that I don't know anymore uh, that China has an actual lander on the moon. I had no fucking idea, like literally no idea. And there was this tiny little blurb in some website that I happened to fucking check the other day. I don't even remember where. And they were talking about, oh, China sampled some uh, soil on the moon uh, and there was some water in it. That was the story. And I was like, wait, 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 what? It was like, since when is there a lander on the moon? Sure enough, they have a fucking lander on the moon. So I've been basically... Uh, uh, propagandized, or at least, I don't know, my consent has been manufactured, let's call it that way, to essentially just think like Big Bad China or something. You know, I have to be mindful of that sometimes, you know, like maybe DJI is run by the coolest people in the world, you know, like, how do I put this? Like, fuck, there's there's normal entrepreneurs and normal people in every country in the world, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough world we live in, too. I, I don't know. I guess I'm babbling a little bit, but well, uh, you guys feel what I'm talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I'm scared. Like, it Dude, I'm kind of nervous to be on TikTok. Like, you know what I mean? Hundred percent, same kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have a point. I'm gonna have to have China. five accounts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Government in China, not the people. Something. You know. Yeah, look at it. Yeah, I mean, people, people are people. That's a straight up right. thing. Uh, the, the end of it. Sure. I play a golf game. It's my favorite game. It's from China. Mm. I don't want to play golf. Game I do play, but you know, I spend money on. I spend money on it. I have spent. We went to the go karts, and I really like. I saw a golf simulator, and I was like, I really want to try it. Yeah, that extreme golf, and they got extreme golf in them. Uh, well, Sutton, nobody, nobody. So I tried out or top golf. Oh, Fumi went. Fumi got drunk and played golf, like putt putt. I love golf. Putt putt golf. That was fun. <laughs> they have some cool ones nowadays. They're really cool, like mini golf courses. And it's inside, so you can play year round. Mm. The Chinese yeah. government is not cool whatsoever at all. No, no, no. They, they, they have literal active, like, literal active uh, uh, yeah. what do you even call them? I mean, they're basically concentration camps for the Uyghurs. It's not yeah, an exaggeration. Literal, it's not something like, oh, Fumi, you're being such a fucking exaggeration. No, look this shit up. Yeah. 
Oh, they probably yeah. spill their they name. They got right organ yeah. harvesting and everything. I mean, they're, do they they're, do? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Full set, uh, what is it, Unit 732 or whatever? Really? They're, they're full yeah. about it. Man, they ain't fucking yeah. around. Yeah. And yeah. the other being that being that as, as it may, imagine the people that come from that. Okay. So you really can't trust that they're going to be like us to where they're, they are truly, truly fearful of their government. Okay. So they're not don't think, think they're not problem. Yeah, it, exactly. So don't, don't think. Yeah. Cause I, I knew this. Um, so my wife races bicycles and this, uh, this this uh, lady that was on a foreign exchange from UC Davis, uh, she wasn't exactly a student, but she wasn't. She was just there to learn. But she was. Uh, but anyways, she's from China, and she didn't want to do anything American except for doing the bicycle racing type of thing. Hmm. She didn't want to go do hamburgers. She didn't want to go do go to any of the American um, to any of the American grocery stores or to any of the American restaurants. She would, she went to the Chinese um, grocery stores. She went to, and, and only ate what she cooked. She didn't want to try anything or do anything other than what she was doing with the cycling. And she had, that's very common regardless of your, your culture too, though. So like when I was in Zimbabwe and Jamaica and other places that are, you know, out of the way, anything that's outside of their norm is just not going to be uptaken. So even if you bring in mm-hmm. some super awesome vegetable or some exotic fish, that's going to be good for them uh, health wise. If they haven't seen it before, especially cultures that are not westernized, are completely averse to it. Like they only are down for shit that they know is safe to eat. And if it's not, not uh, they're not going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. And there's a whole education component to that. The same way that we have with like the cannabis stuff and trying to get people past, you know, THC numbers. Um, you have the same kind of struggle with vegetable stuff simply because you think about it this way. If you're a poorer person, food safety is a much bigger issue. Right. So you're, you're, you're there. There's actually legitimate reasons for them not wanting to try more diverse foods, not just, Hey, I haven't seen that before, but also like, Hey, that might actually make me sick. Um, and, and if you think about it in that context, it makes more sense, but that is a huge, enormous barrier, especially when you're talking about poorer communities. And I'm sure that captain 420 has seen this in, in Southeast Asia as well. Like if they haven't been exposed to a certain vegetable or fruit or fish, like forget it. It might not as, might as well not exist unless it's some ultra gourmet thing, and it's presented as as some uh, elegant or high class product. Forget it. It's just it's doomed to to, to fail. Yeah, and her parents. I'm sorry, you said were, it right there, potent. It, it has to be presented in a high class manner for them to accept it. If they think it, it's expensive then they'll try it. If you present it as just a regular table dish, that table dish is going to sit there and everything else is going to be gone. Well, that would make sense because her her parents were high-ranking government officials. So, 
um, that she said that she grew, she had her parents had a house that was on the top or on one of the upper floors of a tall building in, in the, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the place, but it was a city over there, one of the big cities. Uh, the upper class of whatever city that is is going to be more traditionally used to trying new things that are exotic than mm-hmm. someone in a local fish market, right? Like it's just right. a wholly yeah. different customer base. We ran into a huge Dude. bomb in Jamaica with trying to yeah. grow stuff that was more westernized. Are the only people that would buy it were the fucking resorts because they were the, yeah, only the best fish market. The fuck we were growing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very frustrating because we were growing super super great vegetables that were cheaper than what most of the people could buy it for in terms of what even in jamaican dollars but we couldn't sell it hmm. that's what like I, every, everywhere i've heard and over here like the best fish you got to get to the docks early 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 in the morning when they're coming like off the docks to unload it and shit like you want to catch it before it gets into the market pretty much because you can that, that yeah, probably explains i've always wondered they'll sell it to you they'll sell it to the guy that has a fucking stall they don't give a fuck right. captains will sell it to whoever i've always wondered about that with the the best sushi places right and they always make this the, the, this whole port of point of pride right like they, they show it off they're on there. the movies and youtube and whatever they're there at like four o'clock in the morning yep. when they're literally Every unloading day. the fish off the boat and i'm like why like why couldn't that place just hold your fucking fish for you but I don't know. I guess it's just how it is. You know, I, I, I would think there would be some kind of relationship. Like, okay, if they know that the freaking chef so-and-so is coming today, uh, we will set aside the best fish for him. But I, I get this at the same time. Like, I don't know. I, I guess they don't know. Well, what's your experience, Guerrero? Like, how do you say this? Uh, uh, why is it that the sushi chef has to be there that fucking early? Like, couldn't the place... Not, every, not, not everyone. Nope. That's okay. not true. There are some that... One of the most uh, famous sushi chefs waits to the very end of the day and goes and gets his uh fish then um because he wants his fish to taste like fish he doesn't want he says why have stuff you can't taste so he wants his stuff to taste like fish and he's one of the most top uh sushi chefs in, in the world um they have a a uh, movie or on uh, Netflix about him. Um, I can't think of his name because I've taken like eight or nine, ten bong rips. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. His, on this show, we say you're welcome for that. That's the whole point. Yeah. By the way, cheers, Coop. Yes. He's still listening. Have a good one. Uh, who uh, you were saying on YouTube or Netflix? No, no, Between... Netflix. Yeah, Telecoms on Netflix. It's uh. Oh man, I don't have Netflix anymore. Oh. Uh, I want to say Yuri or so uh, let's bring this up after I got a question I was going to wait till you're done but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't remember his name I'm not going to he's Japanese it's a, it's a Japanese name I don't remember his name so yeah are you talking about Hiroyuki Tirada yeah I think so Hero, yeah, you know that. The, yeah, the Iron Chef. All right, what's uh, what was the story? Because I've been subscribed no. to that guy literally for like freaking fifteen years. Yeah, uh, he, Hero, Hero, yeah, H yeah. I R O, something like that. Yep, that's him. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said that he does. He waits until the end of the day. Oh no, shit. 
Interesting. Yeah. And then he goes and gets the fish and that way, cause it, it tastes better. Um, he said he wants the, the taste. He wants you to be able to taste the fish that he's hmm. giving you. And then he picks whatever, whichever ones that are left. He, then he makes his venue on that. Oh, no way. I'm thinking of YouTube. You, you might be thinking of the that movie like uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember, man. The irony is that I've never actually <laughs> seen that movie. Everyone said, oh, my God, you have to see that movie. I never wanted to see that movie because I was like, dude, I'm never going to be able to have sushi that good. And then I'm going to be super pissed off because I really love sushi. So I'm going to be super pissed off that I can't have sushi that good. So I'm like, man, I just, I can't. I just, yeah. I can't. So I've, to this day, I haven't actually seen that fucking movie. But evidently... By the way, Jiro is supposed to be a super racist. He doesn't like anybody but Japanese people, but he'll yeah, yeah, serve you for money. He'll serve you because, yeah. you know, $20 is $20. So uh, yeah. anyway, he'll serve you if you make a reservation six months ahead of time or whatever. I think he's retired now. But uh, uh, anyway, he yeah. was supposedly the best sushi in the world. And his sushi place was literally just this hole in the wall in the, like the, the Tokyo subway. or I, I can't remember what city it was in. But uh, anyway, it was just, like literally like a hole in the wall subway restaurant. Right. There's like five seats. Obama ate there like freaking prince of this country. Prince of that country would go there. There's they were like that five Boston. seats. That's hilarious. It, it, it seats eight people. And That's it's only hilarious. open for lunch during the business hours. It's only open from like 1030 in the morning until I think five. That's it. Hmm. And then they close. And it's so, so good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is a line literally going down to State Street every single afternoon. And that's a good, you know, 100 feet people going away and on wow. their lunch hour. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. What's uh, what's so tasty about it? What's so good? What do you like it? I don't know. To be like? honest, it's been about 20 years since I've been there. I went there like twice. And um, I just remember it being just so fresh. And, um, you know, my uh, Lynn at the time, she was telling me, um, like, it's this whole place. I mean, she's the one who really kind of knew everything about it. But I had never really had, like, really good sushi like that before. Just melted in your mouth. The flavors exploded. Each one were individual. Um, just, uh, just, it was just, I just can't even describe it from what I remember about it. But that was 20 years ago. And I know it's still there. Because mm. I go by it every once in a while still. And it's like, oh, I got to go in there. Never have time. No, but yeah, I had the in the tempura with me. That was like the first time I had really super, like real tempura. The veggies, and, uh, the shrimp. Oh my god! <laughs> and the and the you know obviously the uh, the sauces or the dipping, you know, whatever you want to call them. I just remember them being just really good, not too salty, you know. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the uh, green stuff there, yeah, miso. Is that what it is? What is it <laughs> uh, wasabi. Oh, yeah, maybe wasabi. Yeah, miso miso. Mm-hmm. No, no, wasabi. Yeah, the wasabi. Have you ever like, seen someone just right eat right real hot like wasabi on accident? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're on purpose, too. I, 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 had, I, I saw a kid drink a whole bottle of Frank's Red Hot. It was like a whole, like a pint. Styrofoam bowl, and he literally, for like two and a half, three days, was regretting every second of it. The moment the last swallow went down, he was, you know, because all it is is vinegar and 
to get the Tabasco, you know, just cheap. Get the hottest chip in the world <laughs> challenge. Yeah. Come eat with me. Any, any come fits. In. No, we got right. Come eat with me for okay. a couple weeks in Thailand. Let's see what a hot is, huh? I'll throw it. <laughs> okay, so be down, Thai man. food is one of my favorite food. food on this planet. Right. Thai food. Love it. I like rice. Love it. Any of the sticky rice. I gotta be careful. Korean. Like acid fucks with me bad. Like anything like acidic Oh, really? Yeah, so then peppers and tomatoes. Yeah, that's true. A lot of folks uh, can't. I dread that if I ever, oh man, if if that ever happens to my gut, I'll be so freaking unhappy. Uh, I agree. I I freaking love spicy food, man. Holy shit. Uh, Tomatoes. Love tomatoes. People say, love oh, tomatoes. too acidic, yeah. whatever. Fuck. Oh. I'll have buffalo. I'll have some buffalo style once in a while, but it's rare. I would be like, I guess I'm dying. What's that, Greer? I said, I guess I'll be like, as I'm eating salsa and chips and salsa, right. I guess I'm dying today. Right. <laughs> yeah, like tomorrow, like you get that greasy pizza. With like the extra, like no. the sauce, it's like greasy as hell. That just fucks your stomach up, or mine at least. Well, even then, though, I I feel like it depends on what kind of grease it is. Because I've noticed that there's some greasy pizzas uh, uh, that are not like that. They don't give you heartburn or indigestion, or whatever. And there's some greasy pizzas that, as soon as you start eating them, you're like, <laughs> and I feel like it basically has to do with the ingredients, doesn't it? Like uh, if it's basically bullshit in, it's bullshit out. Like we have some, I mean, we're blessed with really, really good fucking pizzas around here. They make their own bread. They, uh, I guess they don't make their own pepperoni, but I mean, they find it locally. They make their own sauce. They don't put too much garbage on there. Yeah, right. You know, instead of being seriously, knock on block crap. Yo, I worked at a place that only did, so they did like mozzarella and something else, cheddar maybe, (laughs) a white cheddar. And they mix mozzarella and white cheddar together. It was not bad, but a bad combo. I mean, cheddar is a wonderful cheese. It's way under. Really greasy though. I bet that's a, that's a lot of the reason well, why you're getting like that white. Like if you're going to a pizza place, they're mixing cheeses most of the time. It's not yeah. pure mozzarella. My mother shit. made me a cheese pie once with all the different cheddars for the wheel. Mm. Cheese pie and an onion pie too. That was awesome. Man, was that <laughs> you could have a sliver of it, and it was like so rich, just heavy, with all cheddar cheeses. <laughs> oh man, good aged cheddar. We're blessed out here, honestly, yes. too, to have good uh, cheese. We have a, a few different ones, and one of the biggest ones is Tillamook, which is kind of an odd place. Mm-hmm. It's like a milk collective, basically, and uh, their uh, sharp is already uh, really sharp for some people, but their ultra uh, sharp white is fucking mm-hmm. amazing it has the depth of flavor of a fine parmesan yeah. you know it chris actually yeah it's, it's pretty famous around the country uh yeah. it is absolutely here i'll be maybe show a picture of it uh, yeah. the black one uh, uh black package yeah yeah the yep. cheese is, is is white but the package is is uh black yeah really, mm-hmm. really nice cheese well you gotta still say what this a lot of people think i don't know a lot of people think cheddar's yellow i like extra shot white no, that's, that's the just that's just some of it's the rennet. Can I um, also mention um, a, a special note? If you're in Washington State on the 14th of January, the state is actually putting up up uh, the, an open session with the legislature 
was the gaming, hold on, let me make sure I quote this right. Gaming and whatever board that's responsible for cannabis. Ooh, they're talking good. about passing oh, yeah. a bill. And I, I don't remember the bill number. You'll have to forgive me on this. Um, but um, we'll allow farmers and small producers to sell directly to consumers on site. So if people want to come visit your farm, tour your farm and buy some weed, that will be legal if they pass the bill that's being proposed. So if you are in Washington state, get out there and, and help support it at the uh, state legislature uh, on the 14th. They have a, a bunch of hearings on it. And if you go out there and, and help, you know, represent the people that are small producers that want to have a stake in the market, it, you know, you want to posting on Facebook is great. Posting an IG is great. Get your ass out of your seat and go down to the legislature and do something that's actually going to help fix stuff. Like we people bitch about it and talk about it entirely too much on Facebook. None of that actually changes anything, but this is something you can do in, you know, two days from now that'll actually change the law. So if you're able to, please get out. Yeah, but you know what the, the thing is? That. I've noticed a lot nowadays. It's like people don't care if it doesn't affect them. No, no, no. no. This is the difference between France and Austria or Australia and the United States. And again, I'm not trying to stir the pot. But if you look at some of the COVID restrictions uh, and you look at the protests going on over there, instead of bitching about it online, they got the fuck into the streets and went and protested in person, right? And whether or not you agree with that or not is irrelevant. They got out of their ass and went out and marched in the streets and did something about it. So, so this is, but in France, it doesn't matter if it's COVID or if it's elections or, or whatever. Even when uh, uh, yeah, the, the terrorists, no, I, I don't like every time Putin throws in the freaking. Every time Putin throws in the freaking rah rah rah. I'm just annoyed by this Putin now because. I realize I'm talking over him, but I'm just I'm fucking annoyed now because I'm like fuck. I feel morally obliged every time you bring up the rah 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 anti-vax. I'm like, dude, now I got to spend ten minutes talking about how vaccines actually work and shit. I like, thought of a better example so that I could move it away from that. The the French one when the um the French newspaper got attacked by the asshole jihadists, right? Mm-hmm. The French people showed really up the next it. day and protested and said this is wrong, right? Like it doesn't matter what the reason is. Like that that was my point. Is it doesn't matter what they're pissed off about. Yeah. If they feel that something is wrong, they go into the streets and say that it's yeah. wrong. Whether or not it's right or wrong is irrelevant. What my point is is that their culture for getting off out into the streets is different in the United States and in Europe. They take their democracy seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take they take democracy seriously in a way that we do not in the states, and that is something that I respect a hundred percent. Whether or not I even agree with the reasoning for their doing it, even if it was you know, and things I disagree with, um, I, I respect the fact that they're willing to get out and do it. And the United States has lost that. If we had it. Things would change faster here. And, and that's something I would love the United States to fucking learn in Europe and Australia. Get the fuck into the streets. Stop posting on Facebook and Instagram. It doesn't fucking matter. Go do something about it. That, that's I hear Occupy was about. I got arrested at Occupy, right? A lot of people just posted about it. Big fucking difference. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm happy you guys did that. Everybody that doesn't have a criminal record. It was your priority. That's great that they went and did that. But some people have a 
a extensive criminal record and they can't be going out hey, there. Yeah, yeah man, don't, don't get the case, man, or a third strike. I'm, I, I, I fully respect <laughs> that. I, I, I didn't encourage anybody to put themselves out, but if you have the luxury of standing up and fighting, do it. Yeah. If you don't have a criminal record, if you're in the by U- all means, if you're in the U.S., be careful because the cops will shoot you with a fucking rubber bullet nowadays. <laughs> if you wear enough layers, it ain't that bad. Shut up, dude. A 40 millimeter hurts, motherfucker. No, 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 no. You know what hurts worse than the little bullet? I haven't been shot by both of them. You know what hurts worse than the little ones is those big fucking baton rounds as long as they get you at close range. Those fucking suck. No, yeah, the you. forty millimeter grenade launchers. They like were, this they big were whacking people on the head. You guys didn't see that? They were whacking people over the head with fucking actual batons. Speaking of batons, I'm not fucking with that shit anymore. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit different now. It's like, I don't know. It's hard, you know. I, like, the baton really, round is like a, they're shot out of the M2. It's give and take. Uh, what What do you want to fight for? And it's fucking yeah, big, man. It's like the size of a fucking cue ball. That shit sucks. You know what was genius? The leaf blowers. That was mm. freaking genius. Yeah, it was. When I saw them with the leaf blowers, I was like, I laughed. I laughed. I really did. I was like, fuck yeah. I was you. like, the cops were tear gassing them every single day. They were giving them uh, yeah. uh, five minutes, 10 minutes to disperse. And then basically, they were giving them 10 minutes to disperse. And after five minutes, throwing tear gas out. It was just garbage. I mean, just garbage tactics to peaceful citizens. You know, I, I can't believe that people would do that, but whatever. Uh, and the, the citizens, instead of taking it, they basically brought leaf blowers the next day. And <laughs> just blew the fucking tear gas. Also I, no, I distinctly remember that being more after they, Remember when all the moms came out and tried to stop yeah. the stuff and the police just shot yeah. them anyway? Yeah, it was man. the day after yeah. that, and it was like yeah. the dads. The yeah. dads are like, fuck this, we got leaf blowers. <laughs> this is a common thing actually people are always surprised by this because people always say oh my god they they hear all this crazy shit and they think that you know portland is run by antifa or some weird dumb garbage that they hear on the news portland is a very peaceful city and anybody that's protesting against this stuff if you were to talk to them you would actually find a lot of them are quite normal this whole uh, balaclava wearing antifa thing it's fucking scare tactics uh a lot of times you'll find uh this is a trend in very many liberal cities and you'll look around the country you'll see LAPD uh, Portland Seattle there's a number of different very uh, liberal cities that have surprisingly let's call them reactionary police departments and it's this basically push and pull where the police basically how do I say this the whole police culture sees itself a bit separately to the rest of us and they end up pushing out the most liberal members that basically join up their their ranks. And so folks that would be, let's say, a nice progressive cop or whatever, end up getting kicked out. And, you know, they might go somewhere else. They might go to a small town and be a surprisingly progressive cop for that uh, uh, conservative community. That's also kind of the, the other side of this story. But the liberal cities have these increasingly reactionary and increasingly conservative police forces to the point that, for example, Portland is somewhat notorious for this. The city of Portland is quite liberal. The PPD is actually quite conservative. So it's a very, very strange push-pull. And when you have these kind of protest environments, you have a weird fucking clash right away. Whereas in a lot of other places, they wouldn't have had the police tear-gassing the fucking moms. They would have been like, wait, what are we doing? Why why are we (laughs) tear-gassing? They would have stopped and asked themselves, right? But here, they've gotten rid of the people that would have stopped and asked themselves. 
Well, see, that's the problem with police is they're like a not a... They had the vets there. They would just stand up for the vets that would protest. Well, most other Western nations are... Uh, okay, first world nations have outlawed the use of chemicals also banned by the goddamn Geneva Convention, hmm. which includes tear gas. A lot of people don't know that. Tear gas and pepper spray are explicitly prohibited in war and considered war crimes under the Chemical Weapons Warfare Act. So you cannot use those in warfare. I can't, they couldn't use those in Iraq or Afghanistan. Just to give you an idea of the shit that they're using against civilians in the United States. Yeah, those those are, are illegal in warfare. We, I'm sorry. Carcinogens warfare, the police shouldn't be able to use them either. I understand the reasoning for their usage. I think in maybe in a handful of extreme cases and attacks on embassies or other foreign interests, maybe it's justified, maybe, but they shouldn't be their opening volley. You're giving them the idea just to get more hornets nests over and over again. Like this shit needs to get wrangled into under control. Like oh, the universe wants to guess you here's a hornet. Out of control with this shit. And granted, we're a hell of a lot better than when we were in the 50s and 60s with police dogs, but. Austria just used police dogs and protesters two weeks ago, so it's not like that shit's fucking fully gone either. That's why police should be selective service. Police, you shouldn't be, it should be everybody's a police officer. Everybody becomes a police officer where, listen, no, no, no. And you only have to do it for a couple of years. No, okay. no, you gotta have these. These guys need to have degrees in law. Simply, they need to have an associate. What they need to do is yeah, give give place. law enforcement. If you want to be in law enforcement, you need associates in law. But you don't need to have anything fancy. You just gotta have a basic goddamn understanding of how this shit's supposed to work. Well, I then, even have to get a bachelor's because I think yeah, even in a lot of other countries, actually, Denmark and UK, you have to actually have like an associate's. I think. Yeah, most countries you have to have a minimal of an associate's degree in law. And then you have to go through two to three years of training. Like Canada requires three years of training as a cadet before you're graduated to a police officer. Okay. Why is it so hard? Your education is not going to stop you from becoming jaded. Your education, when it's time on the job is going to, you're going to start seeing crap, crap, crap all the time. You're just going to be numb to the crap. It did. Your education is not going to stop human. Your your oh no, no, your no, instinct and your point. humanness. The reason for having the police that need to know that the they law. Have no excuse. Yeah, it's so that they know the law and have no excuse not to know the law. If I know he has a, 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 a associates in law, he has no excuse to ever violate the law or not know the law. As far as I'm concerned, it means that he he is now you know absolved of any claim that he doesn't know what he should do. Yeah, they don't even get to learn everything in there. Like, their That's courses the are most, so... Most police departments are, just to back up what, what you're saying, most police departments are 12 to 16 weeks for training. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? Nothing. It's really nothing. And they're, and they're cosmetologists cosmetologist need more. That's the cosmetologist nothing. has to have more hours yeah. to do your hair. Exactly. And plus, fuck? police are not meant to be the, the Swiss Army knives. They're they don't carry blunt they don't have power to lock you up. Exactly. They don't have. They're asked to do like, too much. They're asked to too do much. too many different Way roles that they're never much. trained to do. And that's what it comes down to: is that we need more diversity in um, uh, employment positions in police departments. Police departments yeah. need to be more diverse in terms of the background skills of training in the police departments. And that would go a long way. In fact, 
Matt, was it Massachusetts or Rhode Island this week? I think uh, 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 New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That's what it was. New Hampshire posted that ninety-two percent of the police-involved shootings last year involved people with a mental health crisis that had a previous background in, in uh, mental health care. So mm-hmm. these are people that were already on prescription drugs, are already known to police, are already known to the, the, the otherwise the health department for having mental illness. Right? Why the fuck are they getting shot? Yeah, that's just Ronald Reagan. There was a kid that was walking like his parents called. He was having a mental breakdown, and his parents, the cops, knew him. They've been there before. He tried to like. He's like ghetto. Like he was acting crazy. Like I know they had to do their job, but he like pulled out a little like Swiss Army knife and tried to like like go at him. Yeah, that mm-hmm. didn't end well. Yeah, there's an old saying, you know. I think Bob, I know what you're talking Bob's about. A, Foster a hammer, you know. The old saying goes, the hammer will always find a nail. You know? And it's basically what's up to But no, they're all talking One of the few professions, their job is to literally look for trouble. And be suspicious. You're going to find what you're looking for. Look for suspicious shit. That's what they do. Like, that's what they're trained to do. They're trained to see things or... Or what they say are things. That's why they pull people over or this or that. They look at you. Please deal with statistics. So they 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 see a black male. They're going to say, I have more likelihood right. to bust this dude than if I pull over a white dude. So I'm going to pull over more black dudes. And it's wrong. They shouldn't do that. It yeah, shouldn't be about that. that. Is, it shouldn't be, they yeah. shouldn't have to go fishing and shit. There's a problem with keeping records like that because, you know, across the board, you, you know, it's very hard because of their contracts and all that crap with the union. But they don't have to give out specific numbers on certain things. Most of the police force, you know, um, you know, you know, counties and cities out there, they don't have to do it. So it's hard to get those numbers. They need to make body cams required. If you, the moment your shift starts, you hit the on button, and mm-hmm. it goes off when your shift ends. And no offense or buts, I don't give a shit if no, you're they, in the bathroom. They whatever, shouldn't have like, control. I don't even think they should have control of like, on and off. And, I think and it you should. You know what else is interesting? There was a recent case where they're like, in. "Oh, we should be able to review yeah. the footage." You unplug really? it; it's on. Why the fuck do you need to review the footage any more than the fucking perp does? You don't exactly. That's bullshit. That means you're looking for something that you might have did wrong. You don't need to view that before the court does. And that's something else I think needs to happen. The the, the video of that should be live, streamed back to the, the, the DA, basically, and the main courtroom. And the police shouldn't have access to that. Their behavior, they know what they did. They should have to recall that just the same as the perpetrator does from memory. I'm sorry, fair is fair. If the police get a chance to review the fucking tape and the perpetrator doesn't, you tell me who's got a fair fucking chance at trial. That's bullshit. Like that's because you got always believes the police officer over anybody. There, it's you have to have a lawyer. Always issue. It's it's that bad in our in our system where you have to have a lawyer to fight things. That I have one on speed dial. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Be a rush if you they, have to have it be a rush, though. You have to. It, right. If you're going to get in trouble, you have to have a lawyer that you can call. For all the First of all, my father-in-law's attorney. <laughs> and it shouldn't be the loudest name in your state either. Like, if there's one guy who's known for being the loudest weed lawyer, don't pick him. He's usually not a good lawyer. 
That's why he's the loudest. <laughs> Oklahoma, the loudest one in Oklahoma is a fucking moron. I basically tarred and feathered him in a fucking thing he was talking at. He was telling people to directly violate state law. And I said, I interrupted his talk and was like, the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Why? How can you be a lawyer and come up on stage and tell people to directly violate state law on camera and then tell people that, like, they're going to beat that in court? No, you follow the fucking law and then you debate them in court after the fact and hope they change their mind. You don't not comply. Right. That's how you lose your fucking license. Like, that is not a yeah. fucking dare that you want to fucking play. That is a very expensive dare and a very idiotic dare that has fucking huge legal ramifications if you lose that dare. Probably saying the time that I don't no 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 Sam I'm not against police at all. I've said this there are good police and there are bad police and it's different because the only problem between the good and the bad is they're <laughs> on the same force and you don't rat on a brother and it's like a gang. Oh, kind of. And now it does I mean, seem to be a big part police. of it. Yeah. They have contracts. <laughs> they don't have to say anything, man. They can shoot you. I mean, I've, Dude, I've heard this they before. Beat you up, uh, all they have to say really is resisting. Well, a really good friend of mine growing up was uh, a long time. He shifted from uh, one position to another, and he ended up being like a a, a, a a teacher, I guess, at the academy and whatever else. And I think he'd been a. a uh, a cop and a deputy and whatever else and a lot of different stories and one of the stories that he basically talked he had a lot of grim stories about you know beheadings and stuff that we were all like oh tell us more blah 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 but uh, uh, he would talk about essentially the, the the fact that you would never ever in any way basically betray another cop like for any reason for any reason you might look the other way you might really dislike it you might whatever else and i remember being really puzzled by that because it didn't really make a lot of sense the dude seemed to be a very just and you know kind and decent whatever else dude his son was cool or everything else i think he had two kids i can't remember it's been a long time right now but anyway family seemed chill but this seemed really weird it was like dude like so what, like if they what, robbed a bank and, and it was just the cops robbing the bank? I don't know, I'm probably thinking of a stupid example right now. But uh, I just, I remember thinking like they could, they felt like they could get away with it and they wouldn't rat on their, man, it's been like 20 fucking years. I don't remember any of the details. How many police officers, kids you think have gotten away with shit? They shouldn't have, like drunk driving or something stupid, oh, getting sure. pulled over yeah. Yeah, it happens. It's no, just I was part of say a little job. ago. It's it's difficult to talk about this kind of stuff because you know if there is a cop in the audience, they will probably feel a little bit offended. They'll feel a little bit assaulted and so on. Or if there are any uh, family of cops and stuff, and I've met plenty of nice cops, but at the yeah. same time, you have to realize just about all of us have had at least a few experiences where we felt the terrifying authority of the cops in a very <laughs> way, right? Or perhaps it was even in a just way, and we still didn't feel that it was entitled. Like, for example, in, in a weed circumstance, there's a few people in the chat that I know were thrown away for weed charges. I don't think any of us feel that that's just, even if the, the cops were, quote-unquote, justified to do that, right? And so there's a probably a lifelong antipathy to that, right? Charlie's Farms freaking raising his hands right there. But even then, let's assume that we're not breaking any laws. Any number of us have been, you know, pulled over by a cop that had a freaking complex or this or that. I've said a few times, you know, that I've had all kinds of weird issues. I've said before that my parents' house got raided when I was like 14 years old for weed. My parents had, and I can promise you, nothing to do with weed. And we found out basically that they raided us. Essentially, they thought that we had a, a heat bloom, like a grow in our basement. It was a fucking, it was a pellet stove. 
And I, I know this because I, you know, my, my room was in the basement. I knew everything about that house. I knew from top to bottom, there were no hidden rooms in that house. They raided us and they were, they were douchey about it. They were real, real douchey. They came at like five o'clock in the morning, guns drawn, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my, my room was in the basement and they freaking knocked on my windows and I was in my tidy whities. Like they woke me up and I'm just standing there. Like they wouldn't let me put my pants on or anything. I didn't know what the fuck's going on. And, uh, and they were yelling and screaming and they were like, they're, 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 I think two and a half hours. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah. It does not say, and that was one of several stories. You know what I mean? Like I had cops pull me over for driving while out of townie. You know what I mean? Like literally that, like just being an out of townie pretty much. And they just give me a fucking laundry list. Yeah. Of How many, I used to get pulled over for being in town. How many <laughs> times have you had the cops draw guns on you? That's, I got, I got three uh, on mine. How many times have you got? Uh, uh, I, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a gun drawn on me. That would have been well, a little bit worse. Uh, yeah. I can tell you the first, first time. time yeah, that's not was, uncommon. I was my first time I was catching koi out of a pond. So <laughs> the first time was I in back of a church. Right to my head. Uh, I, okay, you, I'll tell you the story. Okay, so well, I guess that time. All right, I guess I All right. This, that time. this is a twelve-year-old. Twelve, a twelve-year-old kid all right so i go to a new school right and i'm in the opportunity school program i'm in the bad kid class and the guys are all like hey let's skip school i'm all like cool let's go and we 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 go down down into downtown area and these guys i've just known them for one day one day maybe two that's it. I'm new at the school and I go out with these guys and we end up going downtown and these guys are in the stealing cars at 12 and 13 years old. And these guys get me to start trying to steal a car. Never even heard of stealing cars. I was like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. They're like, yeah, just do this right here, do that. And I'm over here trying to pry open the car door. Uh, I'm trying to pull or pry open the car door by the jam. I had no idea that they're trying to tell me to stick it into the keyhole. So I'm trying to pry the door door open. And next thing I'm going, I'm going back to them to go talk to them. I'm like, dude, this shit ain't working. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And all of a sudden, from all directions, police cars come flying in. And they coming in like with their shotguns pulled like this. Get on the ground. And then the other one was like, no, stand up. Get on the ground. I'm like this, doing going, doing calisthenics out there and shit, not knowing what to do. I'm 12 years old. I don't know crap. I don't know jack crap. Okay. And and I'm doing this, and I didn't even know what the hell is going on. It was crazy. Never, and that was the first time ever having a gun pulled on me. Hmm. It was uh, fun times. I think the worst situations are when they, like they're you've already given up, and you're sitting there, and you're like, "All right, I'm done. I don't really want to do this." And they're like, "Stop resisting! Stop resisting!" <laughs> And they're fucking grabbing your arm and it's going back here and they go, 
That's, I don't even know what I was doing there. I wish I wasn't even I, there. Listen, I, was... <laughs> I learned a long time ago. If the cops are going to do something, they're going to do it no matter how angry, how disorderly I am. Lay the fuck down. Sometimes there's, other, there's certain situations. But if they're coming right after me and they know it's me or something like that, they they have lay the fuck down, deal with it in court. Give up. Yeah. I don't. Hey. I, I've ran. Yeah, running sucks. <laughs> you know what you know I mean? Videos? You just get beat up. Yeah. You know those videos where they go like this? Fast in this moment, in this moment, I'm about he that knows bolt. Up. <laughs> How about that fast? I had him, but my pants fell down. Uh, I'm serious. I jumped over a fence and my pants went, whew. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, Folks in the chat, some of them aren't liking it. I don't know, man. How do I say this? First of all, there's there's never a subject that everybody's going to like, most likely. But uh, still, I don't know. I I like the fact that we're able to talk about all kinds of stuff on this show, you know, and uh, we don't yell and scream about it. You know what I mean? And and a lot of times the subject is something that folks don't like. You know, Potent will talk about some vax shit, and then we have to bring up the freaking, you know, pro-vax stuff to, to, to counter the, the nonsense. Or, you know, we'll be talking about, I don't even know, drones or cameras or whatever. I'm sure tons of people's eyes glaze over, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like, this stuff affects us, you know, the the, the, the cop stuff affects us on a daily basis. And, you know, none of us is t- out here saying, like, none of us is wearing a balaclava saying, like, fucking kill the cops or some shit. Well, you know, like. Come on, we're all, we all seem to be quite reasonable people here. You know what I mean? We're just having a conversation. So this is the, the conversation amongst reasonable men. So I think th- that's important to note, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is one of those shows. Maybe other rest Very of it, true. I don't even know. But on this show, I know we could discuss things without bullshit, without making stuff up, without freaking embellishing facts. You know, whenever possible. Sometimes you misremember something, right? That, that can't be helped. But I mean, how do I say this? If you have genuine experiences and the conversations are you know, timely, relevant, I, th- I think these hey, things are important. You know I mean? It's important to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. Go ahead, dude. What's that? So when I was like 11 or 12, I don't remember exactly which one it was. Um, I was a kid and my father's best friend, I'm going to leave lots of names out for a whole slew of reasons. My father's best friend was a repo man. And uh, we went to go visit him. And he asked if he wanted to go along. Well, my dad just being like, yeah, I'll back my buddy up. And not thinking like how pissed off my mom might get if she find out that uh, her husband and her son went on a repo where they might get shot. Um, <laughs> um, so we go along and we we help repo this car, uh, allegedly, uh, and uh, and uh, take it back to the lot. You know, again, all legal repo stuff, not jacking a car but it is jacking it's basically legally stealing a car just be honest mm-hmm. it was fun and especially when you're that age you're like man this is this is fun because i'm doing something i'm not supposed to but like you know i'm allowed to right like it's like a weird thing when you're that age thank god and, uh, i'll never forget the biggest fight my parents ever got into is uh, like like two weeks later like my dad slipped up and mentioned what we were doing and how angry my mom was at him. <laughs> but anyways, stupid story. Very dangerous job. I thought you guys might mildly story? enjoy it. No, yeah. Pretty fun. My mom never got mad at my dad. My, so me and my dad were the ones to do everything together. And then 
when he kind of passed away, I kind of really went off the deep end with the drugs and stuff. So like, and I think a lot of like, like the people we see in the cannabis industry come from like a checkered past of a drug addict or, or something of the sorts, you know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah, yeah something, something, a traumatic experience in their life. I will say, we'll put it that way because that could stand for many. I've noticed things. that health problems, uh, pain issues, you name it. Yeah, I've, I've come to say that, that a lot of folks in cannabis are basically like healing broken birds of some kind mm-hmm. or another. Well, let's let's think of it this way. Do you do any of us on this panel know a single person that has a major drug addiction that doesn't have some fucking reason that they're running from or pain that they're trying to bury or numb? I don't know a single person that I know that has like a hardcore drug addiction that doesn't have some major fucked up reason. Just one day they started smoking heroin. I mean, I've heard of stories (laughs) like that. Like, oh, they took a shot then from the now never looked back, but it it almost never happens. Hey, there's nobody. There are stories like that. It's not going to (laughs) happen. There are times too, but there's still stories like that. I'm sure yeah. it does happen to a handful of people, but I think most people that are are doing substances, they're trying to change their state of mind because they're they're not happy with their current yeah. state of mind. Oh, and they're hurting, skin, man. and they're hurting because of X, Y, and Z. It could be uh, mm. personal abuse. It could be uh, death in the family. It could be a terrible life event. It could be some stressful shit at work. It could be whatever, but there's always a reason, right? That's that's why they're doing it. It's not the drug. The drug <laughs> is a crutch. The drug is a reason to get away from the problem. Right? Like that's that's the thing. The longer that you're in the scene, that's the, the longer you realize it. That's oh, the no. LSD. I think you have to be in the right frame of mind to be doing that. You can't be going in there fucked up from LSD. No, no, no. no, no. Sometimes when you're fucked up is when you need it. Well, I, I was I took LSD when I was 13. So I, I I've told this story before. Me too. Sure. I was raised Southern Baptist. Oh, I was taught to hate Jews, to hate people that were not white, and other things that were just totally fucked up, right? I took LSD at 13 and deprogrammed all of that hate, all of that shit that I did not need in my life. And it made me a better human being, probably more than any other single event in my life, and changed my life in a trajectory that was for the better long term more than anything That's else awesome. I did in my teenage years. And that was one of the best things for me because it took me away from a lot of bad influences that would have set me on the wrong path. That's awesome. That's a great Fuck. story right there. That's crazy. I mean, I'm being generalized, but yeah. I, I've, I've I get it, it, yeah. Yeah, I was eating the same thing. Almost. Well, I almost feel like everyone should have to do a documentary, uh, a book report on idiocracy on how what they're going to do to like prevent that that ultimate uh uh ending from happening and then also take Water? lsd before they graduate if they could do those two things the entire country would be an infinitely better place like even if it was just once with a therapist man the whole country would be better it was certainly oh. be angry i say this um a lot of the time like before I really decided to get clean and stuff, I was going to a festival um, like once a year and I would go there and not think about doing the other drugs, just have fun with people and enjoy it. Shit, this is going to get emotional. I miss my, dude, I miss my best friend. Oh, it's good, man. Like, um, people need to hear this kind of stuff, though, because a lot of people are the same place where we were. Right? Like people don't 
people always feel like they're isolated and alone and they don't get to hear people that they like hear from regularly talk on this shit. It's kind of a very important thing to a lot of people. So me and my best friend, he's actually gone now. He overdosed a couple of years ago. Um, we were, we go every year. It became like a tradition in our friend group where we would go all meet up, get fucked up and have a good time, listen to music, but not do anything like, we wouldn't bring anything from like the streets, you know what I mean? No dope, no nothing like that, no pills. We just have a good time. Um, and doing that, the couple of years, the last time I did it, it helped me clear, like I had a really traumatic experience and it helped me not want to die. Like, it was to a point Like, uh, it was to a point where I wanted to die. People don't understand it. Like, I hate when people say addiction um, is a choice. Like, I didn't want to feel like that anymore. I didn't. But, and, like, it was hard. It was hard to come out of it. I don't understand why it was so hard to finally come out of it. But, like, I was like a child. I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself anymore. It was crazy. Like, it became to a point where I had to get up and I had to do something to make some money to get high or I couldn't work or do anything. Like, my mind, that's all it went to. And when I, when I would say, like, all right, this is the last bag, it's the last one, it never happened. You know what I mean? Because, like, I would wake up and I would get the same feeling again. And I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like, so much emotions would come up. Like, you hide a lot of your emotions for a long time and then, when you're finally trying to get clean and stuff and you want to get clean, all that shit starts coming out and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So you go back to it. That's why a lot of people relapse. They realize that their life hasn't changed because they got sober. It still fucking sucks. Yeah, man. I know uh, I had a huge drinking problem when my fiance died. My first fiance, she passed away suddenly of a brain tumor. I didn't have a whole lot of time at the end there. And um, I remember just getting fucking shit faced every night and, and still being able to work a job. Like there was no issue. I was still on point, like at work, like there was no, no issues there, but just getting fucking hammered. So like two or 3 a.m. in the morning, hitting all the local bars and then like, you know, getting a ride home. So I didn't have to worry about that. And then, you know, whatever, whatever I could walk around my car. Cause there was a bar walking distance from my house. So if I drank too much, I could just walk home. So it wasn't really like, logistical issue i didn't have to worry about the police or anything because i could just walk home if there's an issue uh, and uh finally one night i was in my buddy's music studio after we were drinking and it was like seven months after she died and just being like high as shit and, and drunk as shit and and like kind of passed out on his floor almost and be like what the fuck am i doing like, this is so stupid like i am being so self-destructive for just no fucking reason like this is just like, yeah, I've, I'm hurting, but like enough, like, like I've hurt enough now. Like, like I'm at the point where I'm, I need to like stop wallowing in my own filth and just fucking move on. And that was really a point where like, that was huge for me and, and just getting past that. And, and really was something I kind of had to deal with myself. There's no one that could have told me that I it was listening to. In fact, I can remember the exact song was by a band called broadcast, um, kind of like a retro band. They were like, 60s kind of sounding 
and um uh i can't i know the song i don't know the name of the song but i could i could probably recite the lyrics from it but having this like brilliant moment even though i was like wrecked and I'm still remembering that song going like, I need to get my shit together. And I didn't drink for a year and a half after that, just to prove to myself that I didn't fucking need that shit in my life. And sometimes you just kind of have to have that fucking thing where you're just like, fuck, like, but what sucks. And I think the hardest part is there, those moments are like shit that you like, you can't explain that or tell somebody how to go through that. They have to go through it. Right. Like, it's not something that you can like, make nice and simple and easy and and comforting and like yeah i have your solution yeah you're having a bad time like let me just hand you this thing and now you're better like it doesn't work that way and that's the part that sucks <laughs> right like yeah at the end of the day everybody's different we're we're we are broke as a people and and everyone's we, addicted to something yeah we I, you know we i i knew like when I had an operation on my neck when I was 18 years old and they gave me morphine and they put it in my vein and I felt it warm going through my body. Like it would went to my arm, to my fingers, the warmth came up to my body. And then when it hit my heart, it like exploded into my body and warmth went all through my body. And I felt so good in that moment. But in that moment, I knew that I could never do this stuff on the street because it was too good. It was way too good. And and from then on, I was totally against uh, morphine and, and all, all the different types of those type of drugs because I knew, I from I just knew that was just like, that was the best thing that I've ever felt in my life. And that, that that's why, because I grew up with a lot of people around me that were doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, I've seen people up in my bathroom shooting heroin, my cousin shot in front of me. Um, but I never, I never touched any of the needles. And, but when on my 18th, when I was 18, like I said, when they did that to me, I knew exactly why everybody did what they were doing. And I knew that I could never do it because I'd be hooked on it. It was that good. I don't know if you guys ever had morphine introduced into your body. I was lucky that I didn't like it. Yeah, I was lucky that yeah, I didn't like that sensation, that, that numbing. Uh, in, in my case, I, I experienced it as a cold blanket, but I guess perhaps I was using different uh, pills after I had a couple of pretty severe injuries. Uh, they gave it to me as, as as much pills as I could have possibly asked for, they would have given me, and then some, basically. And I physically refused. Every time I went to the doctor, oh, do you need more? Do you need more? Do you need more? Uh, they were just going to give me empty scripts. And I remember how many people, uh, uh, like, weirdly out of the woodwork, somehow people know that you're going to have prescriptions for painkillers. So they come and they talk to you. People you haven't heard from in 10 years. I don't know how the fuck they know, but they know. And I kept saying, like, no, I don't I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I didn't fill it. I don't. And their eyes. What? You didn't fill your prescriptions? 
whatever. Apparently now they have changed it completely to the opposite to the point that now evidently, thankfully I haven't had any serious pain issues lately, but uh, any of my friends who had, you know, chronic pain or I don't know, whatever the fuck broke their leg, evidently now they make you just uh, make do with uh, Advil and stuff, which is arguably okay. in the, the other direction. But, you know, after giving them away like popcorn, now they finally have, you know, chastened and learned their lessons. Yeah, no. I don't even know. Fucking shit. Uh, you know, that's the doctor's fault. Not the doctor's fault, though. No. Wasn't those dogs just slamming them down our throats? Well, I've sampled a lot of red line going through it. I've sampled a hell of a lot of wares, and I will tell you, nothing was worse than kicking codeine. Um, I've actually had my lower jaw. Uh, you can't see it on the camera, but my lower jaw is different colors. If you see me in person. Uh, my lower jaw is two different colors. It's the skin graft when they put my jaw back together versus mm. the old original skin. Cool. And um, my skin graft uh, and all that shit, they gave me codeine after they did all that surgery. I actually woke up in the middle of surgery. And anyway, that's a whole separate story. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm sure. That was a very traumatic day for me. But when I got out of it, they gave me codeine to, for my jaw, for my jaw pain. Coming off of that was worse than any drug I've ever done off the street, tenfold. Like not even in the same ballpark. I can't even, not even remotely similar in terms of withdrawal and just the horrendous side effects coming off of that shit. Now I had a drug addiction right after high school, so I kind of knew what that was, and then I had my accident. And for basically the first six years of my accident, they would not give me any narcotic pain medication because I was 22, 23, 24, 25. And in 2001, I became a licensed narcotics user in the state of Ohio because I have to deal with nerve pain. And, you know, you guys talk about morphine. I can, I haven't had morphine since the beginning of September and I can probably eat a hundred milligrams and be perfectly fine functioning on it. Uh, it was the methadone that within basically three weeks and we're, we're talking, you know, 30 milligram methadones four times a day and I'm taking like two a day. Because I don't need all that medicine. But uh, even at that point, after three weeks, my body, I'd wake up in the morning, my body would say, hey, you need a pill. And when your body tells you that, you need to be able to get off of that. And I find it's just basically, you know, because I fight with that addiction when I'm on the medications all the time. But uh, it, it's it's a mind. It becomes a mind thing. Mind over matter. And you know, if you are in addiction and you do have an addiction, the best thing you can do is get a support group of a bunch of sober friends that have gone through what you've gone through, but no longer do that. Because they can sympathize, but they can also call you bullshit on a lot of things, too. So, you know, 
be careful with those drugs out there. Be careful what the doctors give you. Even though the doctors don't give you shit anymore, believe me, because I can I get turned down all the time now. And it's like we'd like to give it to you. You have the X-rays to prove it, the MRIs to prove it, but it's the government who is handcuffing us on what we can prescribe today. So a good support group is what everybody needs. And that's what we have here on Fumi's show. We're a support group of good cannabis growers. That's it. I man. And fine purveyors of single barrel bourbons. <laughs> you know, I think it, another, just real quick. I think another thing a lot of people like, I, I mean, personally, I'll say it personally, I guess. I won't say it a lot of people. But I'll say personally, I have a hard time dealing with grief. Like it, it, like I lost like my father and then my best friend and then my other best friend fucking decided to hang himself. Like for no reason. One night I get, a, I go to work and I get a phone call. Like Mike hung himself. Well, it was, oh, it wasn't for no great. reason, you know. But well, no, I mean, no, like no. from what, like we understood, we couldn't, like we didn't see anything wrong. You know what I mean? From like he didn't talk to us. He was good the night before. We, we, we were all friends with his girlfriend and stuff and yeah, you know, she was it was bad but yeah that stuff hit me hard and like i had to learn how to deal with like people passing away and stuff it was so many and, and kind of what did it was watching so many people die from overdoses and shit like one after other facebook status after facebook status after you know what i mean just oh, this uh people and it's so cold dude i'm fucking freezing here it's four degrees in inside it's fucking i don't even know <laughs> okay really oh shit i don't know my room fucking always the coldest i swear to god <laughs> you need to get one of those well i was just gonna say you get a space right. heater but don't get one of the ones like they had in new york shit you guys hear about the fucking apartment building that burned down because of a fucking no. space heater <laughs> you, Fuck right. you needed need like a thousand watt hiv <sighs> in there man you'd be fine I know, I, I actually, then you get your I vitamin D and your heat. Just need a, a double ended HPS. <laughs> might be too much. I get the little smash tank going. Fucking tan on one side. We're like, what the hell, Smash? Oh, I got a Kavita. <laughs> There's a Kavita in the closet. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, actually. A Kavita tanning bed. <laughs> Chase away those holiday blues, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of holiday blues, I don't know. We might, uh, I I should have probably called last call a little bit ago. Are you taking off, uh, Captain 420? Yeah, I I stayed around for the last 20 there and got to get up in the morning and uh, go look at some more cars. Hey, right on. Captain, uh, just let me know if you're coming (coughs) out or whatever and, you know, PM me like where you're going to be and if you want me to bring stuff. You know, whichever one you want me to bring, a couple of goodies or whatever, I'll bring you some extra stuff. I'd appreciate that because, uh, you know, not being on the medications, I've, I've now cut myself back down to about a half a gram of RSO in the morning. Well, uncle, for, uh, Callie, it'll be easy to get your RSO. I think that'll be plenty mm-hmm. to go around there. Well, I I have plenty of RSO and plenty of cheap RSO from Michigan. So if there's anybody in Ohio and you have a medical card, 
hit me up. I'll take care of medical patients in Ohio. But uh, the the problem, like I said, I'm having is, you know, a half gram is doing me good throughout the day, but I can't take it at night because I can't go to sleep. So I need to talk to you because I know that you're working with other chemicals that could possibly help me uh, achieve sleep. <laughs> so if you if you take your are you are you cooking anything down into oil or edible you know infusions at all at the moment? So if you do that, just cook it for three days, like two to three days, like really long cook that on low heat. So like. 180 to 225 Fahrenheit or on a slow cooker at just low setting, not simmer, but low setting on a slow cooker or um, a crock pot. Uh, is how you do that. Okay. Chemically, if you I want full infusion, it's five days, but 95% of it's done after three. So, well, this is stuff that, you know, I need to talk to you and I need to learn because, uh, you know, as we do get older, our bodies do change and our bodies do change to the cannabis that we were used to that used to work. And today, some of it doesn't work or it only works maybe half the time. And sometimes you get bad side effects from it. Uh you know, my best cannabis that I have for my pain, I can't take when I have to go fly in the morning or in the evening because it puts me in anxiety and like panic attacks. Am I going to make my flight? Am I going to miss my flight? And the whole I have day to smoke before I take up. a flight. Really? I have to. Well, once I'm at the airport, there's no problem with that. It's <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's usually right I in the parking lot. Well, right yeah. Before I walk in and know I'm there on time and stuff, I'll do when you leave and you blaze on the way down. That's how you fucking make it through the airport. I, I've been so high as shit, I could really talk to the fucking guy at the fucking counter. Normally, I just walk in and already have you, like, if you're playing a trip, you normally have your ticket. All you have to do is scan it and you don't really have to talk to anyone. It's kind of fucking easy nowadays. The only people you get worried about are the security depends. people. Hold on, hold on. It depends if you're doing international, because when you go in, oh, yeah, I don't, I've never you done get that. Get your check luggage out, put it through the scanner, do with all the fucking customs bullshit, and then check. Yeah, I've never done any of that. And then move it on. Like it's a whole big fucking pain in the ass. But yeah. I have part two of Mecum tomorrow, so everybody have a wonderful yeah, night. Uh, they've got quite a few of them out there over the next few months. So if anybody's, uh, you know, in the mind, I will tell you this. If you're looking for a nice six, 700 class BMW, uh, a nice Audi A8, uh, cars like that are going, you know, they're going to be five six years old but they're going to have 30 40 50 60 000 miles and they're going to be about 30 percent so the deals are out there you know everybody's having car problems if you do have that 20 to thirty thousand dollars to spend though you can go out and buy those cars and you can buy the amgs too it's just uh I get you 20 know, grand i'm buying a greenhouse 
<laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm looking at like five and six thousand dollar cars. You know, I'm not looking at those. But uh, you know, everybody out there in chat. Have a good day. Hope you get a car, man. That's what my father does, man. Hit me up privately. We'll we'll help you out. All right, peace. I appreciate both. Everyone have a good night. Jimmy, thank you again for a wonderful evening. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Maybe I'll get yeah, some man. whiskey down here. <laughs> That's it. We do whiskey Wednesday Thanks. tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here, second or third or first or whatever. Cheers, bud. Uh, Florida, well, bro. ladies and gentlemen, I have uh, lit probably the final joint of the show. Yeah, I just uh, you guys are welcome board. to hop on for a final good evening or goodbye or whatever if you'd like to. But uh, I think we're going to call it here in a second. I should have called it a little bit earlier, but uh, you know we we're having a, a good yeah, discussion. Uh, Charlie's Farm, cheers, buddy. Uh, how can people it's find you and all that shit and the stuff? Or, I'm uh, here. Good evening. I'm here. Good night, man. Like Jimmy Show. Cheers, dude. He comes in in Discord too man. once in a while. Yeah, man. Nice man. Yo, it's Congress. Put a few minutes. Cheers, man. Charlie's four, man. Cheers. Dude, uh, are you gonna go to the 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 main well, I'm putting you on the spot. I probably shouldn't put you on the spot. But you know that they're gonna have that regen conference in Maine, right? Yes. Yes. That might be fun. Yeah. If I have the time. There's something up in Maine. That's true. You and time, yeah, like three days for you, that's like how many yeah. years and dog years? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not quantifiable. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, That's but it. my wife was actually mentioning something up to me, and I can't remember what it was, so we got to see when, when that is. You know, man. Well, cheers, dude. Yeah, no, it's the time, if anything. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it would be the time. But you never know. I can make it up for a day or a few hours, you never know. Well, you know. That'd be fun. Cheers, dude. Have a good one. Always. Cheers. Uh, Welcome back anytime, man. Have a good one. And uh, cheers. I guess uh, smashed. (laughs) Pardon me while I cough into everybody's ears. What about you, bud? Final thoughts for the evening. Man, we barely even saw your garden, even. Well, I guess next time. I was watering. I mean, my phone died. I guess we were talking about, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think your phone died. Yeah, it ended up dying. I was just about to grab it and, like, show a little bit, but it died. Looks good, though. Yo, I'm really excited for the blue. Uh, well, it's Bubba, Bubba Blueberry. So Bubba Kush to a Blueberry Kush. They use the Blueberry Mail. Oh, wow. Shit, man, it's got some good not Blueberry Rat. Right? It's not like uh-huh. It's not No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if he wants me to say his name or not. I'll ask. Gotcha. Um, crazy, uh, a crazy smelling uh, blueberry VX3 from Lemon. Like nutty. This yeah, it's just about to go into Love flowers. It. I'm looking forward. It's not a super duper big plant, which is unfortunate, you know? I have I one that's big one. A, a gigantic dominant plant, but uh, it is fucking bonkers. So I can't wait. I don't think I've ever had a plant that was quite that, definitely not that chirp, like blueberries. Freaking, actually, like stinky, like stanky blueberry. Like blueberry poop or something. It's really interesting. I'm really curious what it's going to end up as. Yeah. I uh, this one, they're both giving me pretty similar smells. One's a little bit. So it kind of has like a chocolatey, like a blueberry chocolate That's hint awesome. on it. But the other one, blue raspberry, th- through and through. 
That's like nice. uh, like a dum dum. No shit. Yeah, I like That's it. It's gonna be delightful. Right then I get some real skunky, stinky smelling, like that kryptonite's getting really skunky, stinky. Right I like it. Yeah, shit, man. Catch me on the Discord. That's it. Other than that, shit. I got what? I got the 420 smashed on Instagram. I got TikTok, so I think that's four smashed. Several Yeah. Got a bunch of them. Um, oh, I might start doing my podcast again. Oh, dude. Yeah. Since like maybe one night a week, I was thinking have a like an East Coast thing going. Do it. Try to have like couple people on but i was doing one and i i don't know i was thinking about it maybe starting it up again but i'll be on fpc2 on uh, the 15th if anyone's free around it's five eastern standard time so whenever that is your time i'll be on chad westport's show talking um want to learn how i learned to grow and shit that that's where you'll i guess he'll get it all out of me That's what she said. All right, guys. Have a great night. Cheers, dude. Have a good one, man. Potent, your turn. Uh, the wisdom of the ancients, the pharaohs, the queen Nefertiti, the cat. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, uh, yeah. First off, this is Killer. This good is name. The roost here. Good name. He's named after that the face. evil. The, he's, the, he's a total um, motherfucker. You wouldn't know it, but he's a total motherfucker. Rottweiler. Yeah. So yeah. He beats he looks up adorable, but he'll cut your liver out of here. <laughs> he keeps them in line. Um, but I did want to mention, uh, let me pull this up here uh, real quick. I will be at, and Fumi will also be at, the Regenerative Conference here in Humboldt on the 28th through 30th. You can find that at regenerativeseeds.com slash conference hyphen 2022 if you want to get tickets um we also have uh, michigan on february 25th through 27th humboldt 28th through 30th of january um we have mean march 25th through 27th and oklahoma april 29th through may 1st um also the week after this we'll also be doing a, a cool event with chris trump in oklahoma if you're wanting to stay an extra week and, and have some super cool extra education going on um, so definitely check that out. And then I also have, uh, if you guys want to come hang out with me before that, um, over at Guyot's restaurant in Oklahoma city, um, Jordan river, myself and Brennan rust will all be hanging out. We're going to have a seed swap. We're going to be giving out seeds. We're going to be smoking. We got awesome food there. Great beer shots, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you want to come out and hang out and support the crew, and other uh, podcasters, uh, both Brandon Rust and Jordan River will be there, aside from myself, kind of have like a an Ask the Experts kind of panel thing going on. So that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Fumi and I are going to be doing some super cool stuff that we're not haven't announced yet uh, publicly that we're going to be doing here uh, in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be mobbing down from, from where Fumi is. I'm flying into Fumi's hometown. And uh, we're going to be mobbing down to the Regen Conference and, and doing a bunch of cool shit on the way. Uh, we'll we'll find some time to do some some cool little short live events and stuff on the way. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super stoked. We've been kind of scheming on some of the planning on it, and uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a good Demon time. Schemes. So uh, 
if you are on the way between Portland and Humboldt, please let us know and, and maybe we might even stop in and, and blaze with you on the way down. So um, hit us up. Indeed. That's it. Uh, other than that, you can find me on the Growing With Fishes podcast, your favorite podcast app. And then um, you can find me at apmjclass.com. Use coupon code FUME me to save 50 bucks off the class. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, second, third, fourth, maybe fifth. I don't even know. Uh, but uh, Potent is correct. We are scheming deviously behind the scenes to uh, create your amusement, your, 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 I don't even know. What do they say? Content these days. Content. We're, we're content creators, they say on YouTube. We should wear mustaches or something. I don't know. There's probably tattoos. We're probably missing tattoos. That's what they do. Like the real YouTubers have like full on wrist tattoos, like knuckle tattoos and stuff. They wear like probably scarves and shit. I don't even know. I'm not cool enough to know, honestly. Anyway, uh, one of these days we'll figure it out. Maybe after this conference, once we uh, do what we're scheming, maybe then we'll suddenly be cool enough to get those tattoos. We'll figure it out. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging. On the way, you don't know. That might be part of the trip. That might be. I mean, do they do drive-through tattoos? I bet they do. Well, my question is, if we both get the same tattoo, does that count as blood brothers, technically? <laughs> it does if they use the same needle for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think I I mean we can symbolically do it that way. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that would be the better choice. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be the better choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was gonna say something else that'd be super funny, but that's supposed to be still a surprise. We don't know that it's for sure yet. But that would be pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, what I was about. To oh say. yes, there is some cool surprises we're working. Regardless of how things shake out, we got some cool shit planned for y'all. And I think if nothing else, we're just going to yell boo, right? Well, shit, yeah. I just spoiled the surprise. Fuck. Well, it'll be, yeah, else. it'll be, never mind. I ruined that one. I don't want to give it a, I almost said something really funny, but I think if we mm. give away, we're going to try and do so. Yeah, you see, we're just, we're ruining it right after another. Al Kaholic is saying, uh, thanks, uh, <laughs> excuse me for coughing again. Holy shit. For uh, the show. You're welcome for the show. I just sound like, uh, uh, what do I sound like? Shatner. You're welcome for the show. Uh, Christoph, number one. He's saying that I'm number one. But no, he's number one. Uh, Stony Creek is asking, rege- re- no, regenerative. But yeah, you're right. We'd have to actually spell it correctly. Like kind of like no regrets. You know, you have to make sure to like double check. Kind of like when you go to the doctor to get something amputated, you actually have to write an X on the one that you want gone and not the other one. Because you, you'll wake up with like no arms. Fuck, that would be pretty bad. Uh, you're welcome, Jeff Papalia, for the freaking uh, show or whatever, whatever you're uh, saying you're welcome for. You are welcome for that, my friend. Uh, cheers. What am I trying to say? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I guess I should probably wrap this up in some logical and meaningful way. Uh, thank you, folks, for hanging, first of all. Uh, I don't always uh, say that, but thank you very much for hanging. If, for whatever reason, ladies and gentlemen, you took this show seriously, I should remind you, should have said this earlier, but uh, let's just consider this to be retroactive. This show, ladies and gentlemen, is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please, obviously, do not emulate any of the things that we're doing, unless in your local uh, locality, I suppose they say, uh, you are allowed to do that by your local laws. For example, if your local laws allow cannabis growth, go ahead and do that shit. If it allows cannabis smoking, go ahead and do that stuff because obviously reasonable adults would do that. But if in your local areas you are not allowed to do those things, please do not emulate our uh, behavior because we're just basically characters on a fucking YouTube show and that would just be goddamn dumb. Uh, let cannabis be a happiness enhancer, not a freaking frowny face uh, magnifier, right? That's it. Uh, 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out uh, Portland Cannabis Tasting Society's photo contest. Uh, uh, you guys are welcome to participate in it. I have been, uh, I don't know. I don't know what my excuse is. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I have been uh, not uh, 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 engaging with it as actively as I should, not posting every single day. I used to post every right away. Don't ask me why. I'm going to get back to it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why. I'm going to get back to it. But ladies and gentlemen, please uh, uh, throw down. It's been fun seeing fo uh, folks' uh, development of their photo skills and everything else. It's been fun sending out uh, seeds and seeing some folks grow them. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, go and uh, submit your favorite photos or submit your whatever. Submit your photos, I guess I should say. That came out strangely. Submit your favorite photos. Well, you're supposed to vote for your favorite photos. Whatever. It's late. Submit your photos, ladies and gentlemen, or musical numbers, or I don't even know, dance pieces, whatever it is. Something that you can uh, tag me at that I could repost on my Instagram. That's how it works. You post something, I repost it on my Instagram at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society over on uh, uh, Instagram. That's repetitive. Man, I am high apparently. At Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Uh, please tag me with that at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. And also, please, if you can, I know it's redundant, but if you can tag me with the hashtag Fumi's Photo Contest, or if that doesn't work, Fumi's Contest, please do so, because uh, sometimes I don't see it, sometimes I don't get tagged, whatever. Let me know. Uh, I'd be happy to repost it, and you guys will be eligible for some seeds and whatever. And this month, I think, especially since the beginning of the year, I think we're going to have a fun prize package. So it's going to be some of my stuff, some of some of my new stuff, honestly, uh, some of uh, which nobody will have gotten before. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, and then uh, a couple of other packs from some friends, some cool land race shit I think we're going to get here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's going to be a freaking fun package. Uh, throw down. The only way to get it, you can't get it, you can't get it for money. There's, there's no way to buy the package of seeds that you're going to get. Not even for a billion fucking dollars. I don't give a shit. Okay, for a billion dollars, maybe I'll just make another package again. It'll be two packages. But the first one, not for one billion dollars. Could you even? Okay, two billion dollars. All right, I'll make three packages, but that's the limit. Potent, I swear to this, to, to all things that are freaking out, to the cat. Three packages is it. The first one is free. The second two, we'll debate at least $1 billion. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. $2 billion was the second like, one. Fuck. I drive a hard bargain. I realize. Damn it. Like in anyway. honor of like the calculator. What did he have? The triple mail packs? What did he call them? Uh, Miracle Alien Cookies, I think was the name of it. I don't know. I, I will Too tell soon. you, I bought a fucking mango something or other a couple of years ago. Mango Kush. I, I popped. It, it was like a 20 pack, right? All 20 were mailed. That's a sausage party if there ever was one. Right? Like, what if you were trying to breed with those seeds, though? You would have found the, the, the selections, all selections in there, maybe. What if there was a, a, a male in there that was just like, I don't even know, Brad Pitt Pop crossed with and got all males Julius Caesar or some the shit. other 10, and it was all males. It was like, what the fuck? And that's, that's what you annoying. don't get when you do an experienced breeder like Fumi. You get nice so, fucking packs. That's it. Exactly right. Thank you very much. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he, you also probably just started a, a new feud. Isn't that funny? Like, uh, there used to be so many cannabis feuds. No, 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 no. I have the feud with Capulator. He was the one talking shit on LGBT people, talk, putting down that. That's why I started the oh, was he? triple male thing. Well, that's not cool. Why the fuck? Why do people talk down on people? I don't get that. 
Well, my whole thing is like in the modern era, what the fuck? Like, you can't do that. I don't even know why people give a shit why other people do. You shouldn't be against people for that reason. And second of all, even if you're a prejudiced asshole, you should know better to fucking at least not say anything, right? Like, even if you are. You'd think so. Just if you can't say something nice, just keep your fucking mouth shut, honestly. Anyway, that's what the whole I broke that rule too, but that's not really my rule. It's kind of my show. I'm just like, just eh, so you know, that, that's why I make fun of him for that. It's because he was making yeah. fun of the whole three men having a baby together, and then I said, and then someone said they got three males out of a five pack on his fucking Insta, and then right. that was like, oh, he has triple male packs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Like no, it's fair game. It's that's fair game. No, if you dish it out, you have to fucking take it. Like uh, all the little princesses that can say stuff, but they they get offended when they get made fun of. No, 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 no. If you can dish it out, you have to be able to take it. Otherwise, uh, well, like it's I said, justified beef. Really, that I suppose I won't, I won't, I won't go any further there. But uh, I would say it's justified. Yeah. Um, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Blood feud. I'm joking. Uh, uh, I did just watch Tombstone yesterday. I was trimming. And, uh, I watched uh, Tombstone uh, uh, on. Uh, I don't even want to sell fucking Amazon. Fuck Amazon. Jesus Christ. They, they, they mailed me another package late. Fucking Amazon. Coots all like, oh my God, I love Amazon. I need to discontinue my prime. Anyway, but since I was trimming, I watched Tombstone. I'll be your Huckleberry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this show has gotten absolutely bizarre at this point. Uh, I should relight my joint and then tell you guys to uh, take a take a look at my website. Uh, as Potent Ponic said, it was, as uh, experience, experienced breeders such as myself, <laughs> you, you pretty much hear, heard it here first because basically he's the first person to ever say that. But kind of him to lie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, that's good to know about Kilowatt. Uh, what was I going to say? Ladies and gentlemen, did I tell you already about the podcast? I think I did not tell you about the podcast, but conveniently I could tell you about the podcast by veering the car violently to my website over in this direction. Ladies and gentlemen, the tires are screaming. We're freaking not quite falling off the road because I'm a very skilled driver. Ladies and gentlemen, contact Fumadoro is right here on my website. We made it just in time. We skidded through the freaking cones on the side there. If you guys would like to take a look at our discord, smash was talking about that earlier. We have all kinds of, uh, we are having all kinds of fun discussions over there in the discord. Uh, I've been told by the way, a couple of interesting comments. I don't know if I should keep them uh, completely private. I guess I wanted to say like, uh, for anyone listening in, try to keep the, the discord discussions on topic. I guess I want to just say it that way. I don't want to say it anything more than that. Try to keep them on topic. I guess some folks get weirded out by, what can I tell you? They get weirded out by life. You know what I mean? And and rightly, wrongly, sideways, backwards, left, right, up, down, doesn't matter. Uh, folks are like, man, can we keep it on topic? So I don't know. I guess I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to be all mysterious and whatever. But if you're listening, that's, awesome. that's it. That's it. If you're If you're listening, Mute your mic, whatever, life happens, blah, blah, blah. Keep the conversation itself on topic and uh, have fun. Uh, uh, other than that, you know, fucking be well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, comments, questions, concerns, funny jokes, uh, comments about your mama, you know, where she might like uh, uh, find sushi tomorrow evening uh, because she was wondering. Uh, let me know at fumador at chronictable.com. Uh, if you're listening to the show or if you'd like to tell your friends about this show that, that uh, you enjoy, I would be happy if you would 
tell them about or uh, you yourself clicked youtube.com there's a whole bunch of freaking letters there forward slash blah 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 fumador and the flavors ladies and gentlemen see the pretty photos i have been actually a little bit less than active over on my instagram lately but i'll be back into uh, activity soon i hope very much see the pretty photos over at fumador underscore chibador especially if what potent ponics and i are planning is gonna uh, happen hopefully there will be some even more interesting photos there too Ladies and gentlemen, the contest that I was mentioning earlier, if you were like, oh my God, that's a big, long word. It is a big, long word. If I could go back in time and rename it, I probably would. But Portland Cannabis Tasting Society is the group, ladies and gentlemen. That's my other Instagram. That's kind of the sister city. Uh, that is a, a, a group that I hope will come back. You know, hopefully these these pandemic thingies won't last forever. And hopefully we'll be tasting uh, fine cannabis with each other in the nearest possible future. But in the meantime, we have these nice photo contests online. Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could please take a look at, oh, I should probably honestly take a look at our guarantee. I do guarantee every single uh, product that I sell on the, 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 the website, ladies and gentlemen. If you're unsatisfied for any reason, please let me know. I would really like to know because I would like to make sure that you are absolutely satisfied with your purchase. I want you to honestly be a return purchase. And I don't think you will ever be a return purchase unless your first purchase was a satisfactory one. Even if you're never going to be a customer again, even if for whatever reason you think, you know what, if you are just not for me, I still want you to be happy with your first purchase. I want to make it right if there something was wrong. Let me know. It's cool. We don't all have to be friends, but let me know. I'd be happy to make it right if anything went wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think there will be anything that went wrong, though, because I take great pride in my seeds. I take great pride in my germination rates. I've been asked about that. Oh, hey, Fumidor this, Fumidor that. I'll tell you this. Uh, if you do not get excellent germination from my seeds, please let me know, because that's something that I guarantee. If you do not get satisfactory plants from, uh, obviously, again, this is only if you live in a legal uh, residency. Unfortunately, if you live somewhere where it's illegal, ladies and gentlemen, these are museum pieces. And, you know, much like uh, my strain, Scheherazade a Thousand One Nights, uh, you can contemplate the stories. And, you know, I'm not even joking, honestly, just like mushroom spores. You can sit there and you can think about when your place becomes legal. I hope these seeds will still uh, be viable, you know, because they are seeds. I mean, seeds are, uh, uh, I don't know, potentiates or whatever. I don't know. What am I trying to say? Uh, uh, they're seeds. I don't know what to tell you. If hopefully your local region becomes legal one day, my friends, uh, if they see the light of reason, uh, then uh, I would be honored if you uh, one day do something with them. But in the meantime, my friends, don't get them wet or dirty if you are not allowed to do so. Uh, because again, I want cannabis to be a light in your life and not darkness. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope though, if you are in a legal place, there are increasingly many of us that are in legal uh, places around the world, honestly, uh, that can uh, grow a few plants medicinally or, or even some places they grow them commercially, however you grow them. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen, at Morgana. Uh, stunning plants, I have to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously patting myself on the shoulder, but hey, you know, if, if people can uh, talk up their cheeseburgers or their freaking cheese sandwiches, I can talk about my weed. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been tested uh, well indoors, outdoors, uh, uh, freaking greenhouse, next to the greenhouse, you name it. Lots and lots of flavors in uh, Morgana. Lots and lots and lots of flavors, ladies and gentlemen, in Lime River Rose. Uh, predominant lime flavors, actually. Uh, not too many. I'm actually a little bit surprised that there are very little reports of anything but lime flavors, frankly. So I passed quite a bit of that on. 
If you have 10 females, you're pretty much, it looks like going to get 10 different lime versions. You're going to get some sour, you're going to get some sweet, you're going to get some uh, candy, you're going to get some gassy lime even, but you're going to get lots and lots of lime. You're going to get some sedative uh, uh, limes, but you're also going to get some uplifting, uh, moderately uplifting limes. Kaffir lime is, is on the maybe halfway sedative side of uh, middle road. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if you want something that is pretty, uplifting. Ladies and gentlemen, take a look at Black Prince Ruby. I've been talking about uh, uh, hint, 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 hint. I'm just about ready to rip off what the hint is. It, it should be fairly obvious, honestly, for anybody kind of paying attention to, you know, what Fumador likes and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, it is still a mystery for the public, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, what isn't a mystery is that Black Prince Ruby is available. I'm really fond of this strain. Uh, I think you will be fond of it if you try it as well. You're going to get lots and lots of berry terps, uh, even some reports of lavender and berry, a little bit of floral and berry, but lots and lots and lots of strawberry, uh, strawberry candy, uh, interesting spiced strawberry, uh, lots of interesting reports. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm quite fond of this strain. This is actually the mom of Thousand One Nights that I'm showing right now. This is the Ruby Jack number eight. I call her affectionately pink panther but the rest of the the ruby jacks were just as uh, frosty just as uh, uh really uh, sticky icky honestly this was probably the most purple of them that's why i basically call her so affectionately pink panther because i grew up with the the uh inspector Cousteau and blah 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 all the freaking stupid shit anyway ladies and gentlemen uh well not to mention that but the what the the, the freaking insulation panther right the the what was that? The corning or whatever? No, I'm forgetting. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I was thinking more of the freaking whatever. It doesn't matter right now. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm babbling. I'm high. I'm apparently a little bit stoned. Uh, if you would like to get a discount, ladies and gentlemen, who doesn't like to get the discount, take a look at these top three specials. I see a witch. These witches three and the West Engine Swindle Bundle. For example, take a look at this one. This pack, uh, you would basically purchase this and then email me. You'll get one pack of Morgana. And then you just email me. Oh, you know what, Fumidor? I would like, you could even tell me, Fumidor, what do you think I would like? Or if Fumidor pick for me, I'd be happy to pick for you. Uh, but if you'd like to tell me, oh, I would like a pack of Lime River Rose. I'd like a pack of uh, Charybdis or I'd like a pack of uh, Dread Persephone, whatever it might be, let me know be happy to uh, send that to you ladies and gentlemen every 10 pack including uh, the specials come with a freebie of Silago the bat right here only way to get it actually is as a freebie and that's it ladies and gentlemen with that said check out the website check out uh, use the coupon code brains with a z b r a i n z for 14 percent off and uh that's it ladies and gentlemen it's like a a fuck showtime or a Fuck the season ending of Dexter. Man, I feel bad because I'm not even... Uh, I'm one of these nerds that would want to see Dexter from the beginning, and I never saw Dexter from the beginning. And I knew it was a good show, but I just never saw it. And now I would feel like I had to see it from the beginning. I know okay. people say that it's kind of a different show new, now. You can watch the new season, and it will make sense like on mm -hmm. its own. But if you're not going to just watch the new season, then yeah, watch the old ones too. But how they ended the new season is like enraging. Mm -hmm. Was <laughs> it not a cliffhanger for the future or was it just to piss off the fan base kind of thing? I, I, I'm not even going to comment on that because I don't want to spoil anything for people that may or may not have seen it because it just came out. But 
It was not good. Hmm. I'm worried that uh, The Expanse is about to end that way as well. I think there's like one or two more episodes. So It was really good. Really good. Up until the last five minutes of the season. And it was like, why? Why are you going to do that? Well, you know what? That's a lot better than Game of Thrones, where they basically infinitely better kicked yeah. themselves in the no. dick in the entire last season, murdered the entire potential of the show, just killed yeah. all the goodwill, you name it. Yeah, that was great. So many ways that they fucked up royally on that. Like, how are you not going to have Cleganebowl be better than that? And then also just like, there was multiple other things that were kind of set up that never got executed on, given the storyline. Pretty much. Of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And just, why? Because uh, they wanted money from Star Wars. That's evidently. I like that. And, you know, Joey Stallone from uh, fucking Crime Pay Spot. Does it. Why? Why you do that? Why? It's like my new, it. my new saying in life. Why you do that? I like it. That's it. I had some kind of a pithy thing to say, and I don't remember. Oh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I suppose I can moral, talk in the chat here. Moral, moral of the episode is: if you have an addiction, it's not you that's the issue. It's not the drug that's the issue. It's whatever it is that caused you to hurt so bad. That's the that's the moral of the story for the episode. We'll do the reading rainbow moral of the episode thing or whatever. Mm. Shout out to LeVar Burton for teaching millions of kids to read. Cool dude. Yeah. Honestly. Star Trek and also like teaching kids to read. Pip Jam is still waiting on the last book. Oh man, you're gonna be waiting. LeVar Burton smoked weed. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're gonna be. I have to be honest. You think LeVar Burton smoked weed? Pretty sure he smoked weed. Oh, I'm pretty sure he smokes weed. Yeah. No one can read that many books and not smoke weed. I think that's a proven fact, actually. Yeah, that is a proven fact. Um, Aristotle, big old weed smoker. Okay, all smoked heads don't time. count. He's talking about uh, now. I don't know where I was going with that. That'd be cool if he did, though. It'd be cool if Aristotle smoked weed. It'd be awesome. I think I said that before. I was like, oh, no, no. I think I said, uh, someone said, hey, if you could go back in time and smoke with anybody. I was like, oh, I'd, I'd smoke with Alexander. But Aristotle Alexander actually cool, too. Wait, what's Alexander? Alexander the Great? The Great. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was definitely ahead of his time. I don't know if I'd pick him. Man, I'd have to think on that. That's an interesting question. Right, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one. It's like probably you, you'd have you'd want to have a few choices. Well, I mean, the obvious choice is Genghis Khan because he he technically controlled more land than anyone else at, at in a given point. No one else controlled as much square feet as him. You know, in the history of the world. I mean, that's the other true. One but I Alexander think conquered Persia, moment. which was unconquerable. Um, um it would be uh, Maya Musa, the richest man that ever lived. I think it would be cool to smoke with him, not right. because he was the richest, but because in many ways he seemed to understand um, being rich better than other people. Like he realized he fucked up and devalued gold. So he bought back like, you know what I mean? Like he was kind of like a, a conscious and righteous rich asshole. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like he was, uh, not only did he have a ton of wealth, but he like realized what the damage that could cause and tried to fix it, right? You don't have too many people that were that rich that kind of had that kind of experience where they could kind oh, of pull sure. it back and yeah. try to fix it afterwards. You know what I mean? Like having both halves of the coin. Um, and, and he is one of the only people in history that like did it and wasn't a prick about it. Right. And I think that that was kind of a, a unique human from an introspective point of view. If I could hang out and smoke with someone for two hours, you certainly would be like, after he went through that pilgrimage to um, Mecca and back and realized the damage he had done, I think after that trial and tribulation, I think that moment when he got back to wherever the fuck it is his palace was, that would have been an incredibly amazing moment to smoke with him because he would have been incredibly insightful on so many aspects of life that most of us are completely just cut off from. Well, you pretty much sold me on uh, not smoking with Alexander now because basically we would just (laughs) pretty much smoke for like, I don't know how long we would smoke for a couple hours or whatever. And he would pretty much just tell me the whole time, like he's the fucking best and we're going to conquer the known world. And blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, dude, I know you're going to die at the age of like 29 or whatever. But he'd be like, I'm the fucking shit. And then we slew the freaking barbarian hordes. And he'd say some fun stuff too, but because he, he wasn't a douchebag. Like he actually embraced foreign cultures and stuff. But honestly, yeah. So now I'm thinking like, all right, let's, let's go back and smoke with like Leonardo da Vinci. Dude, he would be fascinating to smoke a couple hours with. Fuck yeah. Who's your top five? Like, say you got a chance to go back and smoke with five people for like two hours. Well, all right, there we go. Like Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Aristotle, um, like Beethoven before he was deaf, obviously, because it would be a little bit more challenging when he was deaf. Um, be banging on the fucking table and stuff. Four. I still can't understand you. Uh, let me think. Well, that's a good one. Okay, I and mean, we're giving the Dude, that, okay. That's a no-brainer. Carl Sagan, last one. Carl Sagan, Carl and he was a mega fucking stoner right there. Okay. George Carlin, Boudicca. Oh, that's a good one. Shit. Maya Musa, um, Alexander the Great, and you fucking stole that from me. Uh, what's his name? The founder of Chinese medicine. Um, uh, um, oh, cool. Nice. You know what I'm talking about, though. I kind of do. Uh, yeah, I don't know the name though. That'd be baller if I did. Be like, oh, Ching Song, uh, well, Sheng Zhang, Cantonese, Sheng Zhang, that guy. So that would be my five. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I like it. Oh, shit. Uh, well, okay, fuck it. I, I'm revising it. Now I have a second five. I want to meet with... Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, next five. <laughs> uh, Siddhartha Gautama himself, like literally. I want to meet with the founder of basically Buddhism. I want to meet with uh, 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 Buddha himself, essentially. The earthly Buddha. Okay, uh, okay. Let's talk about people that we have like some level of like historical record for that we can like pin. well i'm pretty sure he existed oh i'm sure someone founded buddhism but do they know who is that am i just missed yeah siddhartha i mean siddhartha Gautama was a really a real dude let me just fucking google this shit his shoulder just started to hurt again uh and i stand corrected i thought i, I misunderstood that i thought you just meant the guy that invented buddhism i was like oh, i don't know if we know that one well, I mean, you know, any religion is a little bit debatable. De- debatable. Also debatable. true. These 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 things can be. Uh, well, uh, uh, here's a question: How long is religion going to remain in the realm of the internet? 
How long is religion going to remain in the realms of what? New ones. Like, will there you be? You know a what I found fascinating? Um, uh, go figure. I haven't fa- I haven't had a chance to see the last episode of the season, but uh, Apple actually did a, a, a version. I'd call it a version because it wasn't really that great, but it was it was it was decent. Okay, I was, I'm underselling it, but they did an attempt at foundation which is probably, in my opinion, one of the best science fiction series basically ever. I think Asimov is at the top of science fiction and Foundations right at the top of his work. Uh, and uh, they attempted it. Uh, and they did a really interesting take on future. They added a lot of stuff, you know, to kind of serialize the show. And they added this very in- interesting take on this gigantic future religion of this galactic empire. Because famously in Foundation, there's this galactic empire that is falling. And Harry Seldon is this guy, this character, who creates psychohistory to basically help uh, uh, create as a foundation to to a future galactic empire, prefer, preferably republic. Uh, so anyway, this religion has literally trillions of adherents, and it's way into the future, and it's recognizable as a religion, you know, to us. But it's also they did a great job of making it something completely surreally different. And anyway, it was really interesting to see that probably as long as humans have been around, they've found spiritualistic, uh, surrealistic, uh, 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 otherworldly explanations for the world around them. And most likely, as long as human beings exist, there will be some of them that will find surrealistic stories to, to explain their existence. You know, like, I'm with them as long as they use those stories as metaphors, but I don't travel the same fucking road when they use those stories as, like, literal truth. Like, oh, there's a literal sky god, and he's telling you to do shit, and if you don't, you just throw you to hell. At the end of the day, like, we're all scared of death, right? Like we don't know what happens, right? And as long as we're afraid of death, there will be a reason to explain what happens next. And that in there is the reason for religion in a nutshell, like, you know what I mean? That's what most of religion is based around is explaining the answer to that question. Well, religious ideas, let's say, but then the the religion itself, I've always thought, is basically a mechanism for uh, uh, essentially subjugating and uh, ripping off the adherence. Um, you know, every religion, I feel like, starts with a good idea, but uh, then turns into just a path that uh, fleeces the poor. So, Gautama Buddha, popularly popularly known as the Buddha. Uh, was an ascetic, a religious leader and teacher who lived in ancient India, uh, 6th to 5th century BCE or 5th to 4th century BCE. is regarded as the founder of the world religion of Buddhism and revered by Buddhists as, as an enlightened being who rediscovered an ancient path to freedom from ignorance, craving, and the cycle of rebirth and suffering. He taught for around 45 years and built a large following, both monastic and lay. In other words, uh, uh, you know, monks and, 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 and nuns, as well as just like people passing by. His teaching uh, is based on his insight into the arising or suffering of dissatisfaction and its ending, the state called nirvana, literally vanishing or extinguishing. The Buddha was born into an aristocratic family in the Shakya clan, but eventually renounced lay life. According to Buddhist tradition, after several several years of mendicancy, meditation, and asceticism, he awakened to understand the workings of the cycle of rebirth and how it can be escaped. The Buddha then traveled throughout the Gangetic plain, uh, teaching and building a religious community. I don't know why I'm talking so funny. I'm talking like William Shatner and stuff. The Buddha taught. 
a middle way between sensual indulgence and the all right, I'll stop. The severe asceticism found in the Indian Sramana movement. He taught a training of the mind that included ethical training, self-restraint, and meditative practices such as jhana and mindfulness. The Buddha also critiqued the practices of Brahmin priests, just as, such as animal sacrifice and the caste system. A couple centuries later, man, there was the fucking title Buddha, which means awakened one or enlightened one. Gautama's teachings were compiled in the Buddhist community uh, in the Vinaya, his codes for monastic practice. I'm sure I've mispronounced most of this. And the suttas, text based on his discourses. These were passed down in the middle. All right, I'm just going to stop talking now. Blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, keep looking there. It's a major wor world religion. One of the few that doesn't seem to be completely and totally intolerant of, uh, I don't know, humanity and shit. I don't know. It's still, it's still misused, you know? Like, weirdly enough, there are actually still violent Buddhists. That sounds counterintuitive. It really does, but... You can twist any fucking thing into anything. I mean, just literally anything. So people are dipshitty that way. I think we should probably end the show, ladies and gentlemen. Now that I proved I proved you wrong, potent. What do I get? Fucking prize. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what seconds? Uh, I don't even know. Something. Words. I got to go water my plants. It's late. Thanks for hanging, my friends. Uh, thanks for being here. We're going to do uh, Weed and Whiskey Wednesday tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to be cool, be chill, be decent. Don't be a fucking prick, man. What do I usually say? Be kind, be decent, be gentle. That's what I should have said earlier. Uh, don't be a prick. Honestly, don't be a prick. On the many, many convert, on the river of life, as you float through there, as Siddhartha Matava uh, meaningfully told us, as you float through the river of life, what? there are many paths. What? There are some paths that show you to go and be a prick. There are even logs that pass by. They are themselves a prick in the path of life. Do not be uh, uh, you got eight minutes to another 420. All right, fuck it. Bullshit, I'm the joint. Are we going to do it? Well, I'll do it. Let's do it. Fuck it. That's, that's, that's how hard it is to convince me. I'm like, all right, fuck it. All right. Thanks, everybody, tonight. Also, like, I wanted to share what I shared tonight because there's a lot of people that, like, haven't heard people talk about when shit wasn't awesome, right? Like, I think all of us need to like recognize that like all of us go through some hard shit. I think every, but I, I don't know anyone regardless of income level in my, in my life that hasn't had a hard time in the last two years because of a personal loss in their family or friend circle or some other thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just all need to come together and make the most of shit, right? Like we don't have the answers. Uh, we don't know what's, don't know what's going to happen next. The the virus could go away tomorrow. It, it could last for five more years. We don't know. Uh, but what we can do is make sure we stick together, support each other while we are here, and try to support each other. Like I was on a call um, uh, just earlier this afternoon at like three o'clock, um, my local time with somebody who's just it was just like a local group of people that like are in Oklahoma that have stuff, and the one guy has COVID real bad. And he's hurting and doesn't, you know, he's kind of struggling. He lives by himself. He's, he's recently, his wife passed away a couple of years ago. And um, he was having kind of a hard time getting food and stuff because he's just physically not, you know, he's sick, right? He, he, he can't go walk around a grocery store. So we managed to get together a bunch of guys and, and get him people that could drop off food for him. So that it was hanging on his front door uh, and he didn't have to go out, right? If you know someone is sick right now, there's a lot of people that are fucked up, you know, vaccinated, unvaccinated, doesn't fucking matter. 
you know, if you can help them out and run to the grocery store for them or go to the corner store for them, get them a pack of cigarettes or some beer, go do it for them. Right. Like mm-hmm. right now, everyone's hurting. So let's, let's help each other out. That's a fair point. Yeah, man. And don't be so judgmental. You know, uh, how many times have people, uh, uh, I don't even know. You see somebody in a, in a bad way and you just think, ah, yeah, our society is awfully mean in a lot of ways. Go ahead. Yeah, you want to convert that Trump voter? Now's when you do it. When it matters, be there when it matters. Oh, and it's. I think uh, at this point I've given up hope on that. But uh, at least you know, nah. just be kind as a human being. You know what I mean? We can uh, convert. You know, a lot of them are just reasonable. They were just in a bad spot for a minute. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I but mean, even still. I, I didn't think that way before I was in Oklahoma, but I converted a bunch of them since I've been here. And we'll keep rolling. We'll see. People can change, I suppose. Uh, What was I going to say? I don't know, man. Like, uh, for example, Smashed. I don't know how many people on the show. Like, uh, I I normally don't uh, point people out uh, in general, but uh, what a good example. Like, uh, I don't know how many times people on the show were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. These stories are stupid. I don't want to hear them or this or that or such and such, or you guys should even know some of the stuff behind the scenes. I should honestly say it, to be honest, because sometimes people are like, oh, why why did this happen? And why did this weird drama happen? And blah, blah, blah. There were some specific reasons, including like a dude came on the show. I'm not going to say who specifically, and literally lied to my face about being threatened to his life. So I guess I won't be more specific than that. But the, the dude, not hard to guess. I have to be frank with you. Uh, he literally came on the show and threatened me uh, it's him or me because I feel threatened for my life by Smash, who's on the literal other side of the country. Okay. And at the time, I had one minute before the show. Actually, that's the reason why I always start the show late. Like, literally, that that is the reason why I always start the show. I used to start the show reasonably that's on time. That's not true. That's not true. It I was the why we started the show late today. But consistently now, I always start the show late. And basically the reason why is because ever since then, I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want some fucker to come on. Because he came on, like, before I was even on. I normally came on, like, a little bit before the show. And, you know, I would just sit there and wait until whoever, you know, uh, hops in the room. He was there ahead of time waiting and lied to my face about Smashed and got me to actually kick Smashed off the show. So this, I have never told people this before, but uh, Smashed is not going to get kicked off the show. Smashed, I shouldn't tell him this out loud. He could probably shut his nuts if he wanted to. And I'm not going to kick him off the fucking show because already one time someone lied to my fucking face and got me to literally tell Smashed, sorry, you can't be on the show. I literally told him that. And he took it well. He took it fucking well. So he took it like a champ. And he still stayed friends and he still stuck around. And he still he didn't fucking throw a big hissy fit and become a bitch and everything else and downvote my fucking show for eight months and whatever else. He took it like a man. And it was bullshit. It was bullshit then and it would be bullshit in the future. So I've never told this story before, but uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like sharing or something. But uh, yeah, so... People wonder, people ask me every once in a while. I hear it every once in a while. Like, oh, why is this? Why is that? Wouldn't you like to? It's good, too, because it's, uh, and one of this is what something I found was really valuable having some of the different panelists on my show, too. It's nice to have people that are like, kind of um, don't have a ton of years under their belt yet. 
mm-hmm. then people that are doing it like that home scale uh, and then also people doing a commercial scale and then and having that diversity of it and because you know if we were used to it you you do a ton of breeding and, and all kinds of stuff you kind of have your stuff down pat i have my stuff down pat i do consulting across multiple facilities at any one given time and we both kind of have our stuff on lock right like we know how stuff's going to operate as long you know within reason um, it's nice to talk to people that are at that home scale and, and be able to answer those kinds of questions because a lot, a lot of our viewers are having those types of questions we do our best to kind of answer them but we don't always understand all the different intricacies that they're going through on that kind of hey i have four plants kind of scale right and that's what's really nice about having the smaller care uh, smaller scale mm-hmm. growers and some of the other people on the panel um that aren't doing as large scale grows as, as you and i are doing that Absolutely. kind of you know adds quite a bit to the show and different levels different uh, uh everything i like that uh, kenny's on here just starting his bed his bed i told him is basically a, a pretty close to clone you know it's rare to actually have a clone in, in the whole cannabis world there's so many different choices you can make that every grow is different but his is an almost clone of herban farmer who a lot of folks can actually still find on youtube he had a great youtube channel he had a lot a lot a lot of content like three whole seasons i want to say three years that he was just growing weed uh, on youtube basically uh, and uh, grow at first 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 uh, shows were uh, synthetic and then he switched to uh, sub-irrigated uh, uh, coots mix, basically, with worms and blah, blah, blah. So it's been fun really seeing uh, uh, Kenny uh, learn about it. He's like, oh, how does this work? He's in the Discord. He's like, how does this work? Can I use this? Can I use that? He was trying to figure out, can you use volcanic rock dust or, I don't know, volcanic uh, 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 stones instead of pumice because he couldn't find pumice and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, it's, it's super fun to see that stuff develop. So fun to see different. Oh, cheers, everybody. Happy 420. We freaking made it. 420. 420 East Coast. That's it. Well, it's been a hell of a show. Let me freaking light this joint and then, uh, I don't know, get abscond for the evening. I think Hume um, and I are going to do a special episode here at the end of the month on my podcast. Huh? Sounds I'm good. I'm not quite sure where we'll be on a given date, but something cool will be in the works. Right on. Not to mention, you're going to have Mila on there. It's going to be freaking amazing. Um, man, I have no excuse. Yeah, I need to read her book. Me. I have her freaking book, man. I bought it, and I have it. I, I, I just I haven't had time to read it, which is an excuse. Like, oh, I haven't had time. If you fucking find time. One of the, actually, maybe after my next trip to Portland, I'll, I'll release the infamous video of me uh, at the airport there that you guys haven't seen yet. Do they treat you like a ganja, import-export, something or other? I got quite a bit harassed for having legal product on me. It was all CBD and and not THC or anything like that. And uh, gave me one fuck of a fucking hard time about it. It was fucking annoying. That's pretty annoying. And then you'll hear other people just basically pass right through. Well, it was pretty obvious they were looking for someone else because of how they were positioned coming off the plane. But it was, anyways. Well, we'll see. Not, not until anyway. after I go and come home. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, get the, get the trip out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks very much for hanging. Hopefully we'll uh, see you guys tomorrow. We're going to be doing uh, Weed and Whiskey Wednesday, perhaps with Game Night. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. It could happen. Uh, a, a Game Night might break out. You never know. Against our best wishes or even perhaps uh, according to them. Perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to have Game Night, let me know. 
uh, I don't know, DM me on Instagram or whatever else. Just say, oh man, I'd love to have a game night. That'd be great. Or leave a comment on this video, for example, like the video that you're watching, basically. Just let me know. Oh my God, Ermagerd. It'd be great if we had game night, blah, blah, blah. Fuck, if I was not tired right now, that would be the coupon of the night. Ermagerd. All right, if someone can remind me, Ermagerd, we can do that as a coupon tomorrow. If you remind me, in fact, just like last time, if you remind me about the coupon code Ermagerd, you'll get a special coupon code that is higher than Ermagerd. So everybody else will get Ermagerd, but you'll get a special higher coupon code and it will be juicy, ladies and gentlemen. So remember, uh, email me at fumidor at chronictable.com. It would be helpful if I remember my email address. Yes, fumidor at chronictable.com. I don't know why I keep pointing it, but I guess I am. Just, uh, 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 uh. Adios, my friends. Thanks for hanging. Until we meet again. Kind rewind. All that shit. What you do to me when the cold bites blue is straight cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has to be you leaving writings on the wall. Kind you